three cinephiles have come together to bring you strong opinions, controversial statements, epic battles, and plenty of fun. Introducing our host, the man who watches 52 movies a week, drinks 52 beers a movie, loves women but hates the woman, from the foreign land of Canada, our host, Mood616. He is widely known as the man who talks too much. His worst enemies are Postmaster P and Pee Wee Herman. He said Hellraiser was overrated and Leprechaun Origins wouldn't suck. He's the full-blooded half-Mexican, JP. Finally, we have the man who doesn't talk enough. He is best friends with Sean S. Cunningham. His favorite horror movie is Gummo. He is your favorite Jew and mine, Jeremy. Together, they are known for extending a helping hand to Vampircons everywhere. They are the 22 shots of moods and horror. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. The 22 Shots of Moods and Horror episode 41 is finally here. I am your host, Mood616, and of course, I've always got my two post-apocalyptic soldiers with me, NES Ruler22, also known as Jeremy. And of course, we've got the Mexican soldier, rocking those burritos, Gia. Double Shot J, also known as JP. What's up, homies? I missed you. I back. I just want to say I back. I miss I back. you. I back. <laughs> yeah. Post-apocalyptic soldiers. Now, that was relevant, wasn't it? it but am was. I allowed to wear my yarmulke? <laughs> you can wear It's weird, <laughs> but you totally can. I mean, JP's, honestly, if I see... JP's if I, allowed to wear a Sembrano. If Sembrano. I see a soldier wearing a, a yeah, yarmulke, that's a new I word, Sembrano. Best Cubs pitcher in history. Yeah. <laughs> I could just see a... a Jeremy rolls up wearing his his uh, sombrano yamaka, and uh, here's JP just rocking some burritos and he's tossing at people hot and steamy. I think we need an <laughs> artist out there to like draw this because I'm I'm seeing an awesome cover art right now. It's it's so cartoony though, you know. You're throwing steaming hot burritos as yeah. a weapon, and here's Jeremy like, and his his yamaka. <laughs> this could be a with my tali with like my shawl and he's like. And like I'm moods shooting ninja like, stars moods. out of my beard. Yeah, like <laughs> like moods just has the power of the beard where he can go like he can just like yank it and then it's like full blown pedo stash and then he could like make it grow out really fast and he's pulling <laughs> beers out of the beard. <laughs> oh man! And, so and cracking them over the table, making like beard glass shards. He just keeps on pulling out like ninja stars and then he's like. Hey, a copy of The Woman. I didn't know this was in here. Ah, uh, of course that would be stuck in my beard. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's better than having some other stuff stuck in my beard. Ooh, gross. All right. Um, so what's up, guys? <laughs> what's uh, What's been going on the last two weeks, man? It's been a long time, no chatty. Definitely, definitely. I had kind of an awful two weeks because we got a good bit of snow, and then I know Jeremy got a ton of snow, but I kind of got stuck staying at work. Um, but a, a cool benefit of that was that, you know, I have a TV and I bought a portable DVD player that you could hook right up to the TV and I would go over Walmart, which is literally right across the street. And I bought like a, I was snowed in. So I went and bought Stephen King's storm of the century, which is like four hours long. And I was snowed in while in the movie, they was snowed in. So it really kind of set the tone and it, it was like a long movie and it was only $5. Thank you. Echo bridge. Um, no, no, no. See, speaking of Echo Bridge, I was like at Walmart the other day, and I was going through that dumping like a motherfucker, trying to find that triple feature that has Funeral Home on there because I want to see that shit if the transfer is any good, and I could not find it. Yeah, that's yeah, I, Echo I'm probably Bridge. Gonna, I'm probably find... going to say the transfer shit, man. Because yeah, I, I still want to see what it is, though. 
I can't remember the company that released the uh, edition of Funeral Home that I have. I, you probably know it's like I don't, some, it's some like shitty cheesy it, films crap. It's it's not cheesy films, but it is like another like you know no name kind of budget yeah. company. But man, the transfer is like someone popped in the worst copy VHS into the shittiest fucking machine and just dubbed it onto a DVD. I'm like, fuck it. It's Watch pretty it be bad, like an man. amazing transfer and we're just back. <laughs> yeah. So it's like remastered in 4k on this echo bridge. <laughs> so who, who released it? I, I remember talking about it. It's like was in it? like a 12 pack and you're like, Oh, this pack has funeral home on there. Was that echo bridge? I'm pretty sure, yeah. It's literally a hidden gem. It's like every other release on that 12 pack sucks dick, but this, this one's like funeral. remastered in 4K and it just looks beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know what sucked was I was in the dump bin, you know, and I found Storm of the Century in there, and it's it's one of those type deals where you it's two DVD cases and then they have like the cellophane over both of them, yeah. Um, and it's like here's Storm of the Century plus six bonus films or like 10 bonus films or something i'm like but i don't want that shit i just want the storm of the century but i'm like well at least it has its own case so then i could just toss the other shit and just keep storm of the century and then i open it up and it's like both cases are storm of the century like they both have storm of the century on the cover but only one <laughs> one case actually has the movie in it but it also has like four other movies on that disc, so it's like now it just pissed me it's off. It's like a because... six pack and not a one. Holy pack. crap! Yeah, I oh, thought it was like that would piss me. I off. thought it was like cool because it's like okay, well at least they put like the best movie in its own case with its own artwork and it's you know its own disc. But nope, they tricked me and you know I, I think it was Echo Bridge. It could have been the other Echo Bridge, which is Mill no Creek. Creek. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know. It uh, it was one of those, but it was a little disappointing. Was the transfer good at least? Like what? Was Not, it like I mean, watchable? It's a DVD with four films on it, and oh. one of them's like four hours long. <laughs> so it's compressed so to shit. So you're saying it was pretty awesome then? <laughs> 4K quality. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, but did it yeah, have a like, horror movie where a digital copy attacks the main people? <laughs> Honestly, man, if I was like snowed in, you know, stuck in a hotel. I'd probably run out and grab like Schindler's List or something like that because you know it's like it's like super depressing that it's all like shitty outside and you know you're stuck in a fucking hotel. It's all depressing outside, so why not be super depressed inside? Yeah, but you know, well, watching Schindler's List. Fuck, dude, that movie. <laughs> I think the best movie, the best two films to get stuck in a hotel and watch are both from Stephen King, and one is Storm of the Century because of like just how important the snow angle to that plot is and number two is the shining because it's actually in a hotel and they're snowed Mm -hmm. in a hotel so Mm -hmm. um next time i'm gonna take the shining with me i guess Mm -hmm. yeah i i I would i would take uh you know no vacancy over the shining any day (laughs) fuck no vacancy god honestly you guys were like dead serious with that it's like uh, oh, really? You know, Luke Gina Wilson, movie. man. Luke Wilson. You know, he's my favorite actor. He's oh, that's awesome. Vacancy. Oh, is it called Vacancy? Yeah, yeah you're right. I was like wondering, because I think there's a film called No Vacancy yep, as put well. Put up my Lionsgate. I just picked Fuck it up. off. It, man, I haven't watched Vacancy in a while. Like, I even own the film. But yeah, I just remember Luke Wilson and yeah. his stupid ass acting. Fuck it. I, I hate actually that guy. hate Luke Wilson. Me too, like, man. Actually he actually bugs him. me. It, there's something about the name Wilson, I think, because Owen no, Wilson Owen on the other hand. awesome. Don't even no, say he, it. No. No, he, he's, it. he's lame. Stop. Dude, Odin fuck sucks. him and his nose. Man, well, 
You guys haven't seen Old School, you fucking assholes. Who hasn't seen Old School a thousand times? God. Exactly. Luke Wilson's in Old School. Yeah, but he's not great. No, he's, he's not great. It, he doesn't make that movie. Will you know? Ferrell saves that movie. But uh, fucking Owen Wilson. guy's so annoying. I don't even get me started on that guy. But uh, oh, Wilson, not a good name for me. Not a good name. What about the uh, volley- tennis balls? Tennis balls. You know, the tennis balls the are pretty cool. Volleyball from um, Castaway. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I, I like that character a lot better than both Wilsons put together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shit, yeah, vacancy. That's what the fuck it's called. No, I'm joking. People out there, I love The Shining. It's literally in my top ten favorite films of all time. I love, love The Shining. Don't get me wrong. It's funny I have to clarify that. You know, people get super butter. What you don't like the fucking Shining? I do love The Shining, but I definitely don't love it as much as people who love The Shining. I I watch it all the fucking time, dude. It's just one of those films. It's a go-to film for me, even though it's so long. I just it never feels long to me. I can pop it in, and it's just. It's so mesmerizing to watch the film. It's just, I don't know. I think it's awesome. It's great. It's better than Room 237, that's for sure. That, that was a I weird, thought everybody liked documentary. that thing. I thought it everybody liked it. sucks. I don't think it sucks. I think it's intriguing to watch because the opinions and uh, views <laughs> that people stupid. have. Like, just, just the th- theories that people come up with for that are, like, actually intriguing to listen to because you're going, holy fuck, like, these people that are coming up with these theories – you know, from the film are, I think they're fucking crazy. (laughs) It almost sounds crazy, but that's, it makes it, it makes it entertaining to watch. Cause you know, some of it actually does kind of make sense. And other stuff is so out in left field. Like the stuff, like the, like the Bigfoot riding the skis and stuff. Oh yeah. It's like, what the fuck are you? But I think it's a good balance though. I think it's a good balance of things that are like, you know, okay, you know, that could work. You know, you can, you know, that seems like a decent idea. And then other stuff you're like, holy fuck, you're literally laughing as you're eating your popcorn. And you're like, oh, or your combos and, you know, drinking your shitty ass warm Budweiser. And uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think I think I would like to watch it again, though. I've only watched it the one time at Jeremy's house. And uh, I I was kind of intrigued by it because I was just like, really? Wow. You got that from that scene? Crazy shit, man. It's literally like third floor shit, you know? Yeah, that's usually what conspiracy theorists like end up being like though right it's like what how did you actually process and and put this much time into it to pull that out of it it's insane well some of the stuff was so extreme to me They're like oh there's a can of an indian on a can in the background that must mean like something it's like really yeah some of the stuff in that in the documentary felt so out in left field that they literally just came up with the most extreme theories and ideas they possibly could just to throw into the film to, to throw the viewer off they're like damn that's fucking weird <laughs> you know because I, I i thought that to myself so many times while i was watching that documentary i was like mm-hmm okay yeah i, I guess i can yeah i don't know <laughs> I, just, I didn't know what to think about this shit i was listening to i was like fuck it's definitely one i think you'd need to watch a couple times mm-hmm. to be honest so but yeah i i just don't ever see it around here i just don't have a copy because of that reason it's, it's kind of expensive. expensive yeah it's fucking major expensive they, every copy i see is like 25 bucks and i'm like mm-hmm. yeah right i'm paying 25 bucks for a fucking documentary that's weird i say for a buck 50 all the time i'll buy it for you i kind of really? want the Blu-ray. yeah oh i did totally pick that up. yeah I, I don't so is there is there a difference mm, no it's not blue and dvd no just the packaging yeah hmm sweet um well i i don't know where that conversation led us from 
the last one. I lost. Uh, was talking about. <laughs> I mean, JP was talking about watching The Shining. It's the best. Oh, inside movie. inside the hotel. We were talking about our uh, our weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, I don't know. You're back in school, aren't you? Yeah, about uh, two weeks ago since so since we started the show. Two weeks. Had to read a lot of shitty scripts, unfortunately. I don't understand why they picked. Because it's all I, by the same director. But it's like, can you pick somebody else better than... Well, that's exactly what my point is. It's like, you know, I understand doing different or the same, or scripts from the same director, but why... Man, I mean, Jennifer's body, really? I mean, that Can movie's known for floor. having like, bad ugh. dialogue. And I can't imagine reading the script, like, just reading that, like... Uh, it's better than the film. I actually started reading the script a little bit, you know, just at work. I was poking around on it. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I don't hate Jennifer's body, but I will say that it's literally the worst dialogue that I have heard in a film. <laughs> literally. I don't remember You're how salty, bad the dialogue GD. was when I was Stop watching Stop being so film. salty. Who, me? It's weird. No, that's what they say when mm, you taste salty. That's what that's like one of the lines. Oh, it, it is. Aw- I mean, it's dude, awful. It makes and who is that? Like, who wrote that? Diablo yeah. Cody. Yeah, yeah. I don't get that shit at all. Person and I think know. they should not even, you know, like ever get her. Like, don't get her. Don't like leave she her. Wrote Juno, and that movie's pretty good. That dialogue was stupid as shit too. I remember watching that movie. No, dude. Yeah, that is some awful dialogue. It I doesn't don't, make sense. I don't remember the dialogue being that bad in Jennifer's body because the whole time I was just concentrating on her tits. Yeah, and she, she never. So shows I wasn't her really. Tits. I wasn't even really. Even though in the script she says, said. even though in the script they, it says she she's nude. Well, guess what? She's not a nude in the fucking movie. Oh, uh, so they, they didn't just write in that they were playing to cast fucking <laughs> Megan Fox before. Yeah, oh, that's see, mental. They actually had nudity in the hot, script. Dude. She really? was back then, not anymore. Yeah, I haven't seen her long. She's not time, my but... type at all. But no, I mean, it's actually like the actual like structure of the dialogue. It's so unrealistic. Unreal- like people do not talk that way at all. Like it's it's like um so uh, technology infused like lingo that just nobody talks like that it's really bad pay close attention to it next time you watch that film um but i actually don't mind the movie itself i probably yeah i i remember actually being a little more i was actually quite surprised with the the end product in the film it wasn't as bad as people were making it out to you know a film like that always is going to get shit on oh yeah but i remember being like wow it actually is not as bad as i remember but i remember the dialogue at all so I can't even comment on it. Yeah, but you, to be honest. you're you're immune to shit. That's the thing. You watch shit. Yeah. Like, every day. Yeah, but you know what? Like even some so of the like, lowest like, budget films don't have dialogue. That I mean, I'm, I'm not saying all of them do or don't, but you know, some of them don't have the worst dialogue in the world. But I, I but, mean, I mean it's that, not but that's like, a mainstream. But that's a mainstream film, and they're really yeah. trying to. They're trying to you know, appeal to, you know, today's youth. And and this is their idea of how people talk. And yeah, that's like that. I think what when, I like when you're doing a low budget it. film, it's like, you know, their, their audience is not these type of kids and stuff like that. So they, they actually allows them to, to write normal dialogue and things that people like us would actually say, well, maybe not the, that I'd say because every line would be a dick and fart joke, but which is basically, you know, <laughs> not everyone's cup of tea, but, um, but you know what I'm saying? They're just two different worlds, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. that's kind of what I w- meant by it. Like, obviously, I've seen 
like worst dialogue in terms of like literally like the first person the first thing that the person thought of like they wrote down when something like mutantis or something like that that is normal bad dialogue this is like structured well like professionally done but it's awful like it just doesn't make sense and it just mm-hmm. makes it feel so removed from actual re- realism that it, it's just it's insane to me like i i hate the dialogue in jennifer's body Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I might have to watch this movie again and actually pay attention to the dialogue instead of, uh, you know, her ass. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that ass, that uh, ass. But yeah, so what was the other? What was the other script you had to read? Jennifer's body and what? And on oh, flux. A on flux. Two drafts. Oh, God. Yeah. God, that was actually the best that script. Hmm. It was actually. It's not a bad script, but the movie's terrible. What class is this? Script analysis. Script analysis. So, but, but did you ever ask why that director was chosen? No. I mean, yeah. Uh, so my, my professor is awesome. Like, is he, he pointing like, out like, hey, like, see this like line of dialogue right here? That's fucking stupid. Well, yeah, that and like, uh, you have to think about it. We thinking that the film's a script. It's not a movie yet, so you can't think about the finished project. The finished product. You yeah, just have yeah, to obviously. Look at the script. It, and think it's of probably it as a lot easier to you know take that advice and enroll with it if you haven't seen the film. Yeah, so yeah. I, I imagine a lot of the people in your class haven't seen those two films. So it's probably working a lot better for them. Well, not even that. My professor's really real, and I like I love him. He like you know, you fucking assholes and all that kind of you know. He he swears a lot, and he's he's so funny. Like there's people sitting in the back. And he walks in. He goes, "You motherfuckers, move up!" <laughs> because he, I guess, he doesn't that, like people sitting in the back. Dude, that's what I love about college, man. I've had teachers like that too, and it's just—it's like a totally different world. You go from high school, where you know you say the word "shit," and you know all of a sudden you're getting in shit. And you know, in high, and then but you got the teachers with the dirtiest mouths in, in college. Yeah, it's he, fucking awesome. He has the dirtiest mouth I've had, and like. <laughs> That I've had so far in school. Like I've had some really cool teachers in college, to be honest, man. Actually, my film te- one of my film teachers was awesome, man. He was a really cool guy. Just like he's late because of the snow and he walks in and he sees people sitting in the back. He's like, you motherfuckers, move on. This is so funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I always find that so funny that, like, professors would care so much where people sat in the class. But then again, those are the people that really care for their jobs. They want people to be sitting up close so they can pay attention, you know, and realistically, when you think about it, you know, why should they really care? I mean, it's, you guys are paying to go to that school. It's not like high school, you know, in high school, I can see, okay, you guys get the fuck in the class, sit down and fucking shut up. You know, in college, you know, you're paying to be there. You don't have to be there. So I like the teachers that do give a shit because, you know, it's more it's just it works better for me you know it makes me feel better that they actually do give a shit so that's good though even though he's saying you motherfuckers i mean that shit makes me laugh i would piss myself yeah like he was he was like talking about like uh it's motivation man when teachers really you know say shit like that like the like the plot arc you know you have like rising action and then climax he's like so let's make something up uh let's say we have our main character joe schmo and he used to be an fbi agent and there is a jewelry store robbery by his ex-nemesis and then that's the op- that's the rising action so then you cut and we see that he's a retired uh retired police officer and let's say um i don't know he's he's fighting chickens or some shit like that <laughs> i don't know why i'm choosing that it's fucking stupid but let's say i'm choosing that you know stuff like that it's just funny mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah cool cool so school yeah honestly the last couple of weeks have been really 
no different than anything for <laughs> the previous weeks for me. It's pretty much been all the same. It's just been frustrating with certain things. I don't want to get into personal things, but you know, there's things going on that have been really, really fucking frustrating for mostly my, my wife. But, uh, um, so, I mean, that's really the only thing. I mean, I got nothing really to complain about. I mean, I've had lots of time actually recently to watch shitloads of films, which we'll get into in a couple weeks. <laughs> Too many films. Well, that's always a good. And I mean, you know, besides, you know, the, the woes and the personal, not, not between me and the wife. Don't, I just want to you know specify that. But like, um, Hey. Yeah, I don't. Every, everything's been pretty good, man. I can't really complain. Um, she been, puts up with your movie habits, so you guys must really be in love. She doesn't mind. She really <laughs> doesn't mind. She, you know, every once in a while she'll complain, and you know, but she's kind of joking about it. She's not really serious. Like I love that so. comment on somebody on the Facebook page. It's like, Muth, I thought you said January was going to be a light month, <laughs> and you had like yeah, you fucking say that every time. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee my next update won't though. I literally am not. It, the next couple months are just ridiculous for you know Blu-ray releases. <laughs> that sounds sound like a blue tuber. No, but there's lots of releases that are kind of Can expensive. So, hold up, shut the somebody fuck fill up me in blue on the Bluetuber thing. I missed out on the whole thing. Like, what is it? Like, when did it become a meme? Like, what is it? Like a joke? Wait, wait. I don't know. What I don't it know mean? where it started from, but I think I know where. It's I think from. there's literally a community that just wait, buys Blu-rays, and that's what they share. They just. They don't fuck with DVDs and it's all about Blu-rays and slip covers. But wait, I think wait, wait, wait. I think the joke with Blu-ray with Bluetooth is, you know, they just buy every fucking release. Like everything. Yeah. They don't give a shit. <laughs> Person who came up with Bluetooth. No way. That that's not true, because I heard it before I seen I, I heard that I heard it before. Yeah, but, but he's like the one that's like really brought it up in the page, like overkill. <laughs> Yeah, super, super overkill. But I think that's what the Bluetooth term is referring to. There's actually a community of people that that's what they share with each other is just Blu-rays. They don't fuck with DVDs. And so us being the hardcore horror fans kind of are making fun of or mocking that community. Is that what's going on? Well, I think it's more to the fact that like – you know, as collectors, I mean, just because we collect horror films doesn't mean we don't collect other type of films. But I think the joke is, is that these guys are buying every single release that comes out. They're buying Disney releases. They're buying every single mainstream film. I think that's the joke. No, I get it. I'm just saying is that that's what we're doing, right? Like we're it's like, <laughs> haha, those guys are stupid. They're just buying everything that comes out. They're buying all this I guess Disney so. shit because I guess so. The, the whole Bluetooth thing to me, I, I don't even know where it started or whatever. And I didn't really roll with it. It was more about a, a specific thing that happened in a video. It it's wasn't, like, you know, me making a comment or whatever had nothing to do with blue tubing. I, I honestly don't give a shit what people collect, to be honest. It's more of the fact if you're gonna go out of your way to steal everyone else's slipcovers and stuff. No, oh, no, no, that no. guy. I'm, yeah. I'm, no, no, no. I'm but that guy that. is part. But that guy is part of that community. Oh, he's that's, part of the blue tubers. That's why. <laughs> that's why a certain somebody. Slipcovers. I'm that's why hearing about it. That's why no, somebody. That, that's something that we didn't even get to talk about, though. I mean, yeah, that, but that I, whole I, thing I, that happened. I, no, no, no. I understand but, that it's bad that he's doing it. But now it's just fucking overkill, and I'm tired of hearing about slip. Oh, no, 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 to- totally. I mean, that's why I haven't said anything in fucking it's fucking annoying. Weeks. Especially I never even got who. to talk this about is, it once. Especially you know whole... who doesn't shut the fuck up about it and is annoying. This is, thing. this is the whole thing with it because I don't, I don't you know the whole Bluetooth thing came after. I was like, I don't even fucking care. But yeah, it was totally overkill. The whole thing was about this dude, but he just happened to be part of the Bluetooth community apparently. Yeah. 
you know, so that's where that whole thing got blown out of proportion and, you know, it was us against them. It was like, no, no, I don't give a shit what other people collect. If you want to buy Disney Diamond Blu-ray releases and fucking John Wick and fucking the new Hammer film Blu-ray, I don't give a fuck. If you want to buy everything else there, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just using an example. Yeah. Because it's a mainstream film. I'm not putting down anything here at all. Let me get that straight. If you want to buy every single Blu-ray release under the sun when they come out, fine. It's just this is what these people have been labeled as, as the blue tubers. They buy everything. It, it and, almost sounds like it's a self-labeling though. Like they yeah. – like it's not a derogatory term. It turned into one from – I think from, so. Like they yeah. – it was like a it's positive. Just, like that's what they associated it, and themselves And the thing that, as. that connected the whole slipcover thing with the blue tube was – this specific person was apparently part of it. He was, you know, all friends with those guys and stuff, right? So it just kind of went hand in hand. Now, who's part of the Blue Tube community? I got, I don't fucking know. I honestly don't give a shit. Like, I Me just, neither, but I, I'm just like curious to see, like, oh, who's the ones that, like, are my two favorite people part of the Blue Tube community? Well, uh, no, I don't think so. I, 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 no, I don't think so. Hmm. But I don't know. I don't really know. Yeah. I don't really even fully understand the whole term. I don't even give a shit. I never said anything about fucking just saying blue tuber was just fine at first. And I was like, what the fuck is a blue tuber? Yeah, I was confused. I missed but the whole conversation. On it. it was but... literally about someone going out of their way to steal. But it was a funny thing to make fun of, though, too, because it's like, who the fuck steals? Yeah, like, but then nine it was like, covers? it was like, overkill. It was overkill. How, it was I don't funny. understand how it was overkill. Like, the guy made a video. He put his content out there, and then a bunch of people reacted negatively to it. Yeah, so but how then it's is like, it a overkill? Like, you were being judged it's by more about your content it's more, out there. No, it's because they wouldn't about, shut the fuck up about there's it. There's certain people that just wouldn't shut the fuck up. Like, and, <clears throat> it rhymes with ankle. Like, it okay, so you're saying up. Mike Shankle was the one who was like just poking and prodding, and he just never shut up about it. Um, yeah, yeah, so that's okay. what I'm saying. I mean, okay. there's always a place to make jokes and like, okay, you move on to the next joke, right? But then look, when you keep, you know, like, it just the- it wouldn't die, and it was like, holy fuck, now we're all connected with this, and I'm getting fucking personal messages from people, and I'm like, fuck, I don't want to, he- like, seriously, I'm not even part of this. I'm like, I make one comment. I didn't even say anything derogatory in that comment on that video. I just said, dude, really? Hold up, like, can I state my case? It- Why I said Mike Shantel fucking overkilled it? Yeah, now- go ahead. Look on the thread on the Facebook page. Look on the guy's video and look on his Twitter. He fucking trolled the guy to an extreme yeah. level that made all of us in our community look bad because you he know wouldn't what? shut up. And he's like, oh, do you pre- do you support Steelers and do you port to- on everything on every comment on that video? And he just – and even like comments that had nothing to do with slipcovers, he'd be like, oh, but don't steal slipcovers. And it's like stuff like that. It's just – Fucking no, no. annoying that I was sick of hearing about slipcovers. Yeah, and and that's the thing, man. If you're gonna go out of your way to troll everyone that else made comments and all that stuff, like, yeah, man, I don't agree with it. And I got, I was like getting people messaging me, and I'm like, fuck, man. I'm like, I'm not really. I mean, I'm sorry that I made, you know, I put my two cents in here, but holy shit, you guys keep coming at me. It's like, well, the the for thing is, sakes, to me, like, like, I don't know how this even got connected to like our community first of all i've seen the video I because scott was the it. one that brought it up okay so somebody shared his video into our group page i'm sure other people have shared that video as well but what i'm saying is i lo- i clicked on the video i watched it and then i never even mentioned i never even left a comment i was just like that guy's an asshole and then i just went about my business and then i just see this whole thing that like blew up and like i don't know how how was it to where like we caused 
like anything. Like to me, it just seems because like a bunch of people our reacted that was commenting. It's it was because only when our people, community commenting on the video because people don't like to hear the truth. So a bunch of people stated their opinions on this guy being an asshole, which we can probably all agree on. Yeah, you know, even the people that were fighting against us, it's not right to you know go and blatantly steal shit and stuff. But then people were the arguments were arising everywhere else about oh, it's you know, it's not necessarily making us look you know, the whole community to look bad and stuff like that. Cause people were saying, you know, you stealing, it's making us look bad, blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's arguments, you know, for and against that too. And so that we got like completely connected because of certain comments and trolling and other bullshit I that person. I really don't condone at all. Yeah. And, I'm not, no, I'm, I'm not for the trolling and shit, but I feel like if you, if you do something and you put it out there, you make a video about it and then people react negatively to it and say that they don't like you and no, say no, no, that no, it's, no, no. it's a negative thing. That's not that, that like, no, they're not assholes. You're I'm an not asshole saying. for not being able to handle the truth. I'm not talking about you specifically, Jeremy. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that it's wrong that we're calling him assholes. I'm saying it's wrong that one person trolled him and commented on everybody else's comments on the page and called them out and yeah, calling that's them. Not, that has nothing to do with us, really. I'm just saying in general. Know, like, well, actually it kind of does because all the feedback that I was getting in these personal messages was based off that person. And they're like, what the fuck? So. Yeah, w- yeah, was Mike's comments, and I can't, and I was like, man, do I have to answer for this? I felt like I was like a leader or something. I'm like, I didn't fucking. I'm like, I'm not answering to any of this because and I don't know I why he. That's why I, I don't know why. And I'm like, I don't know why he needed to comment on everyone's videos and follow on Twitter. Not even and, on, and keep, not even on the video on Twitter too. He was like Twitter like, video on our Facebook page and stuff. But I felt like I don't know why people were. They weren't attacking me. They were just asking me like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what's with this trolling shit? I'm like, dude. I'm not. I'm not the Messiah. We're not his. This dad, Mike guy. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. And I'm like, all I did was put in my two cents. You can read my comment. It's not even derogatory. I just said, dude, come on, man. Like seriously, why? Why would you do that? You know. And um, I don't know, man. I did. I felt like I was like, oh, fuck, man. I don't. I don't fucking. I'm not no one's dad yet. Yeah, <laughs> so. but no, I, I agree with you. Okay, so like obviously the trolling thing is one thing. That's a no no. Nobody should really be like you know that hardcore on it including mike shankle that's stupid mike shankle if anybody wants to tell him that feel free because that was dumb but i i think what what i was kind of getting at what i found to me most interesting was i seen a lot of pushback from from people saying like you guys are dicks for calling this guy on on bringing this negativity to him or whatever but to me it's like hey if if you like it's not a bad thing for us to be negative to not like something you did why we should did we that, hold we our breath in- yeah. and not say anything like no you deserve to be called out on your bullshit and yeah. nobody should just be like oh well you know good <clears throat> video but uh you know, i don't really care like, you, know, you know i will I mean? admit though i will admit you know it didn't look the greatest when like eight people at one time left a comment it did look like we were bullying the video i will admit that there's no such thing but you know it, it depends on how people look at it i mean you know personally i don't think it is it's just it was posted everyone made their statements and that was it well should have been it <laughs> and uh i mean from an outsider looking in it does look like a group of us that are in a pr- private group completely bullied on this guy yeah, you know, but or I ganged up and bullied i mean when you're looking from the outside and you have to respect it and i see that you know and i'm cool with that but now when i think back on it but when you look at the comments, nothing was really that bad. 
like it was just like dude yeah, it wasn't like on, mad 87 rider it, bad. it was just no it, it, no one was calling the guy a cunt or a fuckhead or yeah. you know you're a piece of shit and fucking blah 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 everyone was just like dude like seriously slip covers come on you know all the comments were pretty good but like i said from the outside looking in i can see the point of other people and you know it is what it is, man. I have no problem with it. I mean, I, I, I have no remorse. I don't feel bad for stating my opinion because I never, I never will feel bad. I don't my feel bad my opinion. for the and guy getting getting a bunch. No, of I don't feel bad for him either. either. I don't feel bad for him at all. You know, but I'm just saying for somebody that was just to go into the click into that without knowing anything that's going on, and they read and they're like, "Holy fuck, what? Like, what the fuck?" Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, you could look at it like that, but you know, I, I think that I think that it was a good thing that everybody. It's kind of just different perspectives, opinions. right? Yeah. Um, so. And yeah, I mean that, that's pretty much all I have to say about it, really. I guess. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I mean, it's past. I mean, <laughs> I think it is. Anyways, yeah. I haven't heard anybody brought up slip covers in a while, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Cool. Uh, but yeah, I think that's everything that's happened in the last two weeks. <laughs> that's very notable, anyways. Yeah. So, uh, JP, do we got some news? Absolutely, we have some that's news. Actually, we have okay, before we get starts. Before we get started, that I might just say that might even be the longest intro ever. Yeah, it was like uh, a half hour. It's definitely like I was looking at the time tick by. I was like, we should have saved that question, that topic for Moon Swings. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so first up, UFC 183. Anderson Silver pops for steroids. Oh, wait. Wrong show. So, yeah, but I, I just had you to You fuck you. I can't bring up CM Punk and you can bring up your shit, you asshole. <laughs> Anderson Silva pop taking, for steroids, dude. I was taking a drink, drink of my beer and I almost spit it out. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay, I know it's been two weeks. Do you have notes that, from another podcast? Or? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. But I uh, just thought I would throw that out there. Um, yeah, why can't I bitch about the Royal Rumble? Because nobody cares. I know. And first up, Fuck we you, have JP. we have X Files. So Fox has announced, due to the popularity of bringing back shows like Twenty Four, they plan to bring back another series, and that is the X Files. Uh, it was confirmed that they what? are going to be bringing back this show. I don't believe it's a reboot. I believe it's a continuation, from what I understand. So X Files guys coming back along with Twin Peaks and a couple other shows. I remember being brought back as well nice yeah that's fucking awesome yeah so i believe that they'll even have uh the returning uh Mulder and scully actor and actress i don't know who played them wow man that would be fucking awesome super super cool i didn't you know honestly i missed this i didn't even hear about this yeah i, I thought that that was like, pretty cool It'd be interesting because I've been such a big fan of Californication through its run and to see David Duchovny go back to doing like, you know, regular cable shows would be weird because I see him as that character now. He's like a total. Have you ever seen the show? I've seen the first like four or five episodes from the first season. Oh, fuck yeah, that. Show actually, just... I even watched one episode of that show. <laughs> dude, that show is so fucking funny, dude. It's ridiculous how much awesome fucking pussy he gets in that show and like there's so much funny ass shit in that show it just every episode would kill me man it's so funny and you've watched but, so much stuff it's kind of insane but yeah californication actually one of my favorite shows i love love that show but his character dude would be funny to see him you know doing not that womanizing <laughs> asshole very very likable character that's the beauty of his character is that he is like kind of a womanizer but you know, he just has all these mm-hmm. bad qualities, but you love him at the same time because he's fucking funny. He's got the best one-liners, but he cares about his family. 
great character. But to go back to the X Files, I've like, heard good things about that show. Yeah, that's oh, what you great. need to watch. Shameless, which is also on Showtime, and it's a better show than Californication. Check it out. It's really good. It's filmed in Chicago as well. Yeah, mm. it's my favorite show on TV right now. Everyone talks about that show around here. Is it like uh, is it like a you know explicit show or is it yeah a bunch really of uh, like a family of um you know bad kids basically live with their older sister because their father's an alcoholic and they're basically kind of in the ghetto or the hood and it's just a really goddamn good show I love it it's hilarious and it's you know dramatic nice nice cool. <clears throat> So yeah, X-Files coming back. That's pretty cool. We have another show coming back. I'll mention that later on in the news. But first, we have the first type of sales art for Texas Chainsaw Massacre prequel, or I guess they're calling it Leatherface. At least that's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. On the poster. <laughs> yes, yes. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And oh, basically, that was so good. A, uh, fantastic. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> yeah, we're doing it. Um, so Fantastic Fest, which is obviously a film festival, they, uh, you know, released some kind of sales art or something. I, I'm pretty sure that this film is not in full blown, like production right now, like, like filming promotional type art. Yeah. Thing. It, it's yeah. like, it's basically to we get talk about that interested. in my script class too. Yeah. It's to get people interested. And I don't know if you guys seen the picture picture I posted on the site and stuff, oh, yeah. but it's a little kid with a shadow, like, you know, foreshadowing, you know, a chainsaw. It's a chainsaw is his shadow. Um, and we know that this film is supposed to take place during the, uh, teenage years of, uh, Thomas Hewitt or, uh, Thomas Sawyer or whatever the hell, whichever one you want to use, um, you know, Leatherface. Um, what do you guys feel like? Do you, like you guys getting excited at all for, for this? Well, I mean, to be honest, that, you know, promo art that they just put out. Uh Oh, okay. Well, let's put it this way. It's not original. You know, I'm not saying it's bad. I do like it, but it, it, I've seen lots of other cover arts and arts ex- very similar to that. It kind of bugged me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. It bugged me, but at the same time, I do like it, though. Does I that think make any it, sense? I think mm-hmm. it was supposed to be more of like a bold thing like, okay, this is what we're doing. And it's mm-hmm. it's leather it's Leatherface as a kid. Like, that's what we're doing. Like, and it was just kind of to, like, show, like, you know, if we've heard a little bit about what they plan on doing, but this is, like, officially, like, hey, guys, like, check it out. This is what we're doing. And it kind of showed everything that they're going to do in one picture. Um, So I feel like that's what it was. I know what you mean about it looking like other things, but obviously this isn't, you know, the theatrical poster or anything. This is just a teaser post picture. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, I, well, I'm talking more about like the story idea, like, okay, Leatherface as a teenager or a kid, like what, is that something we want to see or what? Could be okay, I guess. I, you know, I don't know. Free Leatherface. I think it would be interesting. Or like, I mean, are they planning on just focusing on, you know, <clears throat> hypothetically speaking, just, you know, mostly on the Leatherface character? Or are we going to get some backstory to, like, the family, too? See, you know, I, that's... I think if they explore more... Like, I mean, Leatherface, just as a Leatherface-type deal, you know, with the other family members thrown in a bit, would be, I think, decent. But I think if you give a little more backstory to the family, a little more grandpa, maybe teabagging... <laughs> <laughs> See, Zach's comment made me laugh. But, uh, you know, if you focus on, you know, kind of like a whole-type backstory, I think that would be interesting. 
like very intriguing actually. See, now to me, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, any of the films have never been about Leatherface at all. They've always yeah. been more about the family to me, and that's what I actually mm-hmm. like. Leatherface is kind of just like your your poster child for the actual, family. you know, family. And yeah. which would I, then would make more sense if you focused a little more on putting some backstory to the family. And I feel like that's what was missing from Texas Chainsaw 3D. It still had that family element, but it's not like we was used to seeing it. And I feel like that's what kind of threw people for a loop. Now this is supposed to be a prequel Texas to Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> to to Toby Hooper's uh, original film, so I mean, I I I think that they, they could do like incorporate the family and stuff. You fucking threw my talk off. <laughs> I could I'm fucking laughing too. I could not even think after that. Good, that means I did it good this time. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think that totally. Um, we could see it, it, it depends how that if it's focused on Leatherface specifically, or if it's like a legit prequel and focuses on the hitchhiker and Chop Top and uh, Grandpa, which is one of the more interesting characters in the entire series. Um, and you know the cook and stuff. Like I think if you brought all those characters and well, talked dude, about the family and Leatherface's upbringing, that would be awesome. Yeah, like hell yeah, man! Having the backstory to the Grandpa would be amazing too because he's old. There's a lot of story there, right? Yeah. You know, there's a whole family history. You know, he's the grandpa. So Mm -hmm. I think that'd be fucking awesome. Very cool. And honestly, where the hell else do you take Leatherface? Because it's pretty much the same story every time. So, I mean, we've already done a prequel kind of, but it wasn't like when he was a kid, really. It was more about just like what happened before the remake. Uh, So I, I think like Leatherface is one of those films where you kind of have to have that story. Like, the the story has been the same almost every time in the in the Texas Chainsaw films because you can't really take him out of that environment right because it's so it's so specific to like oh it's a backwoods cannibal family who's like picking off people in this like middle of nowhere town because there's nothing left in the town like you can't really move that somewhere you can't really change the story too much like what could you possibly do with it so i mean like I guess you have to go prequel or something. You know, we haven't seen them really take too many, you know, unnecessary or, you know, out there risks with the chainsaw films. Yeah, I'm really surprised that we haven't seen a prequel type story to that because there is potentially a lot to tell. You know, yeah. there's characters there's oh, yeah. interesting characters and, you know, you can develop interesting backstories to these characters. You know, that's what kind of you know, even more bugs me about a film like uh the the next generation. I mean that that film is just beyond ridiculous. It's stupid. Like, it it really is, is a bad, stupid fucking film. That like, why did they ever make that? Like, it's fucking stupid, man. Don't even get me started. But uh, I think I told you guys a couple months back. I I tried to rewatch it. I couldn't yeah. even get. I could barely get through it. I was like, really? ugh. I was just my attention was not there. I was like, this is so fucking stupid. Yeah. Ugh. But anyways, besides the point. So after that, we have American Horror Story. It's been picked up for a si- fifth fifth season, and it's supposed to hit in October. Um, so, yeah, there's that. We, I mean, honestly, by the time we watch the first season, we're going to be talking about, like, the eighth season. Yeah. Because we <laughs> say this every year. We're like, well, you know, fifth season, you know, they American Horror Story got picked up again. Hey, we, <laughs> hey guys, we really need to get around to watching this. <laughs> Yeah, I think by the time I think by the time we get around to watching American Horror Story, the uh, the new Jason film, Friday the Thirteenth film, will be out too. <laughs> uh, 
You shouldn't have said that. Speaking of that, God, we find out that Friday the 13th, the new film that was supposed to hit in, I believe, November of 2015, has now been pushed back to 2016. So was that actually next on your list? No. Of news? No? You just went into that? Okay. Um, yeah, and that's what I was pertaining to was the pushback a whole another year. Like, okay, seriously, someone did make a pretty good point on the what was their point? page just about, you know, what is why is this production taking so long? I think that was our favorite person who said that. Well, honestly, like to me, it doesn't it's not, make to me to me. It sounds like this film doesn't want to be made because yeah. honestly, you have to admit, though, there's a lot of filmmakers out there directors writers people would love to be involved in that franchise you can't tell me that there's no one that wants to jump on this it has to be a studio thing this is bullshit dude they made a fucking the 13th film every fucking year in the 80s obviously when it was really hot i mean that makes a lot more sense you know it's kind of beside the point but the point is is that these scripts aren't fucking uh masterpieces well well, that's my point too is that i wanted to make is okay so Either they're trying to do something completely new and innovative with the series because they have to be because honestly, they're they're like, look at the Friday the 13th remake. okay? now think think of each scene that you're thinking of, you know, go through the, you know, story very fast. What in that script was unique? The first what what, what was anything that would have been hard or challenging to write? It's the most basic formulaic script ever. But you know what? It's a half hour film. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, the opening scene was good, but is it is it anything like mind blowing or where they don't really? It's not like something that would be hard to write. It's not like Halloween. Basic, you know, script writing. A bunch of people were looking for some pot. Two go off, they get killed. The kills are the most interest, the hardest part to write. Everything else is basically remade. You know, yeah. like <laughs> there's nothing there that is like original, really. And I'm not saying that's a negative thing, really, because I like Friday the Thirteenth films for a reason. But I'm saying they're not hard to write. These th- films are the same every time with a different plot. Summer, like there's a di- there's a slightly different, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, we the plot every time. <clears throat> I mean, we can all, you know, argue that, yeah, they definitely don't focus on story the best in the Friday the 13th series. I've always been kind of, you know, as much as I love Friday 6, I think what they did with the Tommy Jarvis story was a little ridiculous. You know, it doesn't, you know, if they want to continue, they continued from, you know, 4 to 5 with the story. Tommy Jarvis was, you know, kind of what he should have been in part 5. But in part 6, he was like a different character. You know what I'm saying? So, like, the writing has never really been, you know, overly the greatest. But with that said, um, I remember reading an article one time, and I think it's even in the documentary they were talking about how they kept making Friday films just based off how many different ways they could kill people, <laughs> you know, because that's really what you want to fucking see. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, for the people that are going the there. you watch the movies. You watch it for Jason and the kills. Exactly. And You, you don't know, watch it for the storyline. Well, I mean, but then. Unless you're then again, But you, like. You know, certain characters and stuff like the Tommy Jarvis character was kind of a piss off in part six because he wasn't what he should have been. You know, he was kind of he was written completely wrong in that movie. And I don't care what anyone says. That's just my opinion. But I think his character was really, really written poorly, man, for it because he should have been more of where where he was going with the story. I mean, part four leaves off part five. He's you know a little crazy and shit like that. 
but part six, he's like this fucking nice guy. It doesn't, it did, it, when you look at the, the kind of the trilogy, it doesn't make any sense with See, the character. I, I actually feel like, I'm completely opposite on that. I feel like really? in part five, Uh-oh. they went away from who Tommy Jarvis was and then they returned in part six to who he is. Like Corey Feldman to, Tom, uh, how, Tom Matthews, how could you, I feel like those two are more connected than the fifth guy and Corey Feldman. I don't think so at all. I, yeah. I, I completely think it's different because, like, I think part five continues where, I mean, Tommy Jarvis in part four is a kid. Part five, he's older, and, you know, he's kind of what he was turning into. He's like, you know, He was crazy, yeah. And then in part six, he, to, in my opinion, I don't think he's fucking loony at all. He's kind exactly. of well, and I they, never they kind of pictured like Tommy as going loony. Like I, I thought in part four he handled himself very well. Like he was a badass kid, and mm-hmm. I feel like that Tom Matthew is is a badass kid grown up, but he's still know, like. But, but they but they give you that idea that the Tommy Jarvis character is kind of going to go a little bad shit crazy and stuff. But in part six, you know, he's just very normal and very likable. He's fucking Tom Matthews. Actually, I just have to, I just have to say one thing. <laughs> but but i mean i i you know i it doesn't overly bother me because of the fact that i love part six i think part six is is a great film i'd love to see that movie uncut sometime but uh but uh, the tommy jarvis character kind of bugged me though yeah like not as me in part five a lot i don't like that actor that they chose yeah, I mean, it's you know, it has nothing to do with Tom Matthews or whatever. It's just the way it was written, and he really—that was the script, right? <laughs> I mean, he was—he was nice, you know. He was a different type character, and I think if they had it kept along the kind of the dark side of where the Tommy Jarvis character was maybe supposed to go, I think it could have been an interesting, you know, development, and maybe they could have, you know, continued that. I don't know. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But maybe with this new Friday film. I don't know, man. I just, I'd love to see the exploration of Tommy Jarvis, you know, just something with that character, just anything interesting, you know, I'm scream like a little girl. We're kind of, I mean, honestly, I'm never going to get past watching Friday films for the kills. I mean, let's face it. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I mean, sleeping bags or women getting broke over trees and sleeping (laughs) bags. Fuck. (laughs) It's the fucking best kill ever. Um, but, uh, I don't know, man. I think at this point, you know, having an interesting story too would would help. Yeah, um, I I think you got to do something, man. I think you got to do something. But what do you do with it? You know, where are you continuing this new movie from? Shit, though? dude. I know what I would do with it, but I, I know that they just won't do the stuff that I want to see. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah, they're not gonna be like, hey, we should totally follow what this Mexican in Pennsylvania wants. <laughs> <laughs> if they would, it would make a lot of people happy. Yeah. But like honestly, are hey, they, I would are, listen to you first because you know your shit. I don't know Friday the Thirteenth like you do. So I'm curious what they do attempt with this film. You know, if it ever comes out, if they try to continue from the reboot or the remake, whatever you want to call it. And that's not a remake, but reboot. The reboot. Um, you have to say it know, in Canadian style. But like, where do you a boot? A boot. Re, <laughs> reboot. I don't. Know, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> um, but like, what do you what do you do with it? Like, like, what is your idea? My idea, I, yeah. I think you. I think you go with what was successful, and I think you kind of do the the Tommy arc again. Uh, I think you like if you're good. Well, 
it, one, so do you start I, a new arc then? Because, or do you continue from the original franchise? Because obviously well, you can't. I mean, you would be starting it with the new franchise, like from the reboot, reboot, My my hundred percent thing that I would do if I had complete hundred percent creative control over it is I would continue on from part nine, um, or eight, either one, and I would I would bring back a lot of the survivors and you know make a. Uh, story where they're all, you know, finally sick of Jason. I've seen ideas like this thrown around, but, um, you know, I, I would continue bring back all these characters that everybody loves and do it that way. But I know they would never do something like that. So I would say if, if I was going through like what I think the studio would, would be more likely to do, I would just re do like another remake type thing, but not really just continue off of the, the, uh, reboot but don't you know you don't have to you know for sure link it to that but i would just bring like tommy jarvis's character and a bunch of other characters to the lake and do his arc that way you know setting after the remake i guess hmm. it's interesting the the whole survivor thing i i could just see having the you know this one part in the film would be funny you bring back all these you know survivors and you know they're doing their thing you know fighting against jason and whatnot and uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, you have the most random moment ever, which would only be comical for relief to people that actually follow franchises and know these characters. But all of a sudden, Kincaid pulls up, shows up in the film, and he's like, oh, fuck, wrong film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I thought of that. But, I mean, he was not a full survivor. But he did survive part three, let's say that. But Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but you know what I'm saying? But just, you know, I don't know why I brought that up. I have no fucking clue. <laughs> But I don't know. The whole Friday thing is, is it's frustrating to me because it keeps getting pushed back and it's like, ah, yeah, which I, a lot I of people like called for this. This is normally I mean, it honestly normally happens when we see a new installment in a franchise like this happened with, I believe, every damn film that's come out since like, you know, Texas Chainsaw 03. Like they always get pushed back. But like when did the Friday remake or reboot <laughs> come out again. It was in 2009, Nine. 2009. So in 2016, that's, you know, that's seven years, you know, that's between films. Yeah. It, it is a long time. It's a really, really long time. Like in the music industry, you're not even a mu an artist anymore. How you many know, like years did totally you say it was? Seven. Seven. Yeah. It'll be seven years in between films. I'm just, you know, relating it to the music industry. Like if you don't put out something within, you know, a year, you know, you know, I know the film industry works a little different, but wow, it's a long time. Yeah, that is a long time. Well, it was six years from Freddy vs. Jason to the remake, I believe. And we haven't heard anything about like a new nightmare film, so. Well, that's that. That is just a whole another can of worms, dude. I don't even know what you could do with that series. I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't even want to. <laughs> yeah, don't piss off moods. Ah, God, I hate that remake. Ugh, yeah, so anyway, I think we should move on. We got a ton of news to get through. Um, so It, the the remake, we have an update on it. Uh, basically, they said they're really interested to do this film because, for one, they're going to bring back some of the viciousness that was in the book that they simply couldn't do on in miniseries format when they first made the film. So that's why I feel like this has great potential is because they're able to do what they couldn't do on TV, um, which is you know interesting. I, I think we've talked about that a lot. And yeah. um, they also said that they're going to get a draft, which is supposed to be the shooting script any day now. This, of course, was like two weeks ago. 
Um, and basically they said they worked out a deal for the second movie because this is going to be a two-part movie, obviously. Uh, and their hope is to prep sometime in the next few months and shoot in the summer. Cool. Yeah, so it is definitely moving forward. And I find that really cool because um, that's one of the more interesting remakes to me. It all depends. I think it all comes down to who you cast as Pennywise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't make it a CGI fucking shitty Pennywise. It's too bad they can't get Tim Curry back, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a shame. That would be super cool because that's such a huge selling point. I know we talked about this before, but, you know, you just attach his name to it. It's instant, instantly going to attract, you know, the older fans, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a shame. But uh, whatever. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. If they, if they if they're planning on amping it up a little bit, fuck, I have no problems with that. That sounds great to me. You yeah. know, just don't see if you CG the clown. Yeah, I'm gonna say go fuck yourself. <laughs> CG the clown sounds like a clown. Like that sounds like a name of a clown. Like, it actually sounds clown. like a performer. CG, CG the, the clown. dancing clown. <laughs> we should make a CG the clown. <laughs> CG yeah. the clown. And the sequel will be called what? <laughs> I don't know. know. Oculus Flux the Clown. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. I don't Uh, know, man. I think it's kind of cool, though. Like, I think think this is going to work, though. I mean, I know we've talked about this before, but I actually think this is going to be successful. Yeah, I do, too. I really do. So after that, we have Frankenstein. This is a pilot for an upcoming 20th Century Fox TV show. It's been greenlit. Um, it, I guess it's going to follow, uh, a cop or something who's like morally corrupt, who is given a second chance, chance at life brought back from the dead. So I guess he's supposed to be the Frankenstein monster, uh, now younger and stronger. Uh, they will have to do something to deal with the old temptation, temptations and a new sense of purpose. Sounds shitty to me. That sounds Just fucking horrendous bad. But you know, as long as they uh, they get Tim Curry in that, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't sound that good, does it? No, not that inviting, I guess. But uh, I don't uh, know, man. I mean, really, like it just seems, man. It seems like there's a lot of Frankenstein come things related to Frankenstein coming out. You know, you know, lower budget films, but there's always Frankenstein. I don't know, man. Why don't they just focus more on like? Zombie versus the Titanic. <laughs> Zombies versus the Titanic. That's a movie that came out. Asylum released. It. Oh my god! Of course it did. <laughs> Jesus. What if like? It, what if there was a zombie outbreak on the Titanic? <laughs> <laughs> what happens? Or what if they had a purge on the Titanic? It would be stupid that, because that the would boat be... would sink, and then the movie would be over, and it would be terrible. Exactly. That's the ending right there. You need everyone to die because that's <laughs> fucking awesome. Terrible <laughs> it's bleak. Terrible it's bleak. Idea. You have the most likable characters wait, ever. Wait, 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 wait. Like Wasn't, little kid characters that are awesome and you're – Wait and they a just, minute. They just We're really going to get in this purge hold talk on, again. Hold on a minute. Wasn't it pretty much already the purge on the Titanic in the actual Titanic? Because everybody <laughs> was like stepping over each other because like rich, poor, classism <laughs> – <laughs> yeah, man. Totally, man. The first class were like holding down the third class people are like they were they were definitely purging. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. That's a good observation. That's really, really that's a good observation. Wow, not bad. 
<laughs> so so fuck my life fuck my life I, I, i'm trying to come up with this original idea of a purge on a boat and lo and behold it actually happened in real life over a hundred years ago <laughs> fuck i can never come up with anything original can i <laughs> hey you're not the only one looking at you fuck. hollywood yep um, so after that, we have some really crazy, bizarre, interesting news. But Cinedime is launching a reinvention of American International Pictures or AIP's exploitation titles, including Girls in Prison and The Brain Eaters. Um, so the idea behind this is a little confusing to me, but they want to do a 10-picture project within a single movie universe. Basically, there's a group of producers who are going to shoot 10 films with storylines and characters as part of a single story arc. So each film is going to be its own story, but within that story, it will be a bigger picture in like 10 other films. So it's basically like a comic book series with crossover. It's like a comic or a crossover comic book series. Yeah, it sounds... all right. Are you familiar with comics? Like, you know, you have the Avengers. Yeah, the Avengers. And you got all these characters and these storylines that are involved in there. And like, you know, you got fucking Gambit and like all these characters and stuff. So that's basically what it is. It's like a crossover series. Yeah, it, it, I, I guess it's kind of going to be like that. But the, the 10 films have been announced and it's Girls in Prison, The Viking Woman and the <laughs> Sea Serpent, The Brain Eaters, She Creature, Teenage Caveman, Reform School Girls, The Undead, War of the Colossal Beasts. The cool and crazy and the day the world ended. Um, so all of these are going to be uh, shot back to back, but they're all going to have a a overlining story arc that connects all ten films. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think Gambit was actually part of the X Men. <laughs> the Man, moves. This is, these sound worse than the hills have flies and cleavage field. Oh fuck! <laughs> so funny. I don't know, man. I I like this idea, but don't you think it's a little like it could risky. be a little much? Well, not even risky, but I think it's a little much for like a viewer. Like you really have to if you have to if you're connecting the dots through films, you know, you can't miss anything, right? So do you think people lose interest a little bit in that? They're like, holy fuck! Like I have to. You got ten films. You got. <laughs> You got to connect the dots, and it's like, damn, man. Well, you have to look at it this way, too. Based off of the titles that I listed, you might say that giving each film by themselves might not be that interesting. But if you tell me all 10 of those films are going to, like, somehow mold together, I might be more Mm -hmm. interested in seeing all 10 instead of one and done. Well, yeah, I mean... I think it works for, you know, people that, uh, um, you know, are willing to go out and actually watch all 10 films. I mean, I guess it has this fan base, right? Like everything does, you know, um, I, I don't know. I, I think for the average fan, I think it's going to be confusing. You're like, what? I have to watch this one before that. What? You know, I, I could just see that happening. You know what I'm saying? I mean, well, you know what I'm saying? Like for us, like we already know this, but you look at the average person and they're like, like, there's this movie. 
but you're like, like oh shit, one. this one well, you actually have no, to no, see no, 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 part no. three. But see, know, that's you... what they're saying. You're, you guys are missing. I might not have said it, but each film will have a complete beginning, middle, and end. Like it will be a solo standalone film that you could just watch totally, by itself, hundred percent. But you still but, want to catch all the middle stuff to catch, you know, that relates to the other films. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, unless they're doing like a after dark horror fest type thing where it's like going to be at select theaters where it's like all fucking ten of them in a marathon or something. I don't know. Um, I think it sounds incredibly interesting, but it's probably going to be awful. The movie titles sound awful, though. That's why I say it's probably going to be awful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it's hard to judge it by that, but uh, I mean. I don't it's, know. A, it's a new distribution model. I'll tell you that. Like the idea is to like let's let's not try to sell one of these films. Let's try to get people to watch ten films. So then we're making ten times the money. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, I understand the point completely. I think this is uh, I think this is a winner, a complete fail. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like it's either a there's no middle ground here. I think I think it's going to be yeah. So. I mean, it, it's hard to judge shit by, you know, titles and, you know, things like that. I mean, it could potentially be really good or bad, but uh, I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. That's an interesting... Boots will buy them, of course. It's an interesting premise, though, I have to admit. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's very weird. Very weird. Yeah. Yeah. So... It's, it, it's really... Like, you used the word risky, didn't you? Yeah. Because I think it is, because there's a lot of money poured into this, and, you know, you're definitely not... The, the demographic for this is uh who knows yeah, yeah it's risky man it's, it's really it's really it, it is but like fuck it's it's a big deal you got 10 films man well i, I think the way that they're probably looking at it is um well let's kind of intrigue the people who are the collectors let's try to get them on board and then if we do or don't get them on board then we just sell each film as if it's its own film mm-hmm yeah I mean, yeah, I guess there's ways around it. That's what they got marketing board tables for, right? Yep. Yeah. Come up with these ideas. So after that, we have an update on The Green Inferno. Of course, this is the Eli Roth-directed film. Uh, so as of right now, all systems are a go for the theatrical release. Roth revealed recently. Uh, here's the thing. Everyone is working to resolve it. Open Road has been amazing through the entire process. I really love them. They've been great. Even with whatever situation Worldview is going through, everyone is working together to find the best, cleanest, most positive resolution and get the film out in the widest release possible. I still don't think it's going to be a wide release. So then he goes on to say... uh, That's a shame. When will it be released? I think realistically it would be August or September. Man, I have to admit the suspense is killing me in this film. I can see like a thousand theaters at the most. I want to see, see this movie so bad and it's like I fuck I hope it's good. My problem with it is that I've already heard like little rumblings about it here and there from people who have seen it at festivals. So I'm I'm not as like blind as I once was, which makes me less interested in it a little bit. Uh, I'm so that glad that I don't pay what? attention. I'm so glad I don't ta- pay attention to media like you do. Because Me like, neither, but I but don't. Like, I, I, it's just impossible to avoid when it's been that long. You know what I mean? Like you just start hearing things that mm-hmm. I don't want. I don't want to hear it. But mm-hmm. yeah. Well, it's. It, it, I mean, you know, it's in your defense. It's hard for you to avoid though, too, because you are the news getter. You go to these sites, grab news and stuff. Where I purposely stay off the sites. You know, I generally don't watch trailers. I don't 
I mean, unless someone posts something like in the group or whatever, yeah, that's yeah. how I find releases. But like actual like you know articles and stuff, like generally they don't get posted, so I don't read them. You know, um, but yeah, unfortunately, you know that's just your role. <laughs> it's kind of the shits though. But yeah. like, I mean, so they haven't. So the rumblings haven't been that good. Um. Well, one thing that's kind that of I heard really it, it, a lot by the tone of your, is by the tone of your voice, it didn't sound good. So yeah, that's like, <laughs> it, it's it's very hit or miss. I feel I feel like people are mainly saying it's underwhelming. Like this is Eli Roth's return, the guy that brought us Hostel and Cabin Fever. It's just a good movie instead of something that really blows the doors off the. Okay, so people expect by the sounds of that. I initially my reaction is people are expecting too much. Then mm-hmm. yeah, probably. I'm expecting. I'm but, expecting. A, I'm expecting a film. I'm not expecting those films. I'm going to go into the Green Inferno thinking this is a new Eli Roth film. That's mm-hmm. it. That's it. You yeah. know. I use the same premise I went into the the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. But the <laughs> build up, the fucking, is, yeah, you know, the build know. up isn't helping that much too because I mean Texas it's been Chainsaw Massacre. It, it's been like forever since this has been announced, and we was this made our most looking forward to list last year, like last mm-hmm. year that was our yeah, most yeah. looking forward to film. Yeah. So you know that that definitely hurts it, but also I don't <laughs> see why like. Like, why all of a sudden can Eli Roth not get a wide release? You know, if, if you know, Jeremy is speaking the truth and his predictions come true, like, why? Like, he always performed, except for Hostel 2, which I still think made money, but, like, he's, he's like, he's in, you know? He's in the well, end. It, like, everybody's it, it, friends with him. He's on all these talk shows and, like, you know, it, he's it, very well known. It honestly makes me consider maybe he's really hard to deal with on a business and personal level because may- maybe it has something to do with him i don't know i'm not saying it does i'm just saying maybe it does <laughs> see i could see it like being like an amc exclusive type of movie i can too but i'm wondering why is it purely based on like the independent nature of the film i believe a lot of it was well um, do you think that he's not inking deals himself like, you know, he could have passed up a deal before, but he's looking for more, you know, distribution money. I don't know. I don't know what the whole thing is. But well, the reason I, that I do it find got... it interesting that somebody with his type of caliber name, like he's pretty well known and I think pretty well respected that it doesn't make sense, man. You know, you think that like Wes Craven's going to put out a film right now and all of a sudden they're like, oh, fuck, I don't know, man. You know, it's Wes Craven. You put Wes Craven's name on something and it's generally going to get a, a release. Yeah. Uh-huh. Without a problem. You know, what the fuck is wrong with Eli Roth? Like, it does make me wonder if, you know, dealing with him on a business level is not the greatest thing, which is probably – it could go unpublicized, you know. These are behind closed door type things, you know, and you read and you take in what you what you read and hear. You know, it, it is what it is, right? It's not necessarily true, you know, and we're just – this is all speculation, but, I mean, doesn't it seem odd to you? Well, I mean, see, you have to you I have to consider know, the facts. I mean, well, look, I'm gonna or compare in, it to facts. one other person, okay? And this is Rob Zombie because Zombie put out House of a Thousand, which eventually got delayed, but eventually got put into major theaters. So did House uh, Devil's Rejects, and then Halloween, and then Halloween Two. Now, why all of a sudden does Rob Zombie go and independently make this Lords of Salem that it doesn't get a wide release? Is it basically the subject matter or it's what? Weird. No, I mean it could have it, it could be a bunch of things. It could be subject. It could be maybe the studios just didn't fucking feel the film was going to work at all. I mean, when you really look at it, 
I mean, how many mainstream people, like, you know, you know, if the average, you know, film goer, oh, what's playing Lord of Salem? Go see that shit. Like, are, is that really going to be that appealing to them? No. But in the long is run, House of so a Thousand Corpses going to be, though? Like, before but, you know it, before you know who Rob Zombie is and who, you know, what he's done in the horror world, I mean, like, I, like it sounds the same to me, Lord of Salem. He's a House pretty successful corpses. musician, dude. Exactly. White zombies. Okay. I but think I mean, people would go anyway because they know his music. Okay, so there we go. Like that, like that's what I'm saying. Like, why can Lord just sit? Why was it? I think these are you know parallel to each other. Like, I feel like it's the same situation. I don't know. It could have been. It could have been a lot of things, man. Who knows? I mean, it, everything that we could possibly say here is all speculation on anything because we don't have any facts. But yeah, um, I mean, all I'm saying with Eli Roth, it's just. You know, he, he seems like he's very particular. I mean, obviously, with directing films, too, like, he doesn't have a huge filmography as a director. He really does I think because he made a shit ton of money, and he just sat back and was like, I don't even have to do this anymore. Everybody likes yeah, me. Yeah, you know, and I, you know, on some levels, I respect that, and other levels, I don't. It's like, you know, are you in it for the money, or are you just in it for... You can tell you he's passionate. Lo- if you've ever listened no, to I one know, of his commentaries... I'm, I know that he is passionate about horror, but it just makes me question... It's sometimes like, I mean, honestly, if I had two successful films, all I would want to do is, you know, write and just direct and just get more material out there because it's fucking awesome. If I love doing this, this is what I want to do. It's fucking awesome. Or let's say you you are a successful filmmaker. You made three films, you know, House of a Thousand or uh, Cabin Fever. Then you made uh, Hostel, which were both very original. You know, then you made the sequel. Um, which kind of underperformed a bit, but you was kind of known as like, wow, this guy came out of nowhere, made three awesome films. And then you're like, well, I don't really have any good ideas right now. Like maybe, like maybe you wouldn't want to risk putting out something that you wasn't, you know, didn't well, believe in a hundred percent. There's like, no shame. There's absolutely no shame in someone like Eli Roth going, well, maybe I could use <clears throat> an outside pen. You know, bring in someone that you respect as a writer, work on a script with someone. There's no harm in, yeah, in yeah, throwing around ideas sure. and working on a script. You already know that you can direct films and create a good product. You know, the story is what you need. So we know that Eli Roth, maybe it's one of those people who needs to bounce off somebody. Like, honestly, sitting in a room, uh, writing records. I've done this before with people. It's it's so vastly different when you're bouncing ideas off people and like you kind of go and you feed off that, especially with someone you trust. You know, Absolutely. maybe that's what he needs. Maybe he needs that to bounce off an idea. Like we all know, you've been tr- you sit there and you come up with ideas. And you're like, oh, God, I don't know, man. You bounce off someone, then you start going back and forth. We've had these conversations a million times, just me and you, or me and Jeremy, or whatever. All three of us. Shit just leads to another thing. Maybe that's what he needs, and maybe he's just kind of ashamed to admit it. Well, I think right now none of this kind of really like matters because he just made the Green Inferno. He made Knock Knock, and I believe he's making something else. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I guess he got the fire lit up under him, you know? Well, I mean, that's good. That's good. But I, I mean, you know, getting back to the whole Green Inferno thing not being released, I mean – Dude, it's all speculation. Who fucking knows? It could be maybe studios don't want to take a chance on it because well, um, well because we know of the, the content because why it was shelved, right? Yeah, yeah. Because the 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 company that was you know releasing it went under, mm-hmm. or they yeah. was having financial woes, so they had to sh- shelve it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking about these other companies that want, you know, they're looking at the content and they're going, fuck, I don't know, man. Is this a, yeah, when is is this the last a money time maker? A mainstream cannibal film was coming I mean, let's face it, man. Horror movies don't make money like they used to in theatrical runs. 
<laughs> I mean, uh, we, we did lot. the stats. Just not we did good. the stats last year. That's a, we did the stats even last year. I mean, there wasn't even that many uh, theatrical films even, you know, to count, yeah. you know, it's and like compared to. And that's actually the biggest problem. It's, studios aren't taking chances on these films anymore because they're not the hugest money makers. I mean, let's face it. What was the top money? Annabelle last year? Annabelle. And then Ouija. <clears throat> And, and okay, and then you compare that to a non-genre film, you know, in, like what was the comparison? You know, what was the top making money film from last year? Does uh, anybody know? Like, was wait, it even wait, comparable? Wait. I think it was uh, Guardians of the Galaxies. Yeah, it definitely. So was. okay, so what did Guardians of the Galaxies make last I year? Like, like four hundred million or something? No, more than the, that. The top-selling horror film, which is Annabelle, made like eighty-five million or some stupid thing. Yeah, like so. we're not even like the point is is that studios aren't willing to take the chance. Right, and, number and one think, actually was uh, <clears throat> uh, Hunger Games Part One made three hundred and thirty-five million. See, this and then is the, the thing. The next horror movie on the list comes down at uh, keep going, keep going, keep going. Uh, number forty, Annabelle, eighty-four million. Yeah. So it kind of proves my point a little bit. You know, I mean, these films aren't making – I mean, it could be the quality too. I mean, let's face it. Annabelle sucks shit. Well, Annabelle did really well though. That's the thing. Mainstream audiences loved Annabelle, which is just blows my mind. I'm at work. I actually have a video on my phone where dude's like, dude, Annabelle, that shit was scary. Yo. I'm like uh. – Well, I know. I mean there is – it definitely has its fan base. But I'm just saying the point is <clears throat> we counted what? A dozen theatrical – major theatrical releases last year. You guys want to know the, the point is – they're not know the top 10 highest grossing horror films in the last 20 years are <laughs> We've all right this before let's not say, on the well, show though no let's let's we'll say that for a different show all right but uh i mean the whole point i'm trying to make is <laughs> that funny to look at it the the point i'm trying to make is that you know maybe it could have something to do with the content these studios just don't think it's going to make money mm-hmm. you know they might spend I more mean, than it makes Horror's always been the backbone, though, man. When when shits when shits going bad, they usually do resort to horror films, and they usually pull themselves out of the holes. But I mean, I think that what the problem is is we just haven't really seen the next wave of saws or paranormal activities yet. You know, we, we mm-hmm. paranormal activities kind of run its course a little bit. We got to wait for it. You know, I thought it was going to be the purge. I don't think it is anymore. Well, that that's, that's we'll a good point, though. That's a good point. So we're, we are stuck in a rut. But you have to remember. Indy's killing it right now, though. The Green Inferno oh, yeah. is part of that rut. That's yeah. why, why they don't want to take a chance on it because it could be content. It could be whatever. They're just they don't want to take the chance. You know, these a lot of studios are not taking these chances based on that. And I think the content alone is just not inviting. So what, I mean, watch the Green Inferno hit like 3,000 screens or something. Yeah, I no don't doubt, think that's right? going to happen. No, I honestly, I'll never see that on the big screen. <laughs> so Really? No. Oh, you mean up there in Canada? Yeah, it, it probably won't get uh, maybe a couple screens. You, don't, after, you never know, though, man. Hostel was some pretty taboo subject matter at one time. You never know. No, but like, I mean, uh, cannibalism or I mean, uh, ho- I mean, I don't know. Cannibalism to me. When's is, the last time uh, you've seen a cannibal mainstream film? That, there well, was that's, cannibalism in Hostel briefly. I guess that's not briefly. a cannibal film. Like torture, this. torture. Films. I don't think yeah, that I mean, is a mainstream cannibal film. Besides Hannibal. Yeah, I mean that's probably one. Of the yeah, this <laughs> one's out there, but um, but I don't know, man. I, I, just all speculation. That's just you know my two cents on it. But that's just we'll how see. I feel. We'll about see. It, so. 
Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I would. I hope I'm completely wrong. I hope someone picks it up and says, "Fuck it." Well, either way, it's going to get a decent release. I mean, it'll have a even if it doesn't get a wide theatrical release, then we'll see a brief theatrical release and then VOD and DVD right after, which is actually even probably real good as well. Mm -hmm. I can already see the uh, the Blu-ray release. It's got to be in a green case. Yeah, you know, it's got to be. That would be cool. Next up, we have Wes Craven. He's actually going to be producing another film, which, you know, it's producing, whatever. I it, I, I hate when they use a the person's name for yeah, me producing too. credits. Like, it's like, okay. Like, unless it's like a producer that's heavily involved in the project and, you know, has like creative input to give. Like, I don't know. But mm-hmm. anyway, it's about a girl who... Uh, I don't, it's called The Girl in the Photographs, and it's an original thriller inspired by the blockbuster Scream. Okay, so uh, it's set against the glamorous backdrop of the fashion world. The film will bring a modern sensibility to the genre, so they say. Okay. Yeah, moving on. The Strangers 2. Uh, we kind of have a update. Uh, we have two people... I guess are attached to direct the screenplay. Um, I, you know, we've heard so many updates on this over the past couple years. Apparently, one of them. Yeah. Apparently, one of them was Eli Roth, but he was, you know, trying to figure out his deal with the Green Inferno. But that's a different story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> The Strangers Two is a thrilling sequel that lives up to the hype of the original film. After financial troubles force them to move out of their house, a family of four try to make it through the night in a deserted trailer park while being hunted by savage axe-wielding mask-wearing trio wrecking havoc once again. That actually sounds pretty damn good to me. Like yeah, a trailer that sounds park cool. backdrop, that's dope. Mhm. I would just be happy with the family again, man. Whatever I mean, the with, hell they are. with these type of films, now it's all about execution now. So you got this story, you know, which is cool. But uh you, you I mean, you know, you can't make it the same as the first film, but it has to be good in execution you know what i'm saying uh-huh. these films rely on that so well i can tell you right now start. you can't duplicate the first film or else it wouldn't be a proper sequel because you have to go bigger and better in a sequel especially if you wait this and long the original strangers was such a slow uh, like methodical film that, oh, yeah. that this one i just feel like will be a lot different oh i i hope it is i just hope the execution is good I would have to say that's one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. And I've said that before. I think this one will be more of a straight-up slasher type flick. Yeah, yeah. I love the original stream. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. Yeah. So after that, we have Resident Evil. The final chapter is back on. So this is the the Resident Evil franchise. Uh, I guess the film was originally announced and then put on hold because of Mila Jojovich. Yeah. Jojovich? Yeah, you're close enough. Jojovich. Um, <laughs> Show ya, was, bitch. Uh, she, she was pregnant. So after she had her second child, she's now back and ready to shoot. So uh, they're moving forward, which will conclude the new trilogy. Uh, There's going to be another trilogy? No, this is the end of the other trilogy. That was the first three, and this is now the, the end of the second three. And part two is the best. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, shooting was initially planned for Cape Town, South Africa, and now is a 2016 release that is being targeted. So, um, Resident Evil, the final chapter, it's happening. You know what? I'm so surprised that he was able to make six of these considering, and they do good every time. Like, I don't know who's going to see these things because I'm not, like, I, I am a huge them, fan of I the games. But I just feel like they did everything so different that it's not even Resident Evil. Besides so. part two. Yeah, pro- part two was very Resident Evil-ish. But yeah. at the same time, I feel like it was also just – I didn't really like how they took it into like the action area. That yeah, but they part took two was like your closest to the games that you It was. Get. It was. I, and I, I still do like part one and two. And I don't like part – I don't like all any of them besides part two. Part one's okay, but um, – yeah, and it has some really bad CGI. Yeah, it's been a little while since I've seen it, but yeah, you know, the, the Blu-ray f- sucks dick too. No comment. You don't like those films at all, Moods? Dude, I haven't seen any of them. Just what? watch the first two. I it's literally can't two. comment because I haven't seen. What them. if we did the Resident Evil franchise? That'd be such a weird franchise. I totally do that. I'd be down for that. I mean, there's zombies I haven't films, watched. Dude. I mean, it, like they're they're like either way, like even though some of them are not that good, they're all entertaining. If like, we do fucking paranormal activity, we gotta do fucking Resident Evil. Oh god, yeah, there's five of those. Or I, I guess there's gonna be six when we do it. Six. What? Well, how many is there now? Five. Five. And we would probably talk like have to mention the unofficial sequel. I've only seen the first one. So me too. Yeah, I've only seen. <laughs> I've seen the marked ones. The marked. I've seen the first good. two. The marked ones actually not bad. Well, I think the first two are pretty solid. Not me. Um, I have a feeling you guys will change your tune later. But I anyway, just watched part one again last semester, and I still don't like it. Okay, well, I would like at least like to know. You know, don't tell me now, but I I'm won't. interested to hear somebody make a successful argument to why it's not a good film. And then I will counter that with a even more successful argument of why it's solid. <laughs> so after that, we have Rings. Uh, rings. This does that have to do with a digital a, copy. A, it does. It does. So <laughs> we have. We have, Are you fucking serious? We have actress uh, Matilda Lutz who will be playing the character of oh Javier. And she goes and rents a digital copy, and it turns out that Samara has infected the world of the digital copy. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> Dude, did we not call this fucking storyline? I'm joking. It has nothing to do with the digital, oh, digital dude, copy. Oh, I was like, are you fucking kidding dude, me? Do you like, really think they I would make ju- that movie? I was just ready to say this sounds like the stupidest fucking movie ever made. I was literally just going to say that. This sounds like the stupidest. It sounds almost it. as stupid as The Purge on a Boat. He no way, man. It. Nothing on a boat is bad. Trust me. Yeah, maybe <laughs> actually bought that bad. shit. <laughs> oh, fuck. Just the way you said it, I was like, what the fuck? I was yeah. taking a sip of beer, man. My my, 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 <laughs> my mind was all fucked up. <laughs> That's the way you said it, though. So, basically, what, what <laughs> so we cool. have here is it's called Rings, and it's a reboot of the Ring series, the U.S. Ring series. Um, which I guess the original book was actually called Rings, so it's kind of coming full circle now. Is and it they what are the rings? No, at all. Um, oh, so okay. Paramount Pictures, no, this is Paramount. Um, you know, the same company who's doing the Paranormal Activity films and Friday the Thirteenth is going to try to have a big um, 2015 slash 16 because uh, they're going and rebooting Ring. 
Um, and it, they actually casted a few people already. It's supposed to hit um, theaters November 13th, but I think I might have heard that the release date got pushed back to 2016, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Mm, that's so disappointing. No digital copy. Yeah. Digital well, we copy don't know on, yet. On they have not. They have not released the plot description, so there's still help. You know they're totally going to gank my idea too, that mm-hmm. digital copy. I think that was Jeremy's idea, actually, but if you want to take credit for it, that's Yeah, it. you bitch. That was my idea. <laughs> was it your idea? Shit, it was. Maybe I just laughed laugh so hard I actually thought it was mine. Yeah. The last time He's like, there's no way Jeremy could have came up with something that I'd be the worst you comedian. You fucking asshole. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that shit's still funny to me though. That <laughs> what might have been put the, on the funniest gym. thing that Jeremy said on the show. Regardless yeah. of how stupid it is, it's fucking so funny. What's the funniest it's so thing I said on the show. That gun really was my good. favorite horror movie. It really is good. Uh fuck. Yeah. Um <laughs> so Paranormal Activity Five. Um it, you know, Paramount shifted the release date of Friday the 13th. They also shifted the release date of Paranormal Activity 5, a.k.a. Paranormal Activity The Ghost Mansion. Um, so it's going to be – this is something we talked about recently. Mm, I forget when mention. the original release date was. I believe it was in March, but now they're pushing it to October. Um, so we're going to see a Paranormal Activity in October again. Um, so it looks like they're going back to that original Oh, we can, format. We can only hope that it's uh, released on my birthday, like Annabelle was last year, because that was fucking the best. Well, birthday when was your birthday? Ever. October third. This is October twenty third, so twenty days. Oh, that's sure. so good. Hey so JP. Good. Hey JP. At least what? I don't laugh like this. <laughs> it's your favorite person. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, that's awesome. Yeah, so that's, that, that will be happening. Um, Paranormal Activity 5 will be happening, and it will be in 2015 of October. So once again, with the pushback of uh, Paranormal Activity from March to October, that also pushes back the release of our Paranormal Activity show from March to October. So be prepared to wait even longer for this show. <laughs> Nice. So after that, we have Salem. This was a TV series about some witches and shit. Uh, it will make its return Sunday, April 5th at 10 p.m. Uh, so yeah, Salem is going to be back, I guess. Did anybody see it? No. This is season two. No. I do remember the the promo the promotion that they had for the first season was really cool. They had some really cool uh, posters and stuff. A lot of cool stuff there. I was interested to see it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen any, to be honest. Not going to lie. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, then. So after that, we have another After Dark original. This time it's called Housekeeping, and it's going to arrive on DVD plus digital HD on demand March 31st from Lionsgate Home Entertainment. Uh, and it's supposed to... I believe be about a housekeeper who gets a job and then shit gets kind of uh, deadly, turns deadly, um, almost too convenient new job. And yeah, she starts losing the grip on her reality. Hmm. I'll check it out. I'll I don't know. That doesn't sound films. that bad to me. That, that sounds like a, 
like that sounds like your average, potentially above average, um, you know, Walmart buy. Yeah, some of those after dark films are really good though. I, mm-hmm. I, I have to say. So watch that one. With Malcolm McDowell was any good? Uh, which Mischief one was that again? Knife. Is that it? Yeah. Was that any good? Yeah, it was really good actually. Yeah, it's surprising. Yeah. yeah. No, I talked about it on the cast. Oh. I think it probably maybe in quick cuts or something. I may probably just mentioned it, but no, it's actually really good. It's got a pretty interesting type twist to it and shit. I, I really enjoyed it actually. It's good. Yeah, you know, um, I I I actually been wanting to go back and pick up a lot of those After Dark. Well, for one, I want to get all the original like the eight films to die for's. Yeah. Um, and then I actually want to go grab all those other ones too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been keeping up. They're harder for me to get up here because they're just stupid expensive. Yeah, the shit, sanitarium so. one's the newest one. Yeah, um, I think I've heard actually not too good things about that one, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, just the name alone, man, because the last sanitarium film I watched yeah. was complete garbage. Is that the man. one with Robert England and Malcolm McDowell? Yeah, it was the fucking anthology film. It was so yeah. fucking boring, man. It was so boring. Like, me and my buddy Dylan were watching. We were, like, both falling asleep. I'm like, wow, this is – he kind of looks over and he's like, yeah, this is exciting. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> broke down laughing. We're like, this is terrible. This is awful. But, yeah. yeah. So Image Entertainment picks up a film called Dark Was the Night. Uh, this one didn't really sound too good, but a long slumbering evil is awoken in the trees outside a remote town in the woods, isolated and threatened. It sets its sights on the townspeople as the sheriff attempts to overcome the demons of his past so that he may protect those that he loves. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, that's just one of those films that get yeah. announced that I'll forget about, and then I'll probably end up watching, and then I'll be like, "Oh, yeah, I think I remember hearing something about this." So no, we talked about we talked about that on episode forty one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can't give a rating to it. Actually, there's been a few films, man, that you've talked about on cast and stuff, and then completely forgot about. I listen to the cast, and then like you know, months later, a year later, I'm like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> this is the one." <laughs> fucking so weird it's a weird feeling i'm like i know about this why do i know about this yeah so i, I, sh- mean, I should be better than that i should be better than that though come on we're, we're kind of making it through the you know last rounds of the news here but i thought this one was pretty interesting and i think it's pretty relevant to the conversation we had earlier and that is that um eli roth's new film knock knock see now i forgot to write down who actually purchased it but i i want to say it was ifc but i'm not sure uh it premiered at the uh sundance film festival and the picture actually sold for three million dollars which is one of the biggest genre pickups uh at that festival in years and i believe cabin fever was one of the biggest pickups as well so Uh People want Roth's films, I guess. And I I hear good things about this Knock Knock one. So I'm, I'm definitely interested in that, starring Keanu Reeves. Well, like we said before, it better be good because there's a lot of jokes to follow. Knock Knock. <laughs> yeah. Especially about Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, he is the best actor ever. So. Well, until and Ted, at least. Yeah, I don't really have a beef with him, so let's just move on. Uh, Duncan, did that, you just know that you left European's greatest leader in San Dimas? He was a dick. <laughs> <laughs> greatest greatest role ever. Yep. So uh, New Line Cinema is officially, I guess, kind of unofficially 
announcing what The Conjuring 2 is about. And apparently it's going to be the Enfield Poltergeist. So it's not the Amityville Horror. It is going to be the Enfield story. So Wait, did you say New Line? Yeah. Isn't it a Warner Brothers movie? Uh, New Line and Warner Brothers are the same. One and the same these days, bud. Oh. Come on, man. Get with the fucking times. <laughs> Merging, Because I'm looking Emerging. at the back and I don't see New Line. So. Oh, yeah, never mind. <laughs> they'd, be, they'd be merging it's not on the slipcase you fucking yeah. assholes um so yeah it, it's I, I did a little looking into this and it's set in england 1977 um it's a family it's kind of similar to like the amityville case where there's like a lot of young uh like you know 9 10 11 you know uh year old kids and you know the family and they're experiencing some kind of you know paranormal activity um, so yeah, that's what this one's going to be about. The the Warrens, right? The Warrens yep. going to head over to England and solve the case, like the, the Scooby Doo and shit. Uh, this one's going to come out June tenth of two thousand sixteen. So look forward so to Conjuring two. Yeah, so it is definitely is. But you know, that, that's a heavy hitter, man. I, I think just on name value, that thing's going to bring in a lot of cash. Sweet. Um, Actually, doesn't sound too bad. Yeah, you know. I, I mean, a lot of people was hoping that they were going to do the Amityville case because it's probably their most um, iconic oh, yeah. case that they've done was like the Amityville mm-hmm. one. So, um, but they have like so many different stories that they could tell, I guess, and from from you know their alleged experiences. Um, so after that, we have Tales from the Dark Side. We have finally got our wish, and a pilot has been ordered from the CW. For no a reinvention really? of Tales from the Dark Side. Wow. You know what? Oh, I, I kind of scanned over the email I got the other day, but someone had mentioned, or I got an email from them saying it was, they, you know, are rebooting it because of our podcast. So I guess I probably should have looked into that email. I, I believe I did I feel like a see different that, that now. was in the press release, but. Um, Where's our paychecks? Fuck, that is such good news. It's about fucking time that they. Oh, anthology show. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah, now watch it not be an anthology. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> Piss uh, off moods, he'll rage But I mean, so it, it, it's a possibility. It's a possibility, but uh, I think that they'll continue with the um, the tradition of the anthology show. I mean, don't you guys think? Yeah. Yeah, probably. I hope so. God, I hope so. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't see what else you could do with it, but um, that that's pretty cool. I would love. We've kind of been asking for that with all this TV horror. It's kind of a shame well, that it, there's not a. It completely a makes anthology. sense. It makes sense to have the anthology show because there is no anthology shows on. Yeah, you know, yeah. well, so, Andrew's like planning some. Isn't like, uh, yeah, some I think wasn't it Scream Queen show supposed yeah. to be an anthology, yeah, which I sure. think is also from the CW. Okay, I that was Fox. It might be. It might be. You're right. I'm pretty sure it's Fox. Ooh, that's not good, though. <laughs> Ariana Grande, come on. But yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> hopefully if Tales from the Dark Side does good, we might see another Tales hit the, hit the air. You mm, know I, mean? I don't know about that. We'll see. Well, it's oh, been, they've, they've had, there's been, there has been rumblings about it in the past. Like people, there were articles that came out that said, you know, they were looking to reboot the Tales from the Crypt crypt series on hbo so never know never know oh that would be a dream yeah uh after that we have some news regarding adam wingard 
who of course was the director of A Horrible Way to Die, VHS, You're Next, and I believe he recently did a film called The Guest. Fucking awesome. That would have been on my list last year, but it's not really horror, so I couldn't have it on there. So he is teaming up with Lionsgate to direct The Woods. Um, apparently this, uh, he's going to be working with his longtime collaborator, uh, Simon Barrett. That's an original title. Oh God. I, I don't know if you guys saw me shaking my head and grabbing my face, but, uh, really the woods, when you search that there's going to be 4,000 movies that come up. <laughs> it's the, it's a bad title. The woods. There's so many movies in the woods. I think a lot come of on. titles are bad nowadays though, because there's just, there's just. <laughs> I mean that is so generic. Yeah, it's pretty. It's shitty. like why not? Why not just? Why not just be funny? Name your name your fucking film tree. Yeah, <laughs> I mean tree. Well, not we, even the tree. Tree. Just fucking throw it out there. Tree. Fuck we, woods. I don't think that's even a bad title. Tree. Like I mean, if they could come up with like Passion of the Crust, no. I think they would be able to come up with a more original title. Well, we never know. They could do that. I mean, we see titles changed as early as when the film gets released on Blu-ray with uh, Late Phases. I believe they changed that title recently before it hit Blu-ray. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. And I like typed in Late Phases when I was trying to order it from Amazon. He told me it was cheap. And I'm like, the fuck? I'm like looking at the cover. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I'm like, oh, it's changed. <laughs> I, I think it actually <laughs> makes sense. I forgot, man. Like, I, I think that that was smart to change the title of Late Phases. I've seen a lot of people like kind of mocking it. But I, w- I almost missed out on that film completely because I didn't know. Like, somebody was saying something about a film called Late Phases. And I didn't think Werewolf at all. I just like Late Phases. It sounds like some sort of like alien abduction film or something. Um, and it just was like off my radar until I seen it pop up on somebody's top ten list. I was like, late. Fa- oh, it's a werewolf film. So I think t- you know, letting people mm-hmm. know what they're dealing with kind of helps a little bit. Because when somebody says there's By a the way, really I- good werewolf film, I want to check it out because there's not that many really good werewolf films that come out nowadays. Yeah, I think there was a couple last year actually. Was late phases was one. Where was really good as was, well. Uh, Almost uh, made my top ten. Where was good. And I think there was another one. That wasn't even the one I was thinking of. I didn't see either one, but there was another one too. Was it Wolves? I think there yeah, was one called Wolves. Yeah, I heard that one's not very good though. Okay, maybe that's not the one. I was thinking of another one. But anyways, yeah, I think last year was kind of an exceptional year for Wolf werewolf Cop? films. It's very. Oh yeah, Wolf God. How the fuck did I forget about Wolf God? Totally. But that's not the one I was thinking of. So it wasn't really. It was a decent year. There was more than I thought of. Yeah, it seems like every couple of years there's there's like this like. Um, you know, resurgence of, of certain subgenres, yeah, right? <laughs> or you know, zombies or whatever it is. Um, so that was cool. Where were and and late phases was definitely a unique take on the werewolf genre. More were was just like the mythology of the werewolf genre. Like it really kind of added a new level to it. Something we that's surprising for like a universal released film. Yeah, right. So like they add something completely different. Like I think you guys are really gonna like where that one was definitely really. Cool. Um, now, late phases was better in my opinion, but it doesn't really establish like new mythology or anything or try anything different. But it just was a really cool, interesting story that we haven't seen done with the werewolves before. So it's one of those werewolf films that has all the elements of a werewolf film just done properly. Yeah, yeah. It, it's you know? essentially your standard werewolf film, but because we're following the lead character who is blind, it makes it extremely different and, and interesting. That's how, it, that's how I thought with – yeah, I love when films are like that though. Like you know, they, they, kind of, they kind of project and you know, they have all this – they don't bring a lot of new stuff to the game. But they do have all the elements there that makes up that subgenre film what it is and they do it properly. You yeah. know? 
I like that though, man. I mean, it was kind of like with Billy Club last year. I thought that was a very exceptional slasher film that came out. It's not like overly amazingly original. You know, uh-huh. it has a it has a cool story. It has a really cool story, but it's you know it's been done. But uh, you know, the killer's badass, weapons badass, the kills are cool, and you know, yeah, it has all. It kind of reminded me a bit of like Silver Bullet in terms of like it's just a unique werewolf film. Like our characters like in a wheelchair. This guy's blind and he's old. Mm-hmm. So that it was just kind of like that, you know, young in a wheelchair and blind and old. It's just kind of, <laughs> I just goes I like peas in a pie. I was yeah. stoked though too because I actually, you know, when you told me about late phases being on Amazon for cheap uh, for pre order or whatever, I actually got that deal. Really, I got it for ten. I got it for nice. ten, or it's still on there for ten. So, yeah, who's I releasing mean, it? I'm not actually. I can't remember. But the thing was, it's not available in Canada. It's another. I don't know. Some Canada has a problem with werewolf films apparently because we're not available here. It's like a bunch. You can't even get fucking Wolf Cop here for fuck's sake. And it's actually Canadian. I don't think you can get um, it down here either, though. It's, it has a release date now. Actually, yeah. it just got announced here in Canada too. But uh, um, yeah, I don't know what the fucks with werewolf films in Canada, man. But I was just surprised to get it for that deal. So pick it up if you haven't, folks. It's cheap right now. All right. So after that, we have – oh, wait. Did I ever even finish what I was saying about uh, Adam Wingard news? <laughs> <laughs> you know how we were talking about the wood. No, it's just woods. Or something. Yeah, You're the worst so, for going off on a different direction every time. I guess they're planning to shoot in the spring. Um, it's about a group of college students on a camping trip who discover they are not alone. Sounds like good horror to me. Um, so we'll see what Mr. Wingard comes up with for that film. Uh, after that, we have IFC. They acquired uh, Guillermo Amato's The Stranger, which was Eli Roth produced. Um, this one, I guess, it, it has like a big lengthy talk about how it's going to be a slow burn character driven this and that and building tension and stuff like that. But the plot is basically... Uh, about a family with a legacy with a legacy that we pass on to our children and the lengths they will go to to protect and ensure survival no matter how dark and deadly it might become kind of sounds like uh some hamiltons or something like that to me mm-hmm. uh yeah so that's coming out from ifc i guess uh, after that we have scream factory they teamed up with uh ifc to release the babadook and it's kind of a um, interesting. There's two versions of it. One um, is available on Scream Factory's website for pre-order. It's still only twenty one ninety nine or whatever, but it comes with a pop up book. Like yeah. the the slipcover is a pop up book, which is really cool because it's relevant to the film completely. Um, so that that that's a really cool release. I'm excited to get that. That comes out April fourteenth, and it does it does have different special features, I believe. So. Um, definitely go for that edition. I believe there's not. Oh, that's I, I awesome. think they're only producing a certain amount of the slipcovers, though. So uh, definitely get on that. Get your pre-order on. Yeah, I, I'm scared. I'm scared right now because I want to pre-order from Amazon, but you know, with You're my luck, like they'll be grade. like, "Oh, it ships in six to fucking twelve weeks or something," and it's gonna be like, "Oh, sorry, there is none." There's See no if you can covers. pre-order from Shout directly. See how that works out for you. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I think I will because I, I do want the pop up. I love those little gimmick things, but you know, it, even though it's yeah, relevant, like Hobo with it's... the shotgun, you asshole. <laughs> yeah, that's those like pop up covers wanted, are fucking great. It's like my most wanted item. Fucking the Prana one's the awesome too. Yeah, yeah, I like the Prana one. ones. But um, yeah, that's cool. I didn't know it had different special features. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, I actually I did not know that. So well, yeah, the news is awesome for something. 
Yeah, so that's definitely <laughs> a really, really cool item right there. After that, we have Shout Factory grabs blood-sucking bastards. Now, they didn't officially announce this, but they did <laughs> confirm it. Um, and they say – listen to this quote, guys. Tell me this isn't shitty. Described as an office space meets Shaun of the Dead in this action-packed vampire comedy. Oh, God. Oh, it's a vampire? Oh. oh. <clears throat> moods, you're going to have to buy it. I just fucking gagged. Seriously, that it's like just Shaun of the that Dead. me up. <coughs> uh, man, I'm not a big fan. Honestly, I find that you know vampire comedies are almost like most of them are worse to me than you know zomcoms for some yeah, reason. I, There's I, something about vampire yeah. comedies. I just oh my god, I did one on Body Bags, you know, a couple months back. It was Vampire Party, and it was fucking. I think it was a it, it it is a French film. It's from France, and uh, man, dude, I don't know Not if it's the, I don't know if it's the their type of comedy or the translation or whatever. But man, that movie was irritating. I'm I'm just like oh vampire vampire comedies not fucking not, <laughs> not working for me man not yeah. working man I'll, at I'll all. I'll let you on that, but I mean honestly, I think the description sounds awful. We'll see though. We'll see. Um, after that, we have another announcement from Scream Factory. This one is called uh, Gun Woman, and yeah. it's like foreign contemporary. Fuck yeah. Uh, it looks pretty cool, but. Um, yeah, it looks pretty cool. I don't know, man. It was like a surprise announcement. I'm down for that. I'm, I've am i heard nothing but good things, man. Tom Horsball had this one nominated for a bunch of uh, horny awards. Oh, really? So he's seen, oh, yeah, he has the import of it, and he, he actually recommended it to me a few times, and I was like, well. You know, I was actually it's funny, man. I'm glad I didn't import it now because I was going to yeah. import that with a couple other ones and they got announced by Screen Factory. I'm like, what the fuck? Crazy. So when I saw that announcement, I almost shit. I was like, that's crazy. You but rock hard. Apparently, it's really fucking good. And I've heard from quite a few people. I watched, uh, you know, a couple of people talk about it. So that's exciting that they're picking up these contemporary titles that are really kind of, you know, mm-hmm. creating buzz like the Babadook and. I was, cool, I was really surprised that they partnered with IFC to release the Babadook because because that is just that that's that's such a heavy hitter title like that that won so many awards this year. Yeah. Even though I personally didn't think it was you know the best film of the year, obviously, but it definitely was. I I kind of liking it to the Conjuring, the same feeling I had on the Conjuring last year. It was a huge film, you know. Obviously, different levels. This one's more independent. Conjuring was like a big studio film, but everybody loved the Conjuring. Yeah, it was like on everybody's number one list. When I brought but, it up, when I was like, "Oh yeah," my my professor's like, "Oh, what was good in 2014?" I was like, "Well, that's kind of a shitty year." But like eight people said, "What about the bottom book?" I was like, "Huh." Yeah. It's kind yeah. of like. Like the mainstreams. Well, it depends what you said. Like we talked about this before, 2014 was actually a fantastic. I thought it was a great. No, I'm saying for mainstream wise. Oh, exactly. That's how. That's what I'm saying. Like there's two different parts of this conversation. Yeah, I should have rephrased it better. Yeah, I I keep hearing people tell me all the time, like 2014 was an awful year for horror films. Like, how do you watch that many movies? And I'm like, I'm like, man, seriously, they're not mainstream. There's a lot. There's a different world of films out there, guys. Oh yeah. So, oh no. Mainstream. But uh, yeah. I don't know that conversation. I've had way too many times in the last couple months, so yeah, I'm just like I'm tired of it. So yeah, um, that that's pretty cool that they're releasing that. And finally, I believe Kino announced like Needful Things and Deranged. I think I've seen that as well. God, Kino has been on a fucking tear for announcements right now, yeah, though. Like they just like announced like yeah, Madhouse today. today. 
like Vincent Price's Madhouse. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, I almost shit when I saw that, man. It's one I've been wanting to import from the UK forever. Glad I held off again. I'm, I'm starting to take JP's advice and just kind of wait some of these films out because yeah. they are getting announced. But Kino has been just fucking killing it with the releases. Like, I've wanted, I mean, this is a little off topic with horror, but, um, you know, Revenge of the Ninja and Enter the Ninja and stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, they did announce those things. You know, they're not horror films. You but forgot they, one more thing, JP. They're fucking great films, and I'm just like, oh, God. So, what's, uh, what, what else? did I leave out? Uh, Shell Factory TV. Oh, Shell Factory TV. Yeah, I read that today. So, yeah. so what is that? Just like an on-demand thing? Yeah, it's like, like full moon screening. Free? But is yeah. it free? It's free. Yeah. So, so I, the- I mean, that's pretty cool. Like, they, I seen they had like scanners two and three up on there, but essentially, <laughs> it's just their shout titles. Yeah. But in their screen titles, but I didn't it's read that free, part. It's free. It's, it's free. literally you just go to the website and start streaming films. Yeah. Crazy. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't even read that part. I just assumed it was a, like a Netflix or no, it's a, free. a full moon type streaming. Wow, that's really cool. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So it does it doesn't cost you four hundred and ninety seven dollars shipping? Nope. Hopefully Pee Wee's on to it. get an so online JP can watch it and service. I will not watch it. I will not. <laughs> Come on. I'm not watching it. Just watch one. <laughs> I episode. hate that fucking show. It's stupid. You're stupid. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Doyle Let's get rules. Doyle rules. <laughs> And that is it for the nearly two hours that we're into this show. For the oh my god, that's, that's, that's good. Jeremy, good. shut we the fuck it. up! You're talking too much. You you prolong the show. Look at two hours. We're not even at mood swings yet. God, it's always the juice fault every time. It is always the juice fault. Um, all right. So moving along into mood swings, and uh, first thing up for mood swings is the releases. And I'm gonna go back to the releases from February 3rd because there was some notable releases that uh, I figure that we should probably cover. Um, I think we could go back another week, but there's only a couple. But I'm gonna go back to February 3rd. Some notable ones: we got Dracula Untold came out on DVD and Blu-ray for the people that are interested. Me personally, I don't have a lot of interest in it, even though I've heard some people say it's decent, you know, blah, blah, blah. But maybe one of these days I'll get around to seeing it. I don't know what you guys think about this one. No, I do know what you guys think about this. I'm just joking. Um, But uh, I don't know, man. Honestly, that cover is just fucking terrible. I hate the the art on the DVD and Blu-rays. You guys see this yet? For Dracula, I'm told? Yeah. Yeah, I seen a still book at Walmart. I was like, "Who the hell?" Uh, I, I, I'm uh, just not it, a fan of those over stylized like monster Universal yeah, films. Like, it just I don't like that style of of horror. It's it's barely horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree, and uh, yeah, it doesn't appeal to me. But anyways, another notable one from February third is uh, Ouija or or Woj, Woj, however the Shitty. fuck it's Ouija, dude. We, I always say Ouija, but anyways, that's how I'm going to say it. Um, DVD, Blu-ray. Um, I've heard nothing but bad things. I actually haven't heard anyone say that they really cared for this film. Um, it does intrigue me because it is a Ouija board. I, I like anything to do with Ouija's and you know that type of shit. But this one, I don't I'll know. remind man. you when you come here in April to show you my mom's. My mom's has like one from 1940. <laughs> that's gangster, man. And we oh, haven't shit. taken it. We like don't take it out because it's bad vibes. But it's like it's in a <laughs> It's in her dresser, like it's like, it's probably worth quite a bit of money. Well, if it's from the, the early 1940s, that is a bad time for Jews. I mean, <laughs> what the fuck does a Ouija and Jews have anything to do with anything? I'm just relating death to Ouija, and you know, okay. Anyways, we'll it's move badass. on. Badass. Um, 
ABC's of Death 2 came out <laughs> on DVD and Blu-ray. Speaking apparently. of death, ABC's of Death 2. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of death, ABC's of Death 2. Um, I know I've heard a lot of people say that they didn't like this, Jeremy included. Oh. I've also heard people say that they really enjoyed this. So now I'm curious. Um, I am going to check it out because I need to judge it for myself. But uh, yeah, ABC's of Death 2 on DVD and Blu-ray. We've got Stary Eyes, which was on numerous top 10, 20, 30 lists of last year. Um, yeah, my copy did not ship yet, <laughs> of course. So I have not seen it yet, but that's on DVD and Blu-ray. Heard good things. Uh, another film I've been really intrigued about is Exists. Huh. Um, yeah, this one right here, I, I've seen on tons of lists from last year, which is pretty interesting. Uh, this one was released by who the fuck released it? Lionsgate, I believe. Um, I don't know. Does it look intriguing to you guys? Because it does to me. I think it looks cool. From the director of the Blair Witch Project, I know JP is <laughs> all over that. He's like Blair Witch. Yeah, I I'm mean, jumping aboard. I, I I do like Blair Witch, but I also, you know, that was from Eduardo Sanchez, correct? Yeah. Did, did he do? Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. actually done some decent films. Uh, you know, Believers, which I've been telling Moods to check out for a while, was an awesome, like, cult-type film. Oh, is that it's the so one with, like, the guys with the bald head on the cover? I believe so. I believe yeah. so. It, it's, it's so funny, too. I've had that DVD in my collection for so long, and I just haven't gotten around Warner to Brothers it. put that movie I, should I come across just, it all the time. You should just watch it. You know? Yeah, you should. Actually, you should. All right, so that's Exists. <clears throat> Next up here, we got uh, Demon's Rook. Now, this movie looks fucking gnarly. I actually had this pre-ordered, of course. We was going to cover this on the show, but Moods didn't want to. Oh. Uh, no, it's not that. I mean, <laughs> I'm just kidding. We actually wouldn't have been able to do it because, you know, it still hasn't even shipped. And it actually says shipping <laughs> in two to five weeks. The day it came out, it did the same thing to me as usual. The Fuck cover looks ha- really throwback. I've heard good things from it. I've A heard. bunch of people just loved it. So That's cool. That's really cool. It does. It looks like a throwback. But, yeah, awesome stuff. And then we got Bleeding Hearts. Um, don't really know much about it. It looks kind of decent, I guess. It's got, I think this is the one with, uh, is this the one with Dustin Diamond in it? No, it's not actually. No, Tony the, Todd. One, the one with Tony Todd. That's the one I'm thinking of. Okay. I know Dustin Diamond was in like some random film re- recently. Uh, Axe to the Grind, another release. Um, this one is released by, shit. Who the fuck is it released by? Midnight. Uh, Midnight. That's why I know the so title. So is Bleeding Hearts. Bleeding Hearts was okay, and then this one cracked me up. Nine oh two one oh shark attack. <laughs> Fuck, did I ever laugh at this title? <laughs> is this real life? This is fucking for real, man. I was like nine oh two one oh. Asylum film. All they're doing is all they're doing is putting some type of area in front of shark attack now and making that film Malibu shark attack, fucking Jersey Shore shark attack, nine oh two one shark attack. Next is going to be Canada shark attack, Jersey Shore which, massacre. All that type of shit. But anyways, that just... It's an asylum film? Man, this cast, like, completely cracked me up, though, too. It's so stupid. Like, um, I'm assuming it's, like... Is Ron Jeremy in there? He has to be in there. No, it's got... He has to be. It's got Brayden from uh, uh, fucking Big Brother. Really? (laughs) This film and shit. Really? Yeah, it does. Like, this season's Brayden? Yeah, last season. Like yeah. hippie Braden? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's fucking hilarious. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to see it just for that. That's <laughs> no, pretty funny. So uh, next up, we've got a double feature here. It's called Remake Rewind. When there's the actually falls. a few of these. I've se- I was looking. There's actually a few of these different um, Remake Rewind fucking releases. 
That's interesting. I think it's funny that they have the remake first and then you got to rewind it to the original. I, I just I, I can't imagine myself watching it in that order. <laughs> you know, like who Holy does that? Shit, this has to be like the worst cover ever for rem- uh, remake oh, for nine hundred two one zero Shark Attack. <laughs> Jeremy stole is, five minutes. Is five. that released by Echo Bridge or the other a, Echo Bridge? Um, I think it's an Asylum film. No, no this is Mill Creek. On to Mill Creek. This oh, so that's the other Echo Bridge. Gotcha. The other Echo Bridge, yeah. And then we got Jurassic City. Oh, yeah. Just in the light of, uh, you I know, know Jurassic, Jurassic, the Jurassic World film, I think, is coming out. Um, yeah, Jurassic City. And then we got Zombie Killers, which uh, I've heard that this movie just is basically a theatrical, or not theatrical, just a film version of uh, The Walking Dead. So that's kind of disappointing. And then we got Scavenger Killers, the director's cut, uh, also released by Midnight, um, which I've heard really good things about. Um, you know, Dave said he gave it a review. I know Steve reviewed it too, and I've heard nothing but good things about that one. So, uh, moving along to the February 10th notable DVD Blu ray releases. Uh, we've got <laughs> the first two here from Screen Factory. Um, I know a lot of people are not excited for these, but uh, we got the double feature of Love at First Bite and Once Bitten coming out on Blu-ray from Screen Factory. And we also have Vampire's Kiss and High Spirits coming out from Screen Factory on Blu-ray. Hey, Moots, you know Brayden was in Brotherhood 2? <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, this show's been going on for too long. I'm starting to say goofy things now. Um, but yeah, so we got those two double features and then we got, uh, don't look now coming out from criterion on Blu-ray and DVD, which is fucking fantastic. That's awesome. That's getting a really good release. Really cool cover art. Yeah. I'm going to get that one at Barnes and Noble sale. Yeah. I'll be grabbing that one later next year too, or this year, next year. Uh, then we've got another one of these Nazi zombie, you know, type films called dead walkers. Fuck man. These are becoming a dime a dozen too, aren't they? You know, Bay Bayview is putting this one out. Day Dead Walkers, and then we've got Frankenstein versus the Mummy. Now, when I first heard this title, I was like, "I don't know, man. That just sounds horrible." But I've been hearing from a lot of people; it's actually pretty entertaining and way better than you think it's going to be. So that's kind of intriguing. Uh, next up, we got uh, Poker Night, released by Macabre. This one uh, looks okay. Um, yeah, I, I've actually already heard mixed opinions on this one it's got a pretty interesting cast but it's coming out on blu-ray too macabre is starting to release a lot more blu-rays which is interesting yeah um, i don't even know any blu-rays they released housebound they Besides released housebound, housebound. Uh, i think that there was like another. an amazon housebound was their first one yeah it's it you can buy it in stores now oh yeah it's on it's in stores i seen it at hv the other day um but yeah poker night coming out cool cover i gotta say and then we got proof of the devil um <laughs> I don't know. This one looks a little generic, to be honest. Uh, I think it's released by like some weird Genesis Distribution. The, the fuck is that? that? I don't know. Just I just don't know. Chances are I probably wouldn't want on their mailing list because that looks <laughs> shitty. <laughs> Pass it over to me. I'll take it. Um, this next one actually, would. this next one cracked me up, man. Legend of Black Annie. I literally laughed out loud by myself. I was like, what? Just that title, Legend of Black Annie. What is like, this? Is it like a Annie horror movie with a black lead? 
Well, this one's released by Maverick, and apparently it's uh, one of those legend type films. I've, apparently, I think the story. I, I kind of read the quick synopsis, and I think it's like like Mary this girl Hatchet. gets killed. This girl gets killed in like the '60s. She's obviously a black girl named Annie. <laughs> Anyways, it's like a, a story type myth thing, and you know, of course, it comes to life, you know, in the present and stuff. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, it's probably super low budget and whatnot, but. It is what it is. Uh, the Beyond, released by Grindhouse Releasings, the three disc version is coming out this Tuesday. I'll oh. pre-order that. Uh, it's so awesome! I cannot wait to see the features and just everything on Can't that. Can't wait because... to see Gone with the Pope too, man. Yeah, that's gonna be great too. Um, but yeah, the Beyond. Fuck. They announced one the of release my, dates. For one of my favorite films of all time, and just what I need another edition of the Beyond in my collection. But it's by Grindhouse, so I can't pass it up. So, yeah, got to do that up and then we got uh, z nation season one i don't know anything about this does anybody know anything about z nation no no because i don't know why I, I th- the- actually i think that's that um it's like sci-fi's version of the walking dead is that what it is okay yeah. i was kind of thinking it looks like it's zombie obviously z nation but yeah um then we got an eight film thriller collection coming out <laughs> dude these things are is just that from mill creek Way too prevalent, man. The, the Echo Bridge. Uh, Echo Bridge is break. And, uh, same shit. Wow. The titles that are on this thing, I'm not even going to get into them. Because if there's, there's like a barcode on the disc, then it's, it's like a notable. shitty company. Nothing notable. Um, next one here, we got Fear Clinic. Um, <laughs> you know, this week has some hit and misses, but this one caught my attention because it has Robert England in it. Of course, Robert England is just whoring himself out, I think, really. Yeah, the last he's movie been, I saw that he was in. He's been doing so many shitty fucking films, and I don't know if it's just a quick cameo in the film. Probably is. He's probably in it for a couple minutes, and of course, this is being released by Anchor Bay. I'll just give a little uh, preview for two weeks. The last showing, three out of ten. Complete <laughs> crap. Robert England. Uh, and then next up, we got uh, Call to Epic's release of Necromantic 2 on DVD and Blu-ray, limited to 5,000 copies. Nope. nope. I'm not sure if it is. I think that's the slipcover that's limited to Yeah, 5, we talked about that, and I think that I think all Call to Epic's is pulling a fast one on us because – Oh, uh, they are big time. They're, yeah. they're, they put that on there to get all the pre-orders up so they get 5,000 quick, and then, yeah. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure that that they're just talking about the artwork. I think five thousand people would buy it anyway. I don't but even it's... know if they're do. But then again, I don't know if it is limited because I haven't heard anything about like like press copies or anything. Like nobody's reviewing this right now. Hmm. Hmm. Um, well, the weird thing is, you know, it shows the Blu-ray with the slipcover, and then it shows the DVD, and then they're the exact same cover art. So I don't fucking know what's going on. Maybe it's just the Blu-ray that's limited to five thousand. I have DVD no is not limited. I don't know. Uh, next up, we got a release called Farm with bonus movies. Ominous evidence of haunting Meadow Woods and Dead Rise. Wow. Is that Echo Bridge? Yeah, or that is Echo Creek, Bridge. The other Echo That's, Bridge. It's Echo Bridge. And then, oh wow, there is an eight film pack <laughs> called Carnival of Horror. Is oh. that Mill Creek? <laughs> that is Echo Bridge. Okay, so it's the other Mill Creek. Yes. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Look at this thing. It's got Secrets of the Clown. Killjoy is that off on there? That's awful. I've watched that before. Killjoy 3. When uh, Puppets and Dolls bad. Attack. The Haunted Casino. Curse the Haunted of the Casino? Pup- wow, it's got Curse yeah, of the Puppet Master on here. Which is probably one of the better Puppet Masters. Wait, what the that's, fuck is the Haunted Casino? That's a full moon film. Oh, really? 
I don't know yeah. Full Moon, so I wouldn't know. Zombies versus strippers. Oh, that's uh, Full Moon. I have uh, that. That's Full Devil moon. Dolls and Dangerous Worry Dolls. All so these is, are Full Moon, except for all... Secrets of a Clown. Yeah, so that's interesting. Which is awful. Surprise. <laughs> There's a lot of interesting carnival movies out hmm. there. That's like yeah, dolls like and Close for the season. Clowns. That one's okay. Oh, wow, this is so weird. Okay, there's a four-movie pack here that's coming out from Echo Bridge. <laughs> the other Mill and Creek. The other Mill Creek, and that's it's called The Four Movie Witches and Warlocks, Bay Coven. Okay, it's got Bay Coven, uh, Witchcraft 13, Blood what? of the Chosen. <laughs> yes, I know. That might be the, the only pendulum. way to get that thing. <laughs> no, there actually is a release of that thing. And The Pit and the Pendulum and Midnight Child. Do you, turn, Child. do you turn it over on the back on the top right? It says, Guaranteed to be in the Hall of Pain, 22 Shots of Moods and Horror. Oh, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> and then the last two here for uh, the releases are from Intervision, and they're, they are two uh, more contemporary Bruno and Ty films called Zombies, The Beginning, and Island of the Living Dead, which I am fucking stoked for. Yeah. And they did not ship. <laughs> so, uh, what the fuck? You've been in have bad luck lately. Oh, God. Like what oldies I... and... Dude, my next update's going to be like seven minutes. It's going to be seven minutes. Not a You say that now. Four, yeah. four weeks later. Three hours <laughs> later. So... But yeah. I mean, not... I mean, honestly, this Tuesday, there's a lot of decent releases coming out. And some bad ones. But there's a lot of notable ones. Mm -hmm. So, not a bad week, though. Gotta say. Yeah. Alrighty. Mill Creek's really been putting out those releases. Yeah, Mill Creek. Like oh. every week, it's like eighteen Echo double packs. Yeah, I mean, they just both, both of those companies out. are in because like they they've had so many different releases with crossover. To, it's just insane, dude. Yeah. And you know, Mill Creek or the other Echo Bridge, whatever you want to call it, like it it drives me crazy because they're just over flooded with crap films I just want to find funeral home damn it keep bringing that movie up yeah that was actually on a list that i had for screen factory to pick up and release a blu-ray of yeah because you know that's it's a, a, that's a niche it's, movie it, it it's a cool film and it just i feel like no one's seen it because it doesn't really have any good releases so that's kind of it's disappointing but you know it goes for like a million releases i'd love to see that's vhs Want to see a Robicide get released so bad, uncut. Uh, but anyways, that's a whole other conversation. Uh, JP, do we got some uh, some VMs? We do have some voicemails. We actually have four. And if you remember the last time we did a show, I believe oh, Brandon said that, "Hey guys, call in because you know it's awesome." Uh, we actually had have I believe maybe two time two first time callers. Or at least, uh, you know, people who don't call all the time. So first up is this voicemail. Hey, guys. Uh, this is uh, Ron from Wisconsin. Uh, just calling to say that uh, keep up the great work with the show. Love listening to it. And uh, my question or questions for you this week are uh, double features. Uh, I was wondering uh, what your guys' thoughts are or personal favorites are as far as double feature releases. Like, uh, what are your top five Blu-ray double feature releases and your top five DVD double feature releases? Mm. Uh, as far as me, uh, probably my all-time favorite uh, Blu-ray double feature right now would have to be the 
Terrorvision and Video Dead release. And uh, as far as uh, DVD, um, I'm kind of liking the uh, Dr. Fives, Dr. Fives Rises Again from the old MGM Midnight Movie Series. So, anyhow, guys take care. Keep up the great work. Thanks. Okay, thank you, Ron from Wisconsin. I like when people say who they are and where they're from. They Ron from Wisconsin, you have some good beer, and I hope you are enjoying the laser disc that I sent. I, I thought it, I thought his comment was going to be a lot more cheesy. Oh, <laughs> come on, come on! That was fun. That was fun. <clears throat> no, thank you, Ron from Wisconsin. That was awesome. Um, you have good beer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So right away, I actually started watching the uh, Terrorvision Video Dead double feature last night. Oddly enough, and honestly, I think it might be the greatest double feature ever made. Like even terms in terms of like the two films that they picked, both of them have to do with like video and TV and stuff, and the theme, the jingles on the menu. Like, dude, it is an awesome double feature. That is, it's like that Terrorvision song just plays in your heads like the whole time. Now you understand why it is my all-time favorite and why I rave about this all the time and watch it all the time and post about it all the time and talk about it all the time. <laughs> right? And this stick is it up why, your butthole all This the is time. why I wear a Video Dead hoodie. I love those two movies. And it, it's so good. And it's in my opinion, it might like it might even be the best double feature. It's it's awesome. Not only because, you know, the films are they work perfectly together, but the fucking thing is like packed full of features and shit too. It's really cool. PQs are great, man. I mean, give me a break. Terrorvision looks fucking phenomenal. It does. It, it does. really does. And what they did with the video dead is if you ever seen the video dead before that release, you'd be like, Oh my God, mm-hmm. that movie is phenomenal looking now. Like yeah, that, dude, that was I, a highly have, bootlegged film. I used to have an old bootleg VHS of it, and I also have a hard box from Germany. The PQ is shit on that DVD. It's a legit release, obviously, it's a hard box, but it, it's fucking terrible. It's like VHS quality. It's terrible. And every every time, every time I've ever seen that film look like shit, and I'm, I'll never forget when I popped in that Blu-ray, and I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. How did they do that? I bet you that's what people felt like with Nightbreed, though. And it was in widescreen, too, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, because I've seen like what Nightbreed looked like. Yeah, and it looked yeah. like total asshole, like literally worse than VHS. It was bad. And to see what it looks like now, it's like, how do they do that? That's yeah. insane. Yeah. Uh, such a great double feature, man. Uh, love it. But, you know, to answer your question, that is actually mine. I've posted on the group page many times about how that's my favorite double feature um, ever. It's it's my go-to, man. And, and when I'm in doubt, don't feel like watching something I haven't seen before. I just throw on that. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm the wrong person to ask because I don't like double features. Everyone knows that. I, I like double features that are set up as, like, themed. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I like the Terrorvision Video Dead one so much. I just like the idea of, of both of those films having to do with a similar theme. And, you know, they just fit really well. Like, my idea of a good double feature is something that I actually want to watch back-to-back because they are, like, you know, it's a themed night. Mm-hmm. It's like you you get home, you watch two films back-to-back. They're kind of similar. Reminds me of, like, a drive-in double feature or something. So I like that. That's why, you know, I watched both um, – Terrorvision and Video Dead back to back because that's what I wanted to do because that's I feel like it works best that way. Um, now another thing I'll say is 
Grindhouse. Probably one of the best double features there is. I saw that in theaters, man. It was probably the, one of the best. And I've seen a lot of films in the theaters. And that was one of the, definitely one of the most unique experience I had in a theater seeing that film. It was very, uh, very strange and interesting and extremely I actually, enjoyable. I actually saw that in the in the theater too, and it was cool because you got the the, yeah. you know, the trailers in between, and, and the lights like would that. come out, and people would go out and go in. It's just interesting. It was really you know, cool. You know what's fucking crazy, man? That movie was marketed so interesting because it, it brought in a lot of people to the theater that didn't really know what they were getting themselves into. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember watching the film and watching maybe thirty people walk out during Death Proof, saying it was the worst piece of shit they'd ever seen. The quality was horrible, That's, and I was like, "Yeah, a lot of people fucking, didn't." See, get pe- those people were missing the fucking point yeah. here. Yeah. And then a bunch of people walked out in the trailer saying, "What the fuck? These trailers are the worst pieces of shit ever. They'll never. They, these movies are going to be so bad." I'm like, "They're fucking fake." Death they're Proof fucking is idiots. fucking awesome. Come on. And then, and then fucking uh, Planet Terror starts playing. And but I swear to God, me and the wife were the only ones left in that theater. <laughs> it was crazy how many people walked out of this thing. And I was like, are you f-? I walked out. I honestly it was embarrassing for Aaron because I had a boner. It was so fucking good. It's I was awesome. Pitching a tent. It was so good, man. I, I loved it. It was so great. It, it definitely was a interesting cinematic experience. Yeah. I've never watched um, them on you know DVD as a double feature because I have the the extended cuts on DVD and they're separate and they don't you know you gotta watch yeah, them separate I have, but I don't actually have the which Blu-ray. has both of them and I did that when I watched them it was a, it was a hike but mm-hmm. um, you know what I you know I, I found this question pretty interesting because something that I do um, or at least I used to do a lot when I was a kid was I would create theme nights like I would watch two films like I'd try to rent films that were very similar when I went to the video stores and stuff like that for example um, the, I think the last one I remember doing was Ginger Snaps and Dog Soldiers both like this modern werewolf interesting werewolf uh, combination and I've always kind of liked trying to create my own double features for you know watching back to back at night mm-hmm and there's Fuck. there's really tons of films, you know, dogs and like breed the breed or something, you know. Like, I just like doing that. It's really fun for me. I know what you mean, man. You know, this this question comes up at a an interesting time because you watched the double feature of Terrorvision and the Video Dead last night, and oddly enough, I watched the double feature of the MGM release of uh, Poltergeist two and three last night, back to back, and honestly. That was great. That was a great three hours. I really enjoyed why I hadn't seen the sequels in so fucking long. And the reason why I did that is because I picked up, I upgraded my Poltergeist uh, Blu-ray <laughs> DVD to Blu-ray and, uh, and watched it. And it just set me in the mood. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to, I'm going to watch some older films. I got a lot of new films here. I haven't watched it. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to check out these sequels. And it was a great double feature. You know, I mean, for the people out there that all, I, the Poltergeist sequels seem to get shit on a lot. I don't know why. Yeah, they're not too bad. They're not actually as bad as people make them out to. They're actually, in fact, quite entertaining. And the effects are fun. And they're fun fucking movies, man. I, no problem with them. But I would like to see... Well, why didn't we talk about the fucking trailer, man? Um, oh, I don't I don't watch them. That's why. I don't watch trailers anymore. Yeah, but that's kind of news. Uh, but, well, uh, I mean, what are we going to say? A trailer came out? And then I'll be like, I didn't see it. Moods, did you see it? I I actually it piqued my interest enough because I just finished watching all three films, so I yeah. did I, I did check out the trailer. 
Uh, there was things in the trailer that I thought were quite interesting. The clown looked creepy as fuck. Oh, yeah. The little girl actually, well, doesn't technically look like, you know. Carol Ann. Carol Ann from the original, but she's got the same haircut and stuff, which I thought was interesting. But they didn't call her Carol Ann. No, but, uh, you know, it's very rare that I'll watch a trailer. People but, uh, had a boner from it, and I didn't understand why people were so hard about it. I will admit I didn't think it was as bad as you thought it was, but I didn't think it was bad. But I don't I have see to, why I have people to, had such a boner towards. I it. have to say, it doesn't look like a kids' movie. That's for sure. Yeah, that well, that's PG. good. That's what we want, right? No, it it actually looked. Pre- I was like, it's wow, watching dark. it going, fuck that movie looks major dark for a PG, you know, film. It's PG thirteen. <clears throat> it oh, it is PG thirteen. Yeah. Okay, that's one thing I did like about the Poltergeist. I I'm always want to say poultry guys because fucking trauma uh, <laughs> poultry guys films is that, you know, they maintain that PG 13 status throughout the three films and they, they no, no, they, the original it, series is PG. The remake is PG 13 is the first one PG. Oh yeah. yeah. Because it came out with P- Yeah. P- there was no PG 13 or else there was no PG 13. There was no PG 13 for, I think two more years after that. Yeah. It got reissued as PG 13 though. So you can still kind of call it PG. Cause psycho is rated R for some. That's right. Because it even says on the back of the Blu-ray, I think PG 13, but anyways, um, but it has that perfect level of like kid and like, you know, it's perfectly rated as PG 13, those films. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some interesting gore and there's some scare moments. It, like, honestly, watching the poultry, the, the, <laughs> the poltergeist sequels as a kid, dude, they would be terrifying. Man. I remember some seeing of the, the first shit that's going on in those. It's like, fuck, man, you're, you're watching, like eight years old. Yeah, I remember watching the first poltergeist when I was like eight or nine. That film scared the living fuck out of me, especially the bat, uh, the swimming pool part at the end of the first one. That scared oh, yeah. the shit out of me, man. Yeah. That movie's fucking scary if you're young. Yeah, Sorry, man. Got it, they managed to have like a pool part in like every film. It's kind of weird, actually, now when I think about it. But yeah, I mean, part three gets shit on a lot, but I actually really enjoy it. I think it's fun. The setting's cool. But I don't know how we get the fuck we got talking about. Oh, double features, Poltergeist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're the um, king of tangents. <laughs> oh, I, I really am. But anyways, the point was is that I did watch that one last night. It was the most recent double feature that I've checked out in a long time. And I do recommend that. And it's something I would love to see Screen Factory actually release as a double feature, considering it is an MGM. Why? Well, I think that they still own it. I don't know. But uh, JP would probably know better than I would. But um, Well, there's already a legit release of part two so but maybe there's maybe a they, legit maybe they release just... of mad max exactly oh yeah i didn't think about that why right. the fuck are they releasing mad max it's so weird I know. it's a tentpole dude it's a tentpole yeah. but that's the whole thing it's like you know they probably still have the rights just release the double feature that would be a one i would be seriously constrained i mean getting up and having to flip the disc i was like well, God, it's I'm a laser disc god i'm fucking lazy <laughs> I'm like, well, I have to get up to grab a beer. No, I don't have to get get up to grab a beer. It's right next to my fucking couch. And you wouldn't <laughs> so, like Laserdisc, man. No, but like I, I would get love up six to, times. I have to admit, the double feature for Polter Poltergeist two and three, um, the quality's fantastic. They look really good. They're both in great widescreen and fuck, they look great. So I'd love to see a Blu-ray new features. The the, the DVD releases like bare bones and shit. But I do recommend that one. That's the whole conversation here was coming down to <laughs> me recommending that double feature. I actually highly think it's pretty cool. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so after that, um, I guess you know I, I love double features. I hope that um, we see like more themed ones, and um, you know I like making them as well. I'd like to actually sit down and create a few, you know, ideas like, hey guys, watch these two films together. It's really a good time. It's a good um, show. So maybe idea. I'll do that. Double, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna call that show double feature. 
Yeah. Uh, speaking of double features, next week we will be doing the My Bloody Valentine remake and original. Just throwing that out there. Seemed like which we've attempted right. one time and lost one of the best conversations of all fucking time. <laughs> yeah. Which sucks. Yep. But all right, on to the next voicemail. Hey guys, Paul Henderson calling here from Calgary, Alberta. Uh, just calling in, tell you guys I love the show. It's awesome. Been listening since episode one. Uh, I got a question for you. Uh, if you were executive producer on your first movie, who would you get to direct it? What genre of horror would it be? And name four actors slash actresses that you would like to star in your movie. Anyway, keep up the great work, guys. Uh, peace. Wow, he's phoning from my neck of the woods. Yeah, from Canada. Interesting. Yeah. He's right. From he's Alberta. next to me. I go to Calgary all the time for training. So, Paul, next time I'm in Calgary, uh, let's hook up. Is that because where I always cheap? I honestly have lots of time when I'm there. And, yeah, we can chill if you want. Is it cheap? Have some beers. Episode one, guys. He's been Calgary's listening since way episode cheaper. one. Jeremy Calgary. hasn't even been listening since episode one. Fuck you. Cal- <laughs> Calgary is way cheaper than here. Um, <clears throat> well, kind of. Oh, there he's got to rip on the Jew for the you third time. I like this question. Yeah, yeah. This was a fun one to, to, to think over. Um, I think there's a few different directions you could go with it. Um, Modes, you want to go first? This one's yeah, fun. I'll go first. Um, basically, I, I didn't want, really want to overthink this because it, it, when I start overthinking a question like this, um, we would not even be recording right now. <clears throat> I'm not lying because <laughs> uh, I'm bad for that. But uh, if I was an executive producer, who would I pick to direct my film? Now, I, I kind of I didn't pick my director right away. I picked the you know the um, basically the synopsis to my film. I came up with something really quick. And then I picked a director that I would like to see direct this type of film. And basically what it came down to, my director is going to be Ty West. Interesting. I don't want Ty West to to actually write this film. Ah, interesting as well. Yeah. um, I basically conjured up an interesting blend. Um, This would be weird. So directing my film is going to be Ty West. The writer is going to be David Cronenberg. Um. I love David Cronenberg. It's not just because he's Canadian. And ironically enough, the question is coming from Canada, you know, David Cronenberg. Um, but I love David Cronenberg's writing. He's a great writer. Uh, but um, I don't know, man. We'll see. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I thought the I thought the mashup would be interesting. Um, for actors, basically who I came up with this. And, well, I'll give it like a quick little premise of what the film is supposed to be. So I wanted to do something like, you know, an adaptation, like a fictional adaptation of Edgar Allan Poe's life. So basically the the premise of this film would be Edgar Allan Poe, you know, is this aspiring writer. He's a writer. And, uh, you know, he gets all of his inspiration from certain areas it's always been you know the question has always been where the fuck does Edgar Allan Poe get his all all his ideas from man that guy's got a mastermind real life secret experiences you know and it's like man dude that guy has some really insane ahead of his time type stories and shit like that 
Well, the thing with Edgar Allan Poe in my story is that he is actually, you know, he's a he, he's a, like a real life serial killer. He like not just a serial killer, you know, but he practices a lot of different type of things and he basically writes on his practices. He's like the first jigsaw. He really is. You know, so he goes out and kills people, he does certain things and he created all of his stories from his personal experiences. Now, the thing with my story is that it's going to be not just only that he's, you know, aspiring writer, you know, practicing these type of things. He's also caught in like a love triangle. So you're going to have a lot of things going on. Um, but there's also a lot of fucked up things going on in his hometown with the people that are involved in, in that are running this town. So my characters and the people that are involved in this film are going to be David Long, which the reason why I picked David Long is because I just was absolutely amazed by his performance in Peace of the Town. Like, I just want him in my film. <laughs> you know, I think he's awesome. Uh, we're going to have Rugger Hauer in the film. Oh, you bitch. He's on my list. That's crazy. Uh, Christy Ray is going to be one of the li- uh, love interests. She's also from Piece of the Talent. Tiffany Shepis is going to be in there also. And John Goodman is also going to be in this film. <laughs> what an interesting cast. So John Goodman is basically going to be the mayor of the small city. Rugger Hauer is going to be the, uh, the like the she- uh, the town sheriff. Um, David uh, – not David Long. David Long is going to be in the film. And also Christy Ray is going to be the wife of Edgar Allan Poe. Tiffany Shepard is going to be like, you know, she's creating the love triangle and Edgar Allan Poe is all is going to be played by Jeffrey Combs, just like in Masters of Horror. Right. So I'm going to take that idea from the Masters of Horror episode, which have you guys seen? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to take that. So David Long, is I I don't know where he's going to fit into this, but he's not going to be Poe. But anyways, Edgar Allan Poe is going to be played by Jeffrey, Jeffrey Combs. He's in this love triangle with Christy Ray. He's married to her. Tiffany Shepis is, you know, the girl on the outside. You got all the shit going on in the city. There's a lot of occult stuff happening and cannibalism and a whole pile of crazy shit's going to be going on in this one. I came up with this idea in 30 seconds <laughs> and now I really want to make this movie. <laughs> this yeah, sounds awesome. pretty interesting. You definitely put way more thought into it than me. I wish I would have went first. Me too. Um <laughs> But, but, you know, this is what I can't – and, like, I really think there's a lot of story here. Like, you know, you know, you have this whole thing with him trying to aspire. He's got this love triangle. But the city itself is fucked up. John Goodman and Rugger Howard, there's things going on with them. And I don't know, man. I think I just watch a lot of films and I just put a lot of shit together, man. <laughs> but I think it's kind of cool. I think it's kind of cool. Anyways, that's what my thing is. Yeah, so – all right, cool. so I guess I'll go next. You know, hard to follow that up because I just thought of a simpler idea, um, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, Sorry, guys. Sorry, so guys. Um, I wish I would have put a little bit more thought into this, actually. Um, so, yeah, uh, my director is actually going to be somebody who I've seen a lot of promise from, and I, I would like to see him, like, really kind of get, uh, you know, a little bit more uh, credit and, you know, I, I, I like his ideas. I've heard him talk about things. And that's uh, Darren Lynn Bowsman, uh, director of, I believe, Saw 2, 3, 4, uh, some other films, reported the genetic opera. Um, but I want Adam Green to write this film. And I know these two are f- friends, so that, that could end up working. I feel like Adam Green is much stronger as a writer. Um, he is a good director, but I feel like his, his definite strong suit is his writing. He's really good at writing characters. He's really good at writing dialogue. I feel like sometimes he puts a little too much comedy in his work. 
Um, and we see that with the hatchet films and we see that with, you know, uh, some digging up the marrow. I know a lot of you haven't seen that yet, but I feel like there's a lot of comedy in that. Um, but I feel like me as a producer, I could steer him away from that and be like, Hey Adam, let's focus on what we did here in frozen dog. Uh, and as for Darren Lynn Bowsman, uh, I feel like, uh, with him directing saw two, uh, three, four, I believe he directed, uh, the type of film that I want to make is a contained horror film because those are my favorite kind. At least right now. I, obviously, slashers are probably my favorite, but I, I think Contained are a lot of fun. And um, I feel like Adam Green has directed Frozen, which is a contained horror film, and he did a really good job writing in that film. Uh, he, he wrote some great dialogue, wrote great characters out of that film. So I feel like him being a writer and then Darren Lynn Bowsman, who directed Saw 2 and the other ones, which are kind of like contained horror films a little bit, I feel like he can direct them, and I feel like both of them working together because they're friends would equal, you know, make, create like a pretty solid film. Um, some of the people that I would want involved as actors. Sean Ashmore. For one, he did a great job in Frozen. Uh, he did a great job in The Ruins, which is also kind of a contained horror film, and Mother's Day. So, I mean, the, he, he shows that he could, he's definitely an interesting character, um, when he acts. Like, he, he gets the characters, he gets the ideas, like, like, of people stuck in places and how to perform the characters. I'm a really big fan of Sean Ashmore. He's really good. Um, the second is, uh, Jeremy Gardner. Now, we just seen him in The Battery. Uh, he was the uh, bearded friend, and I thought he did a great job in those car scenes. You know what I mean? Like, like when they was trapped in the car, uh, and yeah. I was really impressed with the performance overall, considering he actually also actually directed the film. Um, after that, we have Melanie pa- Papalia. This was the girl who's in the den. Um, she was the lead actress in the den. I just like her look, so I, I think. This oh, be dude, impact. she had an amazing ass. Yeah, so, so she would be awesome. You're an ass guy, moods. Yeah, and then and oh, then finally, yeah, I um, I I kind of was picturing like her as like the lead girl, um, you know, brunette. So I figured you need like a blonde to kind of balance things. So I, I just went for the hot blonde, which is Hayden Panettiere. Um, from like Scream Four and stuff. So she would also be in there. This is more of like a group of uh teenagers or not teenagers young adults who get stuck somewhere whether it be a car in the winter which i think that would be pretty cool uh, stuck inside a car that got you know covered in a snowstorm um you know contained horror style uh in a hole in the middle of the woods i think that would be a weird one you know maybe something's above above them maybe something isn't above them uh so i definitely have been throwing around ideas where you can set your contained horror film but you know briefly thinking about it um you know, just something like that. But if I really sat down and really thought about it, I'm sure I could come up with something really, really cool. So that's mine. Awesome. Right. My up. Yep. All right. So for me, I am going to do a Canadian bum slasher film. Now for the writer, got to have Jason Eisner writing it. Of course, who did hope over the shotgun and directing Ryan Nicholson, of course, two of Canadians finest so this could be a Canadian slasher film. So got Rug Howard in it. So this could be four Cana- four uh, bums battling each other in a slasher type of a way. So I guess like kind of like Freddy vs. Jason, but with bums. So these are all bum actors. So we got Rug Howard, of course, from Hobo with Shotgun, playing the main bum. 
Then you got Rug Howard. I mean, uh, Clint Howard from Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, even though he's not really <laughs> a bum, but he's kind of a bum. In my opinion, he looks like a bum. Uh, he's one of the bums in the battles. And then I have the, I couldn't find his name, but the uh, the crazy bum from O'Holland Drive who has like a black painted face. He's a really crazy bum. I couldn't find the name of who he's playing, but this is a bum horror film, so everybody has to be bums. And of course, finally, you have to have the multiple hobos from Street Trash in the film as well. So You just wasted your entire budget trying to get the rights to these characters. Well, they're not really <laughs> characters. I couldn't find... There's so many bums in fucking Street Trash, you know. Uh, I didn't say it has to be. What about uh, Ice-T from Surviving the Game? I haven't even seen that movie, so I wouldn't... Uh, that's a good That's choice. a great one, man. That's a great movie. Um, but yeah, uh, so you went definitely more silly. I mean, um, we need to see bum, a bum fights. Are you gonna call it bum fights? We need to see a hobo <laughs> horror film with bums fighting each other. <laughs> hobo horror—that's yeah. totally new slub genre. You definitely <laughs> surprised me with your picks. I, I, I like. Was it good or was it shitty? Uh, you know, it's it, something it's that a- I wouldn't be like super psyched to see, but I mean, I probably still uh, see it. But honestly, I mean, you know, it being written by Jason Eisner and directed by. Uh, you know, Ryan Nicholson, right there, you know, the shit's going to be out of control. So I think that's, should that, that has my attention I think right Brian there. Ryan Nicholson should be the writer and Jason Eisner should be the director. Yeah. They're both Canadians. And it has to take place in Prince George. Yeah. Um, Ryan Nicholson can um, <laughs> like write up some dark shit. For hobos? I mean, like, he you know, wrote each, up some dark shit like for a, other each, stuff. Each oboe has like a backstory of darkness. Yeah. yeah that sounds amazing. <laughs> awesome awesome yeah that was a fun that, question and i'm sure we could probably, do that over and over again that must have probably surprised you a little bit though jpa like <laughs> you know jeremy's was a little silly and i was like a little more serious yeah because i was like okay it sounds like jeremy's writing a, like you know pitching a film that um would end up as like something that he wouldn't like that much you know like a mutantis or something like that or what whatever other one oh, would... i love hobo with a shotgun that movie's fucking I, awesome i mean yeah but it's it's not directly i i, I, well, like I guess you just... i like i like fucking it man sounds Borg. like you're remaking hobo with a shotgun i like do you, want, Borg. do you want to make the film like uh like a grindhouse style yeah so type, you're doing hobo you know, with shotgun. Type slash, like grindhouse nah, real hobo grindhouse. With this time shotgun. four times the hobos Four times the shotguns, four times the craziness. I I, mm-hmm. I completely. It's funny how we all did because like I totally went serious and like I want like a really, you know, <laughs> like just filthy, dirty, fucking serious, good acting type film. Yeah, you know, and and <laughs> I, I think both of you guys laugh when I said John Goodman, but yeah. he's actually one of my no, favorite he's actors. Real good. He was great in Red State. I love John Goodman. And he everything great. he does. The Big Lebowski. He makes like, everything. He's in, yeah. yeah. Big Lebowski. He's amazing. Yeah. Even in like the shitty comedies that he did back in the day, he's fucking good. He's so just a good, good underrated actor. Madinee, man. The Madinee is awesome. <laughs> Flintstones, yeah. I mean, fuck, dude. Like, But it's not as good as Michael Jordan's role in Space Jam. Oh, fuck. (laughs) But yeah, I I mean, I I think that this could be something that we regularly return to. Maybe um, uh, sort of like Adam Green's five-minute movie. I don't know if you ever heard that on his podcast, but uh, 
basically him and whoever the guest is will uh, come up with a movie in like five minutes or something. This could kind of be like a uh, a different version. It'd be of that. fun to like do one all together. Yeah, so that's what I was <laughs> like. Like you know, uh, shit. I guess just rip off Adam Green's five minute movie because it would be fun um, yeah. here or there. You know, just see what we could come up with. Um, talk about it and you know that would be fun I, I had fun like trying to just think of like actors like okay I see this actress like um, would fit good for like this type of role and stuff that that like it was actually like it was my first dose of like wow what would it be like to be able to produce a film you know and pick these things yeah yeah and that's kind of how I picked though too I was like you know who do I really really would like to work with and like who do I respect as an actor and stuff and that's how I came up with mine that's kind of you what know, I was, too. It was more people. I just I would love to be down at the set, being like, "Hey, John, I just want to." I'd, Have I'd, your I'd, autograph. I, I would no. I would just want him to tell me stories of working on Roseanne and shit. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? I, I would. You know, he be a, like you're he had fucking a drinking amazing. Problem when he was on Roseanne. That, you know, whatever. He was still fucking <laughs> amazing on the show. Yeah. So. Listen another, to his interview on Stern. It's really, it's what, what, really one thing that really I always good. would have wanted to see, though. Um, so I was about to go with this was like a Clive Barker written film with John Carpenter directing, like in their prime. You know what I mean? That would have been amazing to see. Hell yeah, that would be good. All right, so moving on to the next voicemail, the next couple voicemails, both from Brandon, and here's the first one. Hey, guys, it's Brandon calling in. Um, don't really have a question for this week, but, uh, well, actually, I sort of do. Um, it's about region-free Blu-ray players. Should I pull the trigger and buy one or not? There's so many mm-hmm. free releases I want to get, and I have a region-free DVD player, but I feel weird spending more on a region when the Blu-ray is cheaper. So should I just pull the trigger and buy the Blu-ray player? And uh, It's killing me. Um, also, just to let you know, um, I just noticed on Amazon.com that Late Faces is up there for pre-order on Blu-ray for $9.99. So <laughs> awesome. worth a pickup. So that would have been relevant two weeks ago. Otherwise, yeah, still just facing this dilemma of whether or not to get the region-free Blu-ray player or not. I think basically it comes down to what your preference is. If you don't have, you know, a specific, you know, choice on DVD or Blu-ray for a film that you want to see, you know, until it comes out in region one on Blu-ray or whatever, then I would say, you know, stick with your region free DVD player because there's a lot of films that you can get and they're, they're obviously quite cheaper. Um, but if you love watching, you know, Blu-rays and stuff, and the thing with, you know all region blu-ray players they can be kind of a pain in the ass when you're changing your fucking your region over sometimes it doesn't work sometimes it does you struggle with it you do a few times so if you don't mind doing that it seems like most people have these problems like i go through it in stages sometimes it'll work every time and other times it won't it's it has nothing to do with the player because it plays everything fine all the time it's just the way it is you know um, but I think it comes down to preference if you don't mind watching your shit on dvd and i mean let's be frank though man a lot of films that are coming out on dvd now look fucking fantastic dvd quality is so much better than it used to be um but if you if you if you want to you know get with the blu-rays and shit like that yeah dude i highly recommend having the the blu-ray player i really 
honestly enjoy having it because me too. It just kind of makes me. It, I don't really have to think about when I'm collecting and stuff or films that I want to import from other places. I just you know if sometimes it does come to the price. You know I, you know I picked up Wolf Cop the Region Two UK release on Blu-ray because it was like two. I think it was a two pounds more than the DVD, and I was like, why not just get the Blu-ray? Yeah. You know, so I'm like, fuck, whatever. Not a big deal. So I grab that. Other things I will grab on DVD just because they're only on DVD or whatever. But to be honest, I love having it. And I love having it for arrows, even though a lot of arrow releases are DVD Blu-ray. So if you pick up an arrow Blu-ray and you don't have a all region Blu-ray player, you can still play the DVD, which looks just as good. You know, not just as good, but it, it they look good. But I think it's all preference, man. That's all I can say. I don't really know how else to kind of put it. So... Yeah. So, yeah, I like having one too. Mm-hmm. For me, I think I come from a different, you know, an interesting perspective because I have like a different kind of opinion on it. Is um, well, not really different because I do agree that it's your own preference and stuff. But my preference is a little bit different than your preference. Here so, we go. <laughs> my thing is all American. Yeah, America. <laughs> I don't America really America. have that much of a use for it. All right, because um, typically. When you have releases that are foreign, that are region locked, region B or whatever, there's there's two kinds of releases. One, there's old school stuff that is getting like cool special editions, like stuff that Arrow puts out and stuff like that. Um, and then you have films that are new that haven't been released over in the U.S. yet, like Wolf Cop, for example, or Lords of Salem when that got released. Uh, for those ones, don't need them. I'm not willing to spend the extra money. I'll just wait till it gets a release here and get it for cheaper than I would have by importing it. I can wait. I don't need those releases. Now, the only other ones that are kind of like would make it maybe worth it is like the classics released on updated versions. Like, um, the Arrow stuff that we talked about. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes the uk or other regions get really cool special editions but to me it's 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 not really worth the price upgrade and i don't really like paying for the import um i i just i i'll wait till a cool edition comes out in the u.s or i'll just stick to my original edition that i had now if you have something like uh, the Slasher Collection by 88 yeah, Films awesome. that I'm liking, what I'm seeing there. I do want to grab those. Right now, I believe that they're region-free. That's fucking great for me um, because I will buy those. But at the same time, uh, you know, even the extra $5 to where I'm paying $25 is is more than I'd like to pay for a Blu-ray. I usually don't pay more than 20 for a solo release title. Um, so I, j- I just – opening that – door would just cause so much like conflict personal conflict with which releases i get which ones should i pay more for it i just don't want to deal with so for me i'm gonna stick to my region one blu-ray player i do have region free dvd players um but you know for for me right now i'm I'm just definitely sticking with the region one blu-ray player they're gonna be cheaper as time goes on so just like dvds I don't think the region free player Blu-ray players are that expensive. They're, they're I mean, not. Like, it's more about know. what happens after you get one. It's not yeah, the yeah. player that I'm worried about. It's I don't want to have to battle with myself. But ah, oh, but Arrow just released this really awesome fifty dollar release. Burps. It's going to cost me. Um, yeah, you don't. 
I mean, honestly, like I'm a big supporter of, you know, supporting, you know, the North American releases and stuff. But, you know, the collector in me, you know, sometimes says, you know, I need to go and check out these other regions. But the reason why I got the region free player, Blu-ray player is because, you know, just for that reason, I don't ever have to want to think about it. You know, if I actually see something one day and I'm like, I'm searching on, you know, some German site and I'm like, holy fuck, that is one crazy ass edition right there. I mean, I really need to see that. And sometimes, like most of the time, 95% of the time, I won't just buy something just to fucking have it. I will watch it, you know, like a lot of people will buy their shit and just keep it sealed and stuff like that. You know, I watch all my releases like, you know, the VHSs I just showed. I watch pretty much. Well, I didn't watch. I, I watched about six or seven. Did you watch so Beaks? I did not watch Beaks. That's actually one of the ones I did not watch. But, uh, you know, the thing is, I like to watch my stuff, too. I understand the collector and people who buy stuff. You know, that's a really crazy, cool addition, man. But, you know, if I if I see something, I want to be able to watch it. And therefore, when I'm shopping online, I'm like, I don't have to look at the regions anymore. DVD, yeah, Blu-ray, that's whatever. that's me, too, though. But you know what? If I see some crazy edition of Texas Chainsaw Massacre that's from Germany or something... Yeah, it's real cool, but uh, what does it contain? Does it have new special features that I haven't seen before that r- makes it worth buying? If not, I'm fine with the version that I have. Same mm-hmm. thing goes for any yeah. other type of release. And if if there is something out there that I well, see, I'm not saying I'm going to watch it multiple times. <laughs> yeah, but but like you said, you know, you like being able to just when you see it, not have to worry about the region coding because you already can mm-hmm. play it. I'm the same way. If I see something that I that I that I that's going to make me want to get it that much then i'll just buy the i'm gonna ask you this by the player there's nothing that i've seen that has really um like made me want to make that jump because it's like stuff that i can get here or that i will get here do you have a blu-ray drive on your computer i do not well all blu-ray drives on computers are region free so that's a pretty cheap alternative yeah that is that's what i do i just have a blu-ray drive for my computer and i got software that could change the region codes and good to go no problem like 50 bucks not even yeah that's Mm -hmm. how i originally did it for region 2 dvds yeah you know a good example you know when i was doing my um when i was doing my 52 series last year from 1988 there was a film called the brain that doesn't have an official release over here. Yeah, I know that film. And it, and it's a film from obviously from 1988 and uh, I'm like, well, it's obviously not getting a release this year, you know, and I really wanted to have that part of the potential reviews, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's another reason. I was just, you know, for certain things that I'm doing, it's not just collecting purposes, it's also for, you know, certain Which makes themes a that bit I'm doing. Sense. You know, there is films that you know, like newer releases like Wolf Cop and Gun Woman. Like there's a lot of releases uh, that have been released in the UK. They get a lot of releases before us. But we know those type of titles are going to come over here. So you don't yeah. necessarily need to import them right away unless you're doing a specific thing. Like I understand like, you know, the buzz and, you know, you want to check these show these films out before the end of the year, mm. you know, for whatever. You know, there's certain things that you can do. But for the brain, I had to I had to grab it, and I grabbed it for like four pounds or three pounds or something like that. So it was like it was pretty cheap. Well, it's actually not that cheap, really. It's like seven eight bucks. But um, and was you know, that DV- that was a DVD though, right? It, it is a DVD. Yeah, yeah. which I'm but a little I'm, I'm bit saying- more comfortable with. I, like for example, um, what is the Howling film that's over there that we don't have? Um, no, that's that, something that I would seven. probably buy because I need that in my collection. I really don't see it getting uh, released anytime soon. 
because why would it unless it gets put out by an echo bridge or a mill creek i looked into it i think the rights are all fucked up with that movie i think that's the reason why it's only been released there there's something going on with that the release of that shit man there's there's problems i think nobody would see it as a money like i think you would lose money if you release that thing (laughs) <laughs> that's a good possibility <laughs> i'm but. serious like who's gonna be that excited to buy the howling nine or the howling <laughs> seven, whatever the howling seven. <laughs> howling seven. <laughs> but i mean basically what it comes down to uh that was brandon right yeah that was brandon so personal you know, it comes down to preference man it's all about preference i would highly recommend one for the reasons that i stated before you know jp has his reasons you know every jeremy everybody has their their own you know specific reasons why they have one you know whether it be collecting or you want to see the films or even they come out because we it's pretty obvious that the uk seems to get a lot of releases before i don't know why it but is it's like we that. do get a lot of releases before them as well it's exactly. just noticeable it, when we don't get something that they do it just seems like there's so many releases that i want to check out and i'm like what the fuck like why isn't that released over here you know and but you know it's just having that option that's the best thing yeah you know? it, it, it is probably nice but like i said i think it would cause more of a problem for me personally than it would help because it's just going to open up that pandora's box of me just having to get like all of these and all of those and i just can never afford that so uh it's it's the collector in me that it kind of is just uh too much for me to be able to buy to be honest i thought it was going to be you know opening up a can of worms too to to complete fucking brokenness but (laughs) i'm I'm actually not I'm actually not too bad with importing, you know, region 2 Blu-rays. Like I really only have, you know, a select few of actual Blu-rays. Like Arrows I'm really picky about what I buy. You know, the Arrows that I have are with the exception of Motel Hell which was uh misfortune because <laughs> I ordered that and it got announced the next day. Of course. By screen. It was the weirdest thing. But like what I buy is generally they have a nicer edition or it hasn't been released. Like I'm very picky, but I'm not just buying everything over there. You know, there's certain things that I wanted to grab. Um, I think, uh, I think sisters was, a. will use sisters as an example. I wanted to grab the, the arrow Blu-ray of that. And I did because yeah. it's only been released on DVD here, which is on criterion, which is cool. But I and heard the transfer kind of was just phenomenal. And the features, everything about it was just fucking oh, phenomenal. Criterion released a, that film. I would get so hard on Blu-ray. Oh, which I'm God. I'm surprised they haven't actually released on Blu-ray. With like a booklet. Oh, that would be so awesome. But anyways, I grabbed the arrow because of that and, you know, certain things. And there was a couple of other De Palma films that I grabbed. The same thing with like Peeping Tom. It's like I want to grab that Blu-ray from the UK, but it's like I don't want to wait. Oh, yeah. The other one, the other De Palma film I grab, grabbed from Arrow was uh, The Fury because that motherfucker was released by Twilight Times <laughs> a couple years back. And, of course, that was one of those things that, you know, out of print goes for stupid money. And, you know, I, I really, you know, with the exception of one title, don't support <laughs> Twilight Times. Uh, uh, I still feel like a uh, shitty piece of shit for even buying that. But You should. Well, the funny thing is I passed up on Fright Night and it, ugh, fuck i'm just fuck what's get the german times. release Who cares? let's not talk about twilight time but anyways the point is i grabbed the fury because it was arrow and doesn't have that release over here and you know I, you know it was just at the time i was i was watching a lot of the palma films it just depends on what you're doing at the time too right i don't know the funny thing the f- again it's all about option <laughs> the arrow fury release is more expensive than the twilight times one man i got my arrow fury release for six pounds well it's out brand of brand new now brand new yeah yeah 
You know, um, speaking of like grabbing films and stuff, uh, I, I kind of was thinking of something the other day and I remember we always talk about like clown house and like, Oh shit. Like, you know, it's MGM. Why doesn't scream factory ever, ever get it? You know, like it's something that everybody requests. Um, and we always say like, well, scream factory is not going to touch that with a 10 foot pole. But I started thinking why it was initially released by MGM and they pulled it. So they would still be releasing it even if it was under Scream Factory's name. So it's probably MGM that won't ever let that thing go. Yeah, probably. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, Never thought so, of it like that, but that, that's a good point. Someone yeah. should make a documentary of trying to find a copy of The Clown House in the Wild. <laughs> that would be most in- entertaining. Fuck, I sent you a clip of a video where... Yeah, I know, but it's bu- like trying to <laughs> it was find a rental. one in I don't the wild. Think those, there still was one sitting there. I, was like, I think oh, those God. was rentals, though. That that was a rental. I actually oh, okay, talked to him okay. after. I was like... Because he just kind of showed, showed it quickly. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? Or just put that back. <laughs> because they're usually trying to hunt for out-of-print stuff. And yeah, but like, if it's like I would like go up to the counter and be like... Uh, <clears throat> they know what they got. I'll give you 50 bucks for this. Yeah. It's crazy it's still there that someone didn't rent and just like, ha, ah, fuck you. I'm keeping I, it. Oh, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe yeah. they have credit cards and shit or something. Yeah, but how much are they going to charge you for it? Well, maybe they, if they Probably have out of print stuff, they're going to be like, well, we charge you until forever. <laughs> <laughs> if they got your number, man, they can charge what the fuck they want. All right, so moving on, we're going to have our last voicemail here, which is a voicemail again from Brandon. This one's kind of funny. Hey, guys, it's Brandon again. Literally two minutes after I left the last message, but I wanted to call back in because I just watched a trailer for season three of Hannibal, which unfortunately we have to wait till the summer, but it absolutely looks fantastic. And I was going to tell you guys, plead with you guys, if there's one television show, horror related, that you guys watch, watch Hannibal. It's phenomenal. I would love to hear you guys talk about it. It's very, very well done. It's very artistic. It's intelligent. And it's really quite creepy. Um, yeah, that's about it. Uh, saw American Horror Story finale last night, and gotta say, for the third season in a row, it was a big letdown. Um, season one still remains the best to me, so I wouldn't be in a rush to check those out, but I recommend Hannibal. All right, take care, guys. Bye. <clears throat> As we just talked about Brandon American Horror recommending Story. Hannibal. Uh, so yeah, it's I mean, so disappointing. I've Fuck. heard so much good stuff about Hannibal. And I've heard a lot of good things about American Horror Story, too, but it always seems to be the same, and that's that they never end right. They always mm-hmm. have bad endings, like every season. So, I mean, you know, I'm still very interested to check that out. More interested than Hannibal, just because everybody also says that the Hannibal films are really awesome. Mm-hmm. So, is Ty West writing for all these seasons, then? <laughs> <laughs> just joking. I missed the joke. Well, because he always has bad endings. Oh, That's the joke with Ty oh, West. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I don't really like the Hannibal Lecter series. So I'm just – even everybody says the films are good and yeah, they're good. But I'm just not a huge fan of them. So I'm not that interested in the TV show even though everybody keeps telling me to check it out. I mean maybe I've, – I've toyed with the idea of doing a episode on a TV series like a season one where we kind of just discuss the season. I think that that might be worth trying. You know, If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But uh, maybe we could do it with Hannibal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got to get around to picking that up, man. I fucking missed the boat, dude. 
I mean, I seen the DVD going for like eleven bucks or something. I was like, yeah, I, want I kept passing it over because, like, I just at the at that moment, I was like, if I pick this up, it's going to sit on my shelf, collect us because I have so many fucking shows to get to. <laughs> you know, I just felt weird about it at the time, but now it's like back up to twenty. I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Pissing yeah. me off. You know, you know what's have funny? All the fucking American horror stories before I even get season one of Hannibal. Even though I really do want to check, it. I keep hearing from people. I've been hearing from people that aren't even you know huge horror fans. They love the show, and I'm like, mm-hmm. that's really crazy that it's you know it's affecting you know people from both sides of the you know the spectrum here. So I'm like, wow. Yeah, and I cool. hear what they're doing on there is pretty you know strong like in terms of like gore and stuff like that like it's pretty insane what they're able to get away with that actually surprises me yeah yeah so i have a big issue with tv series like when they're released for some reason the dvds are so much cheaper than the blu-rays like normally you expect the dvd to be cheaper but the dvds are ridiculously cheaper and that annoys me because I buy my TV on Blu-ray because when I watch TV shows, it's on in HD and it like really kind of bugs me more than movies nowadays. The only TV series I actually own on Blu-ray are The Walking Dead and that's due to the fact of me buying those special edition fucking ridiculous things. Um, and Holliston, I have the season one – like I have Holliston on Blu-ray because it's only released on Blu-ray and uh, I pick up – well, I didn't pick up. My parents bought me Twin Peaks. Only Blu-ray seasons I think I even have, and I have a lot of TV horror. So yeah, I, I like my DVDs, man. Yeah, you do. Well, that's not horror, but well, that I'm saying for TV-wise, since we're talking about TV. Yeah, I have a lot of TV series, tons of TV series on DVD, man. Uh, so, so do I. Most of my TV series is on DVD. You know, Tales from the Crib, Tales from the Dark Side, stuff like that. But I'm saying anything that's new, I get on Blu-ray. Like, um, uh. For example, Dexter. That that's a show that I would get on Blu-ray. Um, hmm. Yeah, my mom American bought American Horror Story. I just I was, bought them when they came out on DVD. Yeah, I got. I was just, able to get my mom the complete series of Dexter on DVD. I paid like thirty-five bucks for the complete DVD series. That's crazy. And I would have. I, I, I was paying like twenty bucks a season or something. When they yeah, came but that's out, my so. problem. Right? But the Blu-rays the were Blu-rays like are so much more expensive. Like the not LA, really for Dexter. Well, it depends. Uh, yeah. where you, it depends where you're talking here, because <clears throat> I don't know if you guys remember. I sent you a picture when we were talking one day. I was in Future Shop, and I sent you a picture of the strain. That was yeah. DVD, and it was forty two fucking bucks. Yeah, but that's DVD. weird up in Canada. That's not a real price. Well, it's that not a real that, place. Yeah, of course, it's not a real place. It's totally fictional. I saw. This, I mean, this is just a made up place. I saw <laughs> this strain at Family Video. Each disc was a buck. Pamela 50, Anderson doesn't come from me. And I almost. I was close to buying it, but it didn't have the original packaging, so I was like, "eh." Mm-hmm. But each disc for a buck fifty, so I was like, "What? There's four discs, so we've been you guys have the, six you guys bucks." Have the slip cover. You guys have a slip cover over the actual art, don't you? Down in the U.S. I'm not sure because I think they changed it up. They put a slip cover over the actual cover to cover up that you know eye thing that's yeah. going on there. Uh, but in Canada, they didn't. They don't come with that alternate slip cover. They're just normal because we don't have any regulations up here. <laughs> So, yeah, whatever. but like the El Ray from Dust Till Dawn series, like that was a lot more expensive on Blu-ray. But I ended up getting that for free, so really excited to pop that baby in. Oh, what's fucking new, Mister? Fucking get everything for free. Well, that was a mistake. <clears throat> that was I a ordered mistake. something and they accident and they like couldn't no, I know. honor I'm just, it. I'm, I'm just joking. <laughs> oh. Speaking of that, 
Uh, what's up with you making me seem like I didn't like Deathbed? What's up with that? Mm-hmm. Mm. It's funny you bring that up because it's interesting that you misinterpreted what I said. I did say I liked it more than JP did. No, I said I didn't say you said I didn't say I sure didn't liked like it more than JP, but it's I and I even said I didn't say that you said that I didn't like it. I said you made it seem like I didn't like it the okay. way you said it. Basically, the reason why it probably came across like that is because my rating is quite a bit higher than yours. Okay. That's why the, gotcha. the you know the tone of my you know my comment was the way it was. I think is because right. I what was your rating six and a half or six six six, six? six. yeah see mine is quite significantly higher. I was really really drawn to this film like I wanted to go lay on the <laughs> <laughs> so. No, it, it's, it it's, it's more of an interesting film than, to me, actually a good film. Oh, no. Um, I, it's it's not a good film. I mean, I, I shouldn't say it's not a good film. It's not it's a great film. It's pretty damn good for what it was. You know it what really I mean? It really is. Considering this guy, this is the only thing he ever did. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's quite an interesting story, actually. Yeah. So I watched that, that intro. Yeah, we'll talk more about that one in two weeks, I guess, probably. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that, that about wraps it up for the voicemails. And we're, we, we, I believe we had some written questions, but we're running kind of short on time, so we'll c- cover those next week. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Where are we? Uh, Corners Report. I guess we'll do this quickly here. Uh, Corners Report is coming to you from the April 2012 issue of Rumorg, uh, issue 121. And this is the one with the Poltergeist cover. Go figure. All this Poltergeist cover. This is not – no, it, no, it definitely – I grabbed this purposely. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah, which is the one I wanted to get? Okay. I thought this was interesting. I think that uh, – Wait, does this one relate to me like it does every week? <laughs> no, it, this one does not relate to you. Uh, actually, this one more relates to JP, actually. Hmm. Oddly enough, because I, I think JP will get the uh, connection with this one. Um, I actually did know this before. Maybe it's because I read it in 2012, and I'm just like, oh, I'm an old school. I know everything. No, I'm, you know how it goes. Anyways, Greg Nicotero first met George A. Romero in Rome while on vacation as a little kid. Yeah, the teenager saw the director sitting beside him in a restaurant and mustered up the courage to strike up a conversation. Romero invited him to the set of Dawn of the Dead. Or on the set of Dawn of the Dead. Not long after, Nicotero decided to drop out of uh, medical school and learn effects. And then, well, you know, that's the end of that. And then the story goes with uh, Greg Nicotero is that his first job was actually on Day of the Dead. So, yeah, that's awesome. That's Um, such a cool story. That's a fucking cool story. So, his first job is 10 years later on Day of the Dead. It's so fucking cool. And we all know Greg and Nicotero. If you look up his. His filmography, what he's done for special effects and stuff, it's actually ridiculous. Yeah. It's fucking phenomenal. Like, he is, wow, he's worked on a lot of films. But very cool stuff. Ten years later, took the time to learn it and did what he did. And that concludes Mood Swings. So uh, moving along into uh, our segments. Um, Who wants to go first this week? Jeremy, you go first. All right. So this week's Jeremy's Midnight Movie is once again a French film 
Uh, and it's actually a subgenre of horror that I'm not used to watching very often, and that, of course, is the zombie genre, and it's titled The Horde. Now, I know JP talked about this one a little while ago on Body Bags. I feel like right? we – did we talk about this on the show? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, never mind. But anyway, French zombie film. Uh, film's very interesting. It starts out with a funeral of this police officer, SWAT team member, whatever he is. And um, his wife begs uh, with this police guy who died partners to try and track down the drug people, like the gang members who killed them, who killed their husband. So they go to this uh, apartment building and they set up this raid and things like that to... Uh, track down these gangsters and when they're there uh, shit goes down and the zombie apocalypse starts and they have to work together instead of hate each other to try to survive and shit happens and there's this really awesome old guy who's probably the best character in the entire film because he's fucking hilarious Um, this film's interesting it's a really really um, well done zombie film I don't know if it's Considered well done to JP and Moods, who are more equipped in the subgenre than I am. But um, I thought it was actually pretty pretty interesting, and it had some really really solid effects for uh, for the film, which of course is usually typical for any French film that you're going to get. Now I know the main complaint that most people have with the film, including Moods, is the ending, and um, I can see where they're coming from. The ending uh, kind of ruins the film, to be completely honest. Um, it was. It had a really strong hour and twenty five minutes until it got to the ending, and then it kind of just shoots itself in the face and totally ruins <laughs> the entire purpose of the entire film. Pretty but, much. Quite literally. Quite literally. Um, yeah, dude. I I think this movie is super entertaining. It has a lot of good qualities to it, man. You know, you you see both points of views in the film. Great zombie effects. Uh, the setting's awesome. But I feel that the ending is a complete letdown because it would never go down like that. Yeah. In that situation, it would never happen. Honestly, if you put your sh- yourself into that cop's shoes, would you fucking do that? No. Because no. you battle, would. You go through this entire time and then you do that. It's because nothing matters anymore. It's an apocalypse, man. It doesn't fucking matter. Everyone for themselves just let the you yeah. know just just let shit go the way it's supposed to go. Yeah. You know, it doesn't make sense. And you know, I've had people argue against me on this one and I'm like, I don't care what you say. <laughs> I feel <laughs> that my opinion is actually valid because I I honestly truly believe because I put myself into those shoes and I was like, I would never fucking do that. Yeah. Ever. And like, I believe my that my opinion sucks. is a fact. Well, and I know I sound like a total douchebag there, but <laughs> no, you don't. I, I just feel that a lot, the majority of people would never react like that. Yeah, and and it didn't, it didn't seem real to me and it totally ruins, it brings down the rating for the film a lot so for me because it's like, so fuck, it, it's such a, it's such a big part of the film is the end and you're mm-hmm. like, fuck sakes, man. So I, I that's this, how I feel. This one kind of annoyed me a bit. Like I, I didn't love it. Like I liked it, but I didn't love it. I, I felt like, a, I don't know, man. I thought the coolest scene was the guy well. on the on the car. I mean, that's obviously the coolest scene, and I think it, it while it's cool, that's another part that's like okay, that's a little bit uh, dramatized for for film because out of all the zombie films I've seen, that wouldn't 
that's like a four or five minute sequence and that would never happen in any zombie film <laughs> unless the yeah. zombies are extremely stupid which i don't think they are in this film but um for not being a zombie person i i liked it i thought the like like we talked about i thought the ending kind of brought it down a little bit um it's definitely not the worst ifc film for sure um and it's definitely not the worst french film but it's far from close to being the best um it's it's okay if you guys see it check it out it's an entertaining zombie film uh seven out of ten i gave it a Mm 6.5 on my review yeah i'd probably give it exactly a seven too would have with a different ending i would have given a lot higher because i was really thoroughly entertained in the film that's what it comes down to but yeah yeah cool man sounds about right to me (laughs) All right, so I guess I will go next with my Horror 101. This is where I take a horror-themed documentary, sometimes on some kind of horrific theme or sometimes on actual films, horror films. And this one is a little bit of uh, horror, but it also deals with exploitation and other stuff in general. This one is not quite Hollywood, the wild untold history or story of Ozploitation from the year 2008 fucking fantastic it is fantastic it's fucking amazing so much bush enough bush <laughs> to go around for everybody <laughs> even george is going bush bush there's a lot of bush in this movie so <laughs> this, this one's this one's actually kind of broken up into four separate parts the first is uh like the aussie new wave which was like the early films then we have the sex romps which was you know the kind of sex comedies that was bush. coming out of australia a lot of lot of nudity uh, tons of ridiculousness, um, you know, just very un, you know, exploitationy. You know, it was very like exploitive. Um, and then we had the horror slash thriller films, and then finally the action films, uh, which were like you know car car films typically. <laughs> awesome uh, films. <laughs> yeah. So first of all, um, the sex romp stuff was you know interesting not super interested though like obviously once we get to the horror that's why i was like oh man these are awesome they have uh, like tarantino and a bunch of other people you know from from the actual you know making of these films so, yeah, uh, like i went online after to try and find these they're all out of print man yeah these fil- so expensive. films are hard to grab yeah i got i got you know somebody f- <clears throat> from australia to send me turkey shoot and yeah that's fucking amazing because that shit's out of print <laughs> yeah that movie is fucking awesome dude it's great so um what you know they talk about patrick which i have seen um I actually don't love Patrick, but uh, it, it's it's a little too long for my liking. But it, it's definitely a solid film. Um, long weekend, thirst, uh, you know, Razorback, which I was like re- really curious to see after this. Uh, Road Games, Howling Three, The Marsupials, which is funny that you know that was an Australian film. Yeah, totally was. Um, then they kind of get into the newer ones like <clears throat> Wolf Creek and Storm Warning, Rogue, stuff like that. Uh, but awesome, awesome stuff there. I love when they talk about like the um, just, you know, uh, what they was doing over there. Like the, the type of filmmaking, the guerrilla style filmmaking that they was doing, especially when they get into the action films like the car chases and stuff. It was just all fucking real. Like they and would you just would love the shady man. They were just crashing each other. Like they were just the stunt men were like yeah. literally just uh you know like like fucking crash test dummies. <laughs> it was insane. The stuff that they was doing totally illegal. You'd never get away with today. 
Um, but it, it really just kind of puts things into perspective and you really appreciate art and what people would go through to make it back then. And it's just a whole different filmmaking mm. world today. Um, you know, even, you know, obviously in America as well, but the, the stuff they was doing back then was just fucking awesome, dude. I, I love that stuff. Um, you know, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on it. Uh, you, I, I think you guys really love this uh, documentary as well. Oh yeah, oh, you guys, fuck. you would. Love I've it. watched it multiple times, man. I get a kick out of it. It's it's just like a trailer highlight to me, man. You would love yeah, Machine Maidens Unleash. It's <clears throat> a very similar type of a style. Yeah, that's definitely on my short list as well. Time for you, D. Hmm. Get on. Um, yeah, I've been on a on. huge documentary kick right now too. I've been watching a few. I, I watched three in the last couple weeks, but. Uh, yeah. It's probably saw in the update, but yeah, man, this one fucking yeah, definitely worth it, man. Yeah, I watched this awesome. one about three weeks ago, um, you know, for the show that we never recorded or whatever. So it's a little faint in my memory right now. Um, but I will say that this is something I definitely would return to. I mean, it, like it made me really want to watch a lot of these films too. And you know, like I'm what Jeremy said, unfortunately, a lot of these are out of print or hard to find. Some of Anchor them have never even been released. They're um, all Anchor Bay, so they're fucking hard there was to get. only There was only a few that I actually, you know, Turkey Shoot and Road Games I've, I I've don't have. Turkey, Isn't Anchor it weird Bay that Road Games shoot? hasn't been, like, re-released? Or has it even been released? No, it's never had a release here. Yeah, that's I so swear, weird. Didn't Turkey Shoot ever release by Anchor Bay under, like, a different title? Mm, I don't think so. Isn't I'm it not like, sure. Isn't it like, uh... Maybe it was released under a different title. I have the like an Australian Escape Two Thousand. I'm not sure. Dead I'm End sure. Drive-In. That one looked really it. fun. Dead End Drive-In is a really great film. It's fun. Yeah, but uh, you know, overall, um, oh yeah, that, I... that's right. That's what it is. I think or something like that. I don't know. Escape Two Thousand. But yeah, Dead End Drive-In is a fun ass film, man. Um, you know, when I did the when I was on my Ruggiero Diodato week there, Cut and Run, I, I reviewed that film off a of double feature, and it's got. Uh, that dead end drive in on the other side it's an anchor bay release yeah um i actually have a solo release of that film too but um it's a good aussie exploitation film it's a really cool idea you know i think it's a really fun film you know it was kind of fun seeing tarantino get giddy over some of these films when he was like reminiscing on like his childhood like seeing these in like dry uh you know like cd theaters and stuff like that that was pretty cool stuff there i wish i was around to see like a lot of these films and in in those type of places but overall um fantastic one of the better documentaries i've seen on a specific topic like this um which you know the wild untold story of ausploitation it definitely was i think a lot of people before this came out was really unfamiliar with a lot of the history of you know australian cinema so i mean that was a great idea whoever came up with this um and Mm -hmm. i give it an 8.5 out of 10 easily Mm -hmm. could possibly even go higher huh cool Good, man. Alrighty. So, uh, for my segment, which is uh, my Italian stallion, this is where I talk about uh, Sylvester Stallone's porno every week. No <laughs> Do you like that intro? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> uh, I, did, I just figured I should Jeremy, just start talking about like, segments one. of the porno. I it's need to make an intro? Yeah. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> how the hell do I do that? I don't know. I've made them. They're not that hard. Uh,. But yeah, anyways, this one is an intro. This is a different choice because I I generally talk about, you know, older Italian films, you know, from the 70s and 80s and 60s or whatever I'm talking about. This is a brand new film from 2014. 
And uh, actually, you know, I think I've actually talked about contemporary ones before. What am I fucking talking about? Anyways, this is the brand new film from uh, Necrostorm, and it's called Judy. Uh, this one was, you know, highly recommended from a lot of people to me. Um, it didn't really have to be because it was a Necrostorm release, and I was like, well, you know, I support the company 100%, and I'll always buy everything they've done. If you're not familiar with Necrostorm, they've done, you know, Adam Chaplin and, you know, stuff like that. Hotel Inferno, Tater City. Tater City. <laughs> and this movie right here is completely different than all three of those films. This is nothing like those extreme gore fest, you know, kind of cartoony, fucking just over the top, ridiculous, fun films. This one is completely different. It's like super serious and has a different tone. Just everything about it's different. It's basically about a girl named Mary. She's driving along one day and uh, she stops at a red light and she gets approached by, you know, kind of like these mimes. You know, or this this lady that's all creepy. She's like a mime and stuff like that. And she kind of ignores her, goes along with her business and ultimately gets full on stalked by this mime. They just decide or she just decides that she's going to go and fucking fuck with this uh, merry girl. Um, she has a dog named Judy and that's what the title of the film is, Judy. So. Basically, the whole film is uh, her being stalked and kind of fucked with by this mime. And yeah, that's, you know, the whole premise of the film. Very, very basic. Um, it's a short film. It runs just about 75 minutes, which is a good length for it. It kind of gets right into it real quick. And it's really awesome. It's very ominous. It's very quiet and not a lot of characters in the film. It's uh, It basically plays out on, you know, atmosphere and just situational things of what she's doing and what's happening and and things start to go down this was a creepy fucking film man really good score like kind of you know it's very you know it's it's very ominous but it's not at the same time it's like it's got an interesting feel to it i'll just say the tone of the film is super dark and creepy and i loved it this movie was fantastic you know like i said if it had been a longer film, I think it would have dragged in parts and it probably would have not worked at all. Um, well, not at all, but it would have just kind of, you know, kind of brought it down a little bit. But great length for the film. And uh, the ending in this movie was fucking fantastic. Another amazing fucking ending to a film that just really sells it to, you know. And the funny thing is I can't say anything else about this movie. All I say is just fucking see it. Hopefully for the people that don't like to import stuff, this is all region, I believe. Yeah, this is an all region DVD. It's an import from Italy, right? Cause this is from, um, straight Necrostorm. from the source, straight from the source, but it is all region. So anybody can get this. These are not cheap. I will not lie. Um, generally diabolic imports these or whatever sells them and stuff but uh i highly recommend this man if you like super serious kind of like minimal character films kind of artsy it's not really artsy i mean it kind of is it's shot well it is shot very well i will admit that and uh but there's like not a lot of characters and Mm -hmm. the dog how the dog comes into play in the film and like there's a lot of things happening for such a short film but i personally love slow burn films so if you don't like slow burn films this might be one to kind of stay away from the biggest complaint. A lot of people had is I think they were expecting another Adam Chaplin and Tater city and hotel Inferno and stuff like that. Yeah. If you're expecting that, you're going to be insanely disappointed by this film. Cause it's nothing like that. Um, there is some pretty fucking good gore. 
in certain parts of this film. Um, I just, I, I, I can't say anything about this. You have to see Judy. It's definitely one of the best uh, foreign films that that came out last year that I've, you know, that I've heard of or even seen. I've seen a few. I've seen a few last year, but uh, it's too bad I didn't see this one before my my list because this would have been. Did this very, recently very high. get announced for US? Judy, no. Tater City has a release coming out next week, I think, on Region One DVD. So you can grab Tater City. Um. But it's one of these movies I just can't say anything else about. Sorry, guys, but highly recommend Judy. Uh, it's it's fantastic, man. You know, there is a couple things. Like it's funny to me that the the lead actress in the film, Mary, I can't figure out if she's like older or if she's younger. She has like this body that's kind of younger you know what i'm saying but uh-huh. it, like she kind of looks a little bit older i can't figure out if she's like weathered for <laughs> her weird. age or just like really toned for her older age i don't know it's weird man I, I i seriously cannot figure it out but it was one odd thing i kept thinking about while i was watching the movie i'm like damn she's so her fucking body's amazing but she looks kind of <laughs> old i'm like i couldn't figure it out man it was so strange <laughs> uh so you know i ultimately watch this movie again too you like to it, rewatch man. movies. It's funny. I could never do that. Dude, movies I'm like not this a is big great. rewatcher as of late. I used to be. I actually watched The Devil's Business again last night, and I shit you not, I fucking, it fucking did it to me again. It made me jump. I never, ever, ever fucking jump in movies, and it jump, made me jump again. It caught me off guard again. <laughs> that fucking movie is so fantastic. Oh, I couldn't recommend it enough. It's so good. Slow burn, just like Judy. It's in the same class as Judy. Slow burn real creepy atmosphere great acting um yeah you know this one definitely not as good as uh you know the devil's business but uh i highly recommend this one it's great eight and a half out of ten though all right so i believe that wraps up our segments yeah Alrighty. so moving along to the featured review for episode 41 and this week's uh featured review is a very odd film from uh, 1975 1975. featuring Don Johnson of all people and an awesome, awesome fucking dog. Probably the coolest dog in movie history. Yeah. uh, And, you know, hence my intro when I call these two, uh, you know, cats, uh, you know, my fucking post-apocalyptic warriors. A Boy and His Dog, rated R, from LQ Jeff. A Boy and His Dog, of course, set in a post-apocalyptic world. And uh, Jeremy, you want to give the synopsis on this one? Sure. So the film takes place uh, five days after World War IV. We are introduced to our main characters, Fick and his dog, Blood, 
who uh, they are able to uh, communicate to each other through their brains and uh, it's basically their story of trying to find Poo-Tang because in this world women are like drugs and all the guys are trying to hunt down these women and uh, the best way to have it isn't is that like the real world I guess yeah <laughs> But I think it's just more. I think it's just harder in this world because there's there's less, less of, of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I I think that it's um I don't think it's anything that's changed really. I just feel like that um you well, know, there's nothing yourself, to dude. do. Are you just gonna uh, go and rape women? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean you're in a world where everything is chaotic and there's no law and it's just violence. So I I think that it's uh. You know, I think I think that it's. I don't think that like like nuclear changed people's like way that they think or anything. Like I just think that it's kind of uh, regressed to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, it is their story as they attempt to find women, and uh, of course, Fick finds this one girl. He falls in love with her, and he goes down into this place where she's oh. from. Where she's from, and it's a uh, interesting place, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But or won't will we? Yeah, I don't I mean, think we should go too far into this it. is spoiler territory and stuff. You know, there's a lot of things that you can talk about this movie, but I think that you know, at the midpoint in this film, or you know, whatever it is, I think uh, after the drive-in, it starts it's, after it's, the theater. Exactly, it's kind of hard to talk about because basically everything from the you know the kind of the second half of the film is a major major spoiler. Mm-hmm. major spoiler because it really is the whole point of why what's going on and like why she brought him down and like i don't know but i really enjoyed this movie i will say right off that off the top this was a fun film and i have to say one of the weirdest and oddest post-apocalyptic films i've ever seen i've never seen a film switch tone so drastically in a film you know your the first half of the film is very and I do like the setting. I love the setting in this it's film. It's very Ari- original with the Arizona yeah. setting in the desert. And I liked it because it didn't have that total, you know, that fucking just messed up fucking look to it. You know, that total carnage look, you know, most apocalyptic films. This one was kind of like just dirt and just. Yeah, but I liked how there was like little bits of society still well, around. I like well, there was. was there was because um, the reason it's so dirt is because uh, it's I think I think what it was was like the the smog and the ash from the nukes or whatever like it just buried everything mm-hmm. like so everything's underground well, they, like all the I mean, buildings they, that they break into where they're like like trying to find supplies and stuff they're all buried in dirt like mm-hmm. the tops that they're coming down through the tops of buildings from the I mean, from the earth so that could they're also buried. be caused by you know from being in that in that natural Arizona setting where it is just fucking just it's just earth right. Yeah, that that's right. so, so that does help. But I, I do like that. It wasn't like massive carnage. It was like random places of things. The theater cracked me up, man. I, I love I, the I theater la- part. I laughed so hard at that. I'm like, this movie's set in 2024. And I was laughing so hard because I'm thinking to myself, I'm watching this in 2015 right now going, you know, this is in the future, but this movie's made in 1975. So you got to put all these things into perspective. But they're still watching like 35 millimeter prints and... <laughs> 
Yeah, but if that's like the only thing like around. Exactly my point. Do you think hard drives and digital copies are going to survive? It's like um, that's Mad Max. It's funny funny when you put it into perspective because it's 1975, but they didn't know about the new technology. Obviously, nobody knows what's going to happen. But when you're watching it in like mid range, you're going, yeah, that makes sense. They're still watching, you know, you know, uh, fucking film. (laughs) It just it totally made sense to me. And I I thought that was awesome. I love that. Mm -hmm. And I love how it was a big deal to them. You know, see, movies. this yeah. this film really reminds me of Fallout, the game. Like, yeah. I feel like Fallout, the creators might have seen this film because it kind of does keep that that old school like like things survived like like things that were in the past like in the 50s or something that that's what ended up surviving, not the new technology that we have. Like, we kind of um, went back to what originally worked for us and. Um, you know, it's, it's boredom. It's like, what do we do? Like everything looks like self-created with like these like little groups of people, like from like in these different, you know, locations with a lot of space in between like the theater and stuff. Like, like I just pictured this being like one little place, like, and there's just desert all around. Um, but you know that like, it's just stuff that people create out of boredom and you know, there's nothing going on. Like, like it's just survival and unwinding survival Mm -hmm. and unwinding. Yeah. 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 I think Um, we even see that during the scene where Fick goes and he raids the food as just like, Oh, now he's surviving. And then during the day you survive and at nighttime you unwind, unwind. Okay. Well let's, let's talk about a couple, you know, obvious things about the film here okay you have your main characters which are vic and the dog which is blood which i love the name it's fucking fantastic uh now i i think it's so cool that they even they even say in the film that he's even asked by the girl later on in the film is like you know how do you have this connection with your dog like how can you talk with the dog (laughs) i love the fact that she just kind of accepts that he's not that that he's not crazy you know he tells her that he can talk to a dog and she's like that's awesome. Well, <laughs> yeah, I don't like, think she really cares once we well, no, find out stuff I, later. I know, film. but that's the thing. You don't know. That's the thing. You don't know up at that point in that conversation. Like, she's just like, eh, whatever. But you later on, you find out later that, you know, the reason why she doesn't give a shit because, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's because whatever. But, you know, blood and, and I love the fact that you don't know why they have this telepathic connection and it's just there. And mm-hmm. it's totally just you just understand. It. You're like, that's awesome. You know, and it works. And I think Blood's the voiceover for that. Oh my god, it had me laughing out loud so many fucking times. It's I want subtle some popcorn. Jokes. Get me popcorn. It's funny, man. I I thought, yeah. and I was watching it. I watched the film a couple times actually, and I was watching after the first time. I I, I started watching them. I was just listening to it. And I was watching them and like the way Don Johnson was acting in the dog and it looked fucking great. Yeah, I have no idea like, how they actually that looked. Dog. It actually looked like they were talking and I'm like, okay, I've already wa- listened to dialogue. I'm just going to pay attention to this. And I started watching it from different angles. I'm like, man, that dog was fucking smart, man. Yeah, that was a really smart like, dog. She was like, there's not, not any special feature because of course it was 1975 and I highly doubt they would, especially on a film like this, but I would love to read stories about how they train this dog because it's fucking remarkable man this dog was so smart i think the dog might have been like a you know one of those type film dogs because you know he actually died right after the filming of this film too because actually they were considering making a sequel called a girl and his dog which uh that's funny um but you know he died so they didn't go forward with it so they They actually actually depended on the dog yeah, yeah they actually canceled the film because of the dog 
but I mean, it makes sense because the dog was a big part. Yeah. Fuck, man. Uh, when, yeah, like, when, when he goes, when he goes when into he goes, the underworld, I was so sad. I hate that. That part bugged me both time I watched it. I was like, because I, you know, me with my dogs, right? I'm just yeah. like, I couldn't do it, man. I couldn't leave the dog up there. I actually couldn't do it. I wouldn't go down. Yeah. So that's yeah, just but, me. I would actually yeah. pass it up. I, see, just and that's, of my that's, dogs. that's a problem that I have with this film, actually, yeah. was yeah, I, I felt leave. like the bond and relationship that they had was was more important than what the character was doing and that's the filmmaker's fault for making it feel that way like you had to make it seem like this guy had to go down and i never got that vibe and that kind of annoyed me a bit and i feel like i feel like this film is super duper strong at both the beginning all the post-apocalyptic stuff and the very end but i feel like the vault stuff in the middle uh I, I really don't care for that much, to be honest. Yeah, I think there definitely is a, a dip in uh, super know, super kind of... uh, uh, anti-communist in that section of the film. Oh, big time! There's super, a lot of super... politi- there's a lot of political undertones in the in the film for oh, sure. Oh yeah. You know the thing is, you know when I'm watching a film like this, like you you recognize those you know those political undertones and stuff, but it's not that. Pro- I mean, obviously when you get <laughs> into the underworld, it's like ridiculous. It's like super prominent. Like it's this like is super like prominent communism to like times ten, big time. Yeah. And you know, but the movie is got to be one of the oddest films I've seen in such a long time. Like you, it's like two different movies. That's kind of what it was known for, really. Like when, before it had a release, it was always like bootlegged and stuff. It's like an art house type film yeah. that was passed around a lot. I, that's where I actually seen it on a bootleg years ago. Um, I got to ask a question though. Okay, when they get down, I'm, I don't really want to spoil anything in the in the you know in the underworld. I call it, and um, <laughs> I okay. call it the vaults. The vaults. Okay. I think they call what it like f- way under or something. Okay. Did I miss the point both I think times? It's or called the under. Something. I kept overlooking it or something, but like, what the fuck is with their look? You mean like the face paints? Yeah. Because I, I understand. I think that, that has to do with communism. I think so too. Everyone's the same. I remember that I seen that. Okay. Like, everyone's that, the same. Is that what they're referring to? Because me and my dad were talking about it, and I'm like, I think it has to do with communism. And we even talked about that, but I'm like, I'm not sure if that's what it, what it was intended to. Because it's it's so easy to say, yeah, they're supposed to look like everyone, but why why do they look like clowns? And because the, the filmmakers making fun of it. Well, that's and that's the other thing we said. I'm like, maybe they're making fun of communism. I'm like, I guess it makes sense. But if that's what they're going for, it's fucking brilliant. I would love to write a paper on this. <laughs> it's actually really it's funny. If that's if this is exactly what they're, I, they're I have a feeling was, it is because I don't feel yeah. like it's that. Um, well, see, the reason why I ask is because I didn't think that I, you know, I honestly figured it out right away. I was like, okay, communism. They all look the same. They're making fun of it. Blah blah blah. Um, I thought there was more to it than that because it just seemed like there was. And me and my dad were kind of discussing it while we were watching that part. And and uh, he's like, we kind of, well, I think that's what it is. I don't yeah. know. I always thought so, that's what they were trying okay, to do. Well, th- okay, that's good that you guys think the same thing because I yeah. wasn't sure. I just wanted to make sure if you guys were on the same level. But I think that's pretty fucking brilliant. It's actually pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. I, I feel like one thing the that whole clown look yeah, I really, really enjoyed about this film was it, it establishes a mythology early on and it continues to like build upon that mythology like in the terms of like like what what's the world we're living in uh, and I feel like they do a great job uh, with you know one of the early scenes when they go down into one of the houses that have been buried 
and there's a girl on the table and she's obviously dying or nearly dead um the, you know there was some people down there who was like you know killing her and raping her and he's like you know we could have used her two or three more times they didn't have to go and cut her up and i'm like oh shit like that's that's dark man that's dark um but yeah, then yeah. also the screamers and some of that stuff like like i feel like there's a very rich world that we only scratched the surface of and there was a lot of cool ideas and like that's different a good line yeah but the film would have been like so scratch long the if they surface. Like, done all that but i feel like throw out the shit that's underground um maybe save that like maybe a, a small segment at the end could have been something to do with that but i mean i feel like there was much more interesting shit going on up top you know i do agree with that but i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna review the film on you know how or what was presented with us but uh i do agree with that though i think there's a lot more interesting things going on i uh-huh. think that you know it, it potentially could have just went to the fact that okay we're down here and then the last 15 minutes would have been this you know type of thing i think the, the whole end of the film we kind of get the point right away what they're what they're doing with it you know politically wise and stuff um but uh i just yeah, don't I mean, care for honestly, that, stuff I, that much i loved the you know it's funny because it really you can watch this film in like two different parts. It's so weird. Uh-huh. It's so fucking weird how it plays out. And uh yeah, I personally like the first half of the film better because once I found out what was happening with Vic and stuff and I was like okay. <laughs> um but then it just got me, you know, there's a lot of questions that arise from that too, arise from that too, right? Uh-huh. I think it's bullshit, you know, man. I feel like you know, that was some some cop out type screenwriting when when he fell in love with the girl. That's stupid, man. Well, I mean, considering, I mean, this is it's one thing we haven't touched on yet. Some, you know, Vic like is terrifying. Vic is actually a really likable asshole. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, yeah, well, Vic is not a good person. He's, he's going it, around, right? I know he's yeah. not, but it's the intent there and what he's about. Like he's like fuck it. He's willing to go and just rape some Vajiji. And I'm like, <laughs> well, dude, like you're not really a good guy. But he's he's kind of likable though, because like he has this relationship with a dog. Yeah, and he like, has like such a heart. He's like doesn't want to hurt the dog's feelings, even though like he like says fuck you to the dog all the time. But he's like, oh, yeah. oh I like, feel bad. I'm it's sorry. funny. Like I said though, Vic is very kind of unlikable at the same time. You kind of like him. It's weird. It's a weird yeah. blend of. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I, see, just, I that's honestly, my I problem though. It when I think of this movie, of him. yeah, when I think of this movie, I I think of the part where he has to leave the dog behind to go under underground, and I'm like, uh, why do you have to do that? I know it just it gets to me every time, and like when I think of the movie, that's the part I think of right away. Is that middle part in the film? I'm yeah, because like, the dog oh. you could tell is like obviously like. It's so brilliant. Like his back's like turned to the dog's back's turned to him and he's like looking away and he's like, oh, I just honestly uh, think what happened with the writing of this film is like the writers, the writer was writing this film and he was like, you know, he was having a couple beers and he was writing this awesome post-apocalyptic film with this crazy uh, telepathic relationship between a rapist and a dog. Yeah, but it's based on its story, though. It I is. But I, belo- I I think that the screenwriter was actually the uh, the guy who wrote the novel as well. Is it? Because I know yeah, it's based off. No, I'm thinking is. like I'm. I'm when I say writer, I meant yeah. What is based off? So, and I'm thinking that like he's you know drinking some beers and he's like oh, I got this you know great story and he's like, and then I, I'm assuming this was written probably in the '60s and he just kind of went well. What's this piece of paper? Hmm, on the tongue. <laughs> acid. Hmm, drop, he dropped some <laughs> acid and then he wrote the second half of the film. 
that's exactly but, me and my dad were pissing ourselves laughing at that i was like i was telling the same joke to my dad and he goes totally <laughs> yeah. he's like that's exactly what fucking happened this guy I mean, probably fucking dropped something and fucking wrote the second half of the film he's like oh that'd be fucking hilarious man we'll start making fun of communism and and uh dress or everyone looks like a clown which is fucking which is pretty funny you have it's to admit, strange it's though funny. it's so weird and it is strange all the characters are just like it's like Pleasantville on crack. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's fucking weird, man. And <laughs> honestly, I don't mind if you watch the second half of the film right from the second half of the film. You know, you start it from there. It's like, holy shit. You watch the film as a whole. I think JP brings up a good point. I think it could have explored a lot more on top. I think there's a lot of story there and then kind of get into it at the end. Mm-hmm. We didn't have to explore this whole. It could have been. I'm like not going to give it away. Ending. It could have been. It could have been. But it's like the ending happened right in the middle of the film. Yeah, it's like a shocking middle. Yeah, um, it's shocking middle, and then it kind of plays out, and then, you know. And but then, and I, I like, actually oh. really, really love the ending to this film. Like, I think yeah. it's perfect. I mean, I, I do, too, for selfish reasons, like, <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I, I honestly, I've watched this film, you know, two and a half times now, actually. Because I watched the second half after the first night I watched it, I watched the second half again. I was yeah, like, but this is your first fuck? time watching it. Yeah, and then so do I you watched... see now why I want it? I've been pushing it so hard. Yeah, it, it doesn't it's... super fit for you know. It's not like it's really not. Horror. It's not per se a horror film. Uh, it's a fucking. I don't even. I, this movie fits in like post apocalyptic oddness. <laughs> it's like an art house post apocalyptic. Yeah, which I actually do. But like it's in the devil's backbone was like that too though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Devil's yeah, Backbone yeah. per se I mean, isn't. I've never well, at the time when I picked that, the Devil's Backbone, I had never seen it either. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But you know, uh, to me, it's like okay, I consider post-apocalyptic really close with horror, and I do lump them into my collection as horror films. So I'm down with that. Um, I, you know, I have some issues with this one, like mainly the whole underground stuff. I really didn't. I, I actually almost don't like it i like what they did with the um like communist stuff and the uh joke like that's brilliant like you said but in terms of a story i don't like it at all i feel like it kind of went away from what we had going on um early in the film which i felt was much more interesting it was about a boy and his dog and that that's what i wanted out of the film because that's where they was killing it it's interesting too when you when you think about that though you know you take you know a boy and his dog and you, you continue the film how it was presented to you in the first forty five minutes or whatever like, it was. You know, there's a sequel and novel, right? I do. Yeah, there's yeah, a I sequel actually, and a novel. I, is there so. just one sequel or is there? Yeah, like there's, a, I think there's one. Okay, I thought there was more, but um, but yeah, so I would. You know, I I could see that film being completely different and just kind of rolling with that original story. Like, there's so many possibilities to it, but unfortunately, this is what the, not unfortunately, but this is what we have. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I see where you come from, JP, completely. And uh, yeah, the second part of the film is not for everybody. I mean, especially when, but it's not terrible though. It's, it's not. not it's not terrible. I it's just not feel like at it all. doesn't fit and it doesn't work. It doesn't work to, for me personally. I feel like there was a that they was telling a different story. So I feel like when they started telling the story of what was happening with the girl and and the people under there, I just felt like it was too jarring. It didn't fit, and I felt like what they had originally was better. So I'm taking points off for that. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Yeah, 
I agree with you about the the ending not being as strong suit as the first. But the very hour. ending of it saves it for me a little bit, and it mm-hmm. definitely makes it worth it a little bit more because I like what they did at the very end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I I kind of seen this thing as like a doom and gloom type thing, and you know, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I guess it depends on how you look at it, really. It's just but, it's just a different kind of movie to watch that I don't think that we've done very often on the show besides like i said the devil's backbone and other films like that we've been doing a lot of you know like you know kind of well-known films and mainstream stuff and things like that so i just wanted to choose something different something art house something art house and different that i really like and i think that's extremely original uh, you know it's funny i i watch a lot of movies you know a lot of art house films but i barely ever talk about them because i always find that art house films are hard to talk about sometimes uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah, this one is a little they different. Leave up, leave it up to you to figure out. This one is more, you know. Well, that's the thing. I find art house is very kind of like, well, it only applies to certain type of people because they really kind of throw them off uh, as whatever. But um, this one is this is an interesting choice because I think it, you know, a lot of people will dig this film. I think yeah, a lot it's of people definitely dig this film. it's definitely a cult film. If you're a fan of Fallout. This film literally, it, there's no way that this has, didn't inspire that game series. Oh yeah, um, and after playing it's Fallout so 3, much like, like it, yeah. even like the soundtrack and stuff like that, it's like oh, man. Uh-huh. yeah, definitely. This is totally, it, Fallout. It's, it, Fallout is basically this movie in a game form, which yeah. uh, like really kind of I didn't because when I originally watched this, I had never played Fallout. So watching it this time after playing Fallout, you know, a couple years ago, I was like, wow, like this is awesome. Does this? This movie doesn't have a remake, does it? No. No. I'm actually quite surprised this movie has never been remade. Good. It shouldn't be remade. But I think if someone were to remake this film, they would probably take a different approach. But I'm just really surprised that this type of film hasn't been touched again. I like how they touched the history. Uh, You know what's funny, guys? You kept talking about the dog, and I kept wanting to mention this. But I had a dog that looked exactly like that when I was a kid, and his name was Spike, and he was really smart. Yeah, those dogs are smart, this though. This dog is <clears throat> so smart. Um, yeah. Like, it's kind of crazy how smart this dog is. I have no idea how they, how the trainer trained him to do. But he was old, though, too. Like, the dog wasn't yeah. young, right? So he'd been trained. I th- I'm Like I'm saying, I think you might have seen him in other films, though, too. I think he might have been that type of yeah. dog, right? So, But, you know, it's interesting. They show different traits in this film with the characters. You know, they show a soft side of Vic, and they show a nasty side of him, too, a little bit. And um, Same with Blood, though. You know, Blood, he's wisecracking. I like how he's smart kind of, he was. He's hilarious. He's super he smart. Knew, um, All the president's history stuff. and stuff. Yeah. Like, that was really cool. Yeah, and plus he's vicious. Like he attacked motherfuckers and like took him out and shit. And like he's hurt and he's like, "Oh fuck you, I don't care." But, but I make it makes sense though because you know in that post-apocalyptic world, it's all about survival, right? Mm-hmm. And I like that they threw in that with the dog too because he's you know supposed to be like caring and kind of wisecracking. But so there was moments. There was moments. What was that for you green guys. light? And what was the screamers and stuff like that? What were the screamers? Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? See, I that's what I'm saying. Like, there was so much interesting stuff going on that I was like, wow. This is yeah, all maybe I, they didn't all have a I budget, found, though. All I found, all I took away from the Screamers was the Screamers in that area were the gangsters. They were the motherfuckers that ran shit. You I know? thought they were like uh, 
like nuclear mutants. Yeah, me too. That's what I thought. I like, was like huge like, mutant monsters. But like, like monsters. But, but they're to be feared, and maybe they're the ones that you kind of got to get around to. They're yeah. they're the things that the gangsters fear too. You know what I mean? Well, like these. Okay, these maybe, are the, maybe. Yeah, that, I mean that makes sense. But I always I looked at them as being like, wow, they're kind of the shit because they didn't really explore anything else. I didn't see any other rivals to them, did they? Uh, besides you know? the food that they steal. Besides that, I'm just saying, like, yeah. having, like you know, like motorbike gangs. You know, you see other po- post-apocalyptic yeah. films and stuff, and they'd be fighting these. Uh, yeah, but see, know, that's what I like about this. It's screamers. Not, it's super original, not cliche. And oh no, it's well, definitely well. well to be fair, I mean, this is one of the earlier post-apocalyptic films, so it's kind of the one that the other things used as examples later. Mm-hmm. You know, 1975. That's pretty early. Yeah, I mean, there was definitely a big boom of post-apocalyptic films at that time. But yeah, this one sticks out. I've never seen a post-apocalyptic film like this before. That's for sure. Definitely not like the Bronx Warriors and <laughs> that type of good Italian shit. Those are awesome. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I was fucked. Like I said, I had to rewatch the second part of the film because <laughs> I was like, what? Well, I'm happy that you guys enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, uh, I told you that I liked it beforehand because I had seen it before, but um, you know, I, I, I definitely enjoyed it a little bit more this time because mm-hmm. I didn't quite get it when I was younger. You know, I, I like like the 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 narrative between the boy and the dog kind of like threw me off. I was like, wait, wait, he's like, that's the dog talk because his mouth doesn't move. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah, yeah. I didn't understand the telepathic connection right away. So when I first seen this, I didn't like it as much, but. I definitely liked it more now, but I'm still I still stand still stand strong that the 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 choices made in the middle of the film were like a mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I could totally see it. Like I feel like it's unnecessary up to the part where we see what they're doing to him. Yeah, I, like I think like everything between that, like them doing like the hall meeting and all that kind of send them to the farm and that kind of stuff. I think it's kind of unnecessary and. I could totally see where you're coming from on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, think, I think that's all I really have. I mean, me. that's really what I have. I mean, without giving spoilers away, I don't yeah. want to say anything else and stuff like that. So check it out. It's really. Yeah, oh, it's I mean, definitely it's one to check out. If you like Just post-apocalyptic stay, films, this is one that sticks out. Be, sure. be careful not to grab like the weird Blu-ray that I have. <laughs> yeah, get the Shell Factory one. Yeah. Which would probably be Scream Factory if it was. Today. I ended up paying way too fucking much for it, but uh, what'd you pay? Yeah. I paid like twenty like, bucks for this, and that's for me paying. But like, yeah, I, I end up I end up paying fucking twenty four for mine, which sucked because I've seen it at HMV for year, like years. I mean, for a long time it was in there for fifteen, and I kept passing over because I didn't really know what it was. Right, I was uh-huh. like, boy, and his dog, I didn't fucking know. Uh, and I mean, I kind of knew, but it wasn't really something I was going to grab. And then all of a sudden you're like, yeah, boy, and his dog. I'm like, okay, okay, it's gone. Back in stock, twenty four. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I'm like, god damn. You, so. you know, this release came out before or after Scream Factory launched, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is. But yeah. like, the Melting Man isn't a Scream Factory movie. Oh, yeah, it is. Up. No, it I, they, they is. fucked up they, on the. They fucked up. They fucked up on that one and uh, Q, Q the Winged Serpent Q. too. 
Yeah, but the, you know, a boy and his dog. I'm surprised they didn't get lumped into Scream. Considering, I mean, it's more Scream than fucking Love at First Bite. <laughs> well, I mean, or honestly, Supernova. I mean, well, wait, oh God, Supernova sucks. Um, <laughs> I know. I saw your post on Facebook. Supernova but, uh, actually does have a horror tag on it on IMDb. This one does not. It actually only has comedy, sci-fi. And well, I'm just saying, like, Supernova is else. not good. But I, I mean, if they're gonna release Mad Max, why not Boy and His Dog? You know, that's all I'm saying. So, yeah, it's funny that this one has it. It's comedy, drama, and sci-fi. It's not comedy. Comedy? What? Well, I mean, it's it's probably comic relief from the dog ripping, saying some funny ass shit. Dog is funny though. Yeah, but I don't feel like it's like a comedic funny. It's It's probably because it's smart ass attitude. It's probably because the first thing you you get introduced into the film is a little bit of comedy from Blood. You know, just being a smartass. The so. theme song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a great boy out. and his dog. <laughs> I love that <laughs> shit. That's great. Uh, fuck. Good stuff. Anyways, guys, ratings. JP or uh, Jeremy. You're going to go first. first. Oh, fuck yeah. You're fine. All right. I love this film very, very much. That's why I've been I've been pretty much pushing this film since like episode five, six, seven, eight. The yeah, early I think this days. Is the, I think we've covered all your ones that we've wanted now. So yeah, we unless cover- you plan on getting us to review Gummo, I think we, you know, can please no. <laughs> catered to your wants. Oh, thanks, JP. I will be back, though, with some more weird films that I <laughs> normally not watch. And I'm going to push them. I promise I won't pick pork chops, but um, yeah, nine out of ten. I love this film. Wow, I expected higher than that. Yeah, I thought he was going full blown ten on this one. I thought he was going nine nine point five at least. I couldn't see a ten, but uh, JP, what do you give it? I'm gonna give it a seven point five out of ten. Uh, nine and seven point five. I am coming in at an eight point five. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely has this little bit of, you know, things that could be different. But whatever, it's the film. and I It's definitely really a good it. movie. Like, it's I, an oddity. I love it because it's so odd and it's super entertaining. And, like, mm-hmm. I, I, I will admit, I love post-apocalyptic films. I think they're I, fantastic. I love them. I think I might even like them more than you. Um, and this one is – this one's one of the best, to be honest. But – my my biggest thing comes down to what they did. What the main purpose of the film was was not about a boy and his dog. To me, they fucking threw that out the window when they went downstairs, um, and it kind of annoyed me a bit. It definitely affected my mm-hmm. rating, but it's still a very strong film, and it's one that a lot of people haven't seen. So if you've never seen it, definitely pick up the Shout Factory Blu-ray. Give it a watch. Don't don't be like worried about my seven point five rating. Um, it, it's 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 a great film yeah i agree i agree jp you got to check out the bronx warriors trilogy all right from enzo g casarelli man you'll love those post apocalyptic films holy shit i can't talk beers kicking in boys released them uh street show released them and my favorite company but shameless shameless released it in that i have that fucking tin set with all all three films are they expensive? The tin? Not really. No, I I got it for actually relatively cheap, but you can get you can get them separately too. But uh, yeah, interesting. You can't fault Shriek Show for releasing fucking late fee, man. That movie is it is not good. It's the worst film I've ever seen. 
It's not. Get the That's fuck funny. out of here. It's bad. But, they've, but Street Show has released numerous amazing titles. I think I um, rated Late Fee like a three or something like that. It's, it's bad. It sucks. Yeah, it was major dick. I'm, I'm not going to that level, but but See, I do hated it too. <laughs> it sucks so bad. <laughs> but yeah, Bronx Warriors. Oh my god, it's just good, man. Andrew D. Casarelli, awesome shit. But anyways, guys, that is going to do it for episode 41. I hope you enjoyed the epic, I mean motherfucking epic launch. Yeah, it's like four hours, four and a half, five hours. After two hours, if you are, or after two hours, after two weeks, if you are still listening to the podcast, I applaud you. And Derek's probably the only one that's you. made it this far. <laughs> thank you, too. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I had a lot of fun with this. It's good to be back. Uh, it took about 17 tries for me to get the intro out, but, uh, you know, that's the way it goes, right? Yeah. Um, but anyways, guys, I'll leave you to Jeremy. All right. So thank you, everybody, for listening to the 41st episode of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. As always, if you want to follow the man Moods himself, you can do so at YouTube.com slash. James Six one six. As always, you can follow JP on his channel, aka the man who still hates Pee Wee Herman, at youtube.com slash double shot. And as always, you can follow me on my channel at youtube.com slash NES Ruler 22. As always, you can follow us on our website at the 22 shots of moods and horror.com. It's 22 shots of moods, AMD horror.com. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at 22 shots podcast. You can email us any questions that you have at 22 shots of moods, AMD horror at gmail.com. It's 22 shots of moods, AMD horror at gmail.com. If you have any questions, you can call us and leave us a voicemail at 724-426-6665. And that is it folks for the 41st episode of the 20 shots of moods and horror podcast we'll be back next week with the second take of the my bloody valentine (laughs) double feature set for the wonderful holiday that is valentine's day so as always everybody have a good week and stay clear of the texas chainsaw massacre yeah yeah, I'm looking forward to that My Bloody Valentine show. We didn't actually get to talk about those films last time. We only got to do the <laughs> intro part of the show. Um, so it should be fun. Uh, the original was definitely one of my favorites. See you guys then. Yeah.